right, we're live. Uh, Painkiller already, episode 283. Yeah, we want to thank all our sponsors tonight. Uh, Blue, Blue Apron, Total War Warhammer, uh, Tracker, MVT, and of course, Wendy's. Right now I'm talking to, uh, I'm not talking to just everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you. That's because Wendy's Jalapeno Fresco spicy chicken sandwich is so flavorful and so hot. It's not for everyone. It's just for you. We tried it. And we loved it. It's made from Colby Jack cheese, fresh jalapenos, ghost pepper sauce, and a toasted jalapeno bun. And for those of you who really want to turn up the heat, you'll want to check out Wendy's ghost pepper fries. So uh, go get one today. The jalapeno fresco spicy chicken sandwich is only available for a limited time at participating Wendy's. So go make it happen. It's crispy. That's right up our guest's alley, actually, is a spicy cheeseburger like that. Couldn't it's a it chicken sandwich. Yeah, oh, man, I got to say, I've... I, I, I've watched a, a lot of your videos. I really like them. I myself, I, I, I believe, am a connoisseur of fast food restaurants, burgers, and that sort of thing. Five Guys is the top tier for me. So, like, I've seen that video a dozen times at least. I love that shit. I love that you made a channel around that. Tell us how that started. You know what? When you actually watch commercials, when, they, when, they, when anybody's doing a quick service fast food commercial, Nine times out of ten, I don't honestly believe it. I don't really think the individual doing the commercial enjoys what they're doing, but they enjoy that check. So what I wanted to do, I kind of wanted to create a channel where I can give you the real. If I don't like something, I'm going to tell you I don't like it. I'm going to throw it away in the video. But if something is amazing, I'm going to break down how amazing that burger <laughs> all right, is all right. or that chicken sandwich. I'm afraid to ask. Go yeah, ahead, let me guys. touch on that. What have you thrown away on camera and be like, don't even bother? Dude, I remember... I'm, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to go all the way back to 2010 on you when Subway <laughs> came out with the barbecue pulled pork sub. I'm excited to go back uh, to uh, 2010 on it. <laughs> this was when I was still using foul language in my food reviews. Uh huh. I cussed all through that whole entire video. I called it <laughs> raccoon and possum meat. <laughs> the worst thing ever. And I destroyed it in the video. Another video where I threw something away when Burger King tried to mess around, they came out with the french fry burger. There was a garbage can you could see clearly behind me. I got out of my vehicle, threw it away at Burger King in their trash can. In the video. <laughs> Trying to shame the actual employees there. Waiting for them to look <laughs> so over before you throw it away. You put the actual Burger King I'm going to destroy it. <laughs> you know what was shit like that is the McRib. I don't know if you're like one of the McRib fans, because a lot of people are. But holy shit, that is disappointing. <laughs> to bite into a McRib and get that weird like cough syrup texture on top of that like I don't even know like retired circus animal meat that they grind up and press into that it's just horrific did you see that thing where they got uh, I can't remember his name the, the Asian guy from the Mythbusters who seems to be one of, one of the more tech based guys uh, Chen Okay. Yes, Chen, of course. Uh, Chen did the McDonald's must have gave him given him a huge fucking check. This goes back to what uh, you said a minute ago about, you know, these guys are kind of bought when they're doing these commercials cuz he's doing like this scientific review of what goes into a McRib and the McRib process and he's really signing off on it the whole time. He's like, "Hey, look at this. This is good meat." Yeah, these are good ch chunks of meat they're grinding up into a pulp and then oh, pressure forming into a rib patty. When I, was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid and I saw that rib patty and I saw the McRib and, you know, I'm seven, eight years old. I'm getting my Happy Meal in the back seat. In my head, even then, I was like, what do they do about the bones? Like, like mm. you can't have a, a rack of ribs on a sandwich. That doesn't work. Like, what do people do? Cause and I and I, and I just I didn't understand it until I was like maybe fourteen, fifteen, and I actually saw one up close and personal. Cause my family aren't white trash; we don't eat big ribs. 
And so when I finally saw one up close, I was like, this is bullshit. They just, this is like potted meat product or something, forced, in, pressure formed, and they put a fake grill, griddle marks on it, which is yes. just a real slap to your intelligence. That <laughs> you think somebody's back there, <laughs> like smoke coming up over them, red eyes slaving over this thing, making it just right. No. You no. know what I like is that they put the, the ridges in there like it was sitting on a grill, but there's no coloration. There's no discoloration. They, they got, you know, to the 50 yard line, they couldn't drive it home. You know, and even if they did, it still tastes like shit. Hey, it, sells, it, it sells so well every yes. time they release it that, that, that their stock prices jump a little bit. It's mm -hmm. a huge thing somehow with McDonald's. McDonald's it. knows how to play to the lowest common denominator. They figured out white trash America, and they know how to get that get those white trash dollars a dollar at a time. They invented the dollar menu. Don't forget, like that's what they do. They sell you that Australian beef that's got worms in it and parasites. They 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 pressure form like ground up meat products, it, like in their chicken nuggets. That's a pink slurry before it gets to your table. That's that a pink video you're talking slurry. about. I, I'm just now remembering the one where Chen, or uh, Grant, Grant is his name. Nicely his done. Name. Grant Imahara, I remembered it. And he was in, like, they're trying, McDonald's clearly tried to do this commercial to be like a documentary almost, like a Scorsese long shot through the McDonald's thing. We're like, see, no room for trickery here. And uh -huh. so he's just walking by every machine like, aha, meat. <laughs> And real bread, mm, and looking at the camera, almost like insinuating, like, look at this, oh, it's all real, you know. It, <laughs> and it's like this: this isn't selling me. This is getting back to the bare minimum of what it is to be a restaurant yeah. that you are serving food. <laughs> but I don't know. You know, the craziest thing about fast food, what everybody loves about fast food, of course, are the prices. That's the first thing to drive you to fast food, you know. And I think if by chance you can get more fruits and vegetables at the same price that you can get a burger or, you know, some, some nuggets. More individuals would actually go that general route. But if you know you can grab something off of like the dollar menu and for $5 get a whole entire meal and bring that female out for the first time to dinner and you don't have to spend a whole lot of money, she's happy, you know, with something that looks like a whole happy meal, you're going to go that general route. I don't so think fast so. food, it just happens to have that flavor yeah. that keeps you coming back for more. I don't think so. I, I think that, like, I, I bet McDonald's could make a dollar sa salad menu with four badass salads. They were only a dollar, not those four or five dollar salads they keep coming up, up with with apples and, and, like, pecans in them. Those are bullshit salads. Those always fail, people. and McDonald's does poorly when they try to do that shit because that's not their target audience. Dude, they, their target audience doesn't want to eat a salad in front of their buddies. All their buddies are sitting around eating double cheeseburgers on the work site, and, and, and this foofy motherfucker is over here eating his Cobb salad. I don't think so. Nobody's going to do that. <laughs> Did Damon just say he takes out new dates to fast food restaurants? Did that get by No, no, no. I don't take out dates. It's a write off for him. It sounds you, like you, you do. You can't be married that long taking somebody out from no fast food restaurant. Do you, do, do you carry saying, her tray you, on, your, on the big date? When your pockets are tight, the first thing you're doing, you're taking somebody out to a fast food spot. It wouldn't be a four or five star restaurant when your when your pockets aren't looking right. That's usually how it goes down. Okay. okay. I uh, I it's usually pretty deep into a relationship before I feel comfortable going to a fast food restaurant. And I'll even say, I remember with my current girlfriend at one point, I was like, "What do you feel about going to Chick Fil A or something like that?" She's like, "Yeah, that's fine." I was like, "You sure? Because we can so go you to Al." You started out. Yeah, I, I really started out tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five star all day, baby. The, see, you you kept saying that the thing about fast food is the price, and maybe that is like on the large. But for me, the thing that attracts me to fast food is uh, I like really high quality food, which doesn't usually come along go hand in hand with fast food. But 
it, the, the few exceptions that there are, I really like those things. I really like uh, Five Guys a lot because I feel like as far as hamburgers and french fries go, that's high quality. And uh, I always like the more expensive stuff. I remember when uh, 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 Carl's Jr. or Hardee's, depending on what side of the country you're on, came out with a $5 burger. The f when they first came out with it, that shit was delicious. That was amazing. That was the best hamburger I'd ever had from a fast food restaurant. I feel like it's gone downhill since then, but at mm -hmm. the time, I was, I was eating at least four or five of those a week. I don't even think of Five Guys as fast food, though, to be honest. Like, right. I think of that in the same category as like Chipotle or Kidoba or something like that. I think the best actual fast food, meaning you can drive through, has got to be Chick-fil-A. That's the only one that I look forward to the uh, flavor of it. Chick-fil-A is good. I'm actually yeah, a Wendy's guy. I'm that all day. That's, that's, that's... Yeah, all sponsorship besides, if I know we're sponsored by them this week, but that's, that's where we go. It's where Colin likes to eat. Um, mm -hmm. That's my fast food restaurant. If I'm going to eat nuggets, I'll go to Wendy's, even though I'm sure they have a, like a, a light pink slurry that they use or something like that. You know? <laughs> um, but, but like Chick-fil-A is, is got to be the top tier. I know that they've got it's hate chicken. That hate has to be what makes that meat taste sweet. Because if you eat Chick-fil-A <laughs> chicken, it's a little sweet. Yeah, like there's a little, a, little, a, little, there's a little sweetness there along with like the salty mm. and the savory. And it, 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 you, you don't find that in any other meat. It and can't it's be the Christian sweet. love or anything. It has to be no, hate it's, for it's gay people. No, it's a that's a pitch of oppression. <laughs> it's never stringy and it's never like gristly. I've been into a chicken nugget before and get, gotten just a tiniest, like, like a little piece of sand in there. I know it's a chunk of bone or a beak or something, though. That's what it is. It's a piece mm -hmm. of bone or a piece of a beak or something like that. And I just ate it and I don't really care. But I never get that at Chick-fil-A. Really? That ruins my whole nugget experience if I get one of the foul ones that's got like, I don't know, beak cartilage still left in there. What the providing a weak for. skeletal system. More. So for your fast food, you, you, you're breaking everything down. You're going through it with that fine-tooth comb. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, we, okay. uh, Kyle especially takes fast food very seriously. I would I say really he do. knows more about Taco Bell, and not just their current menu itinerary and lists, mm -hmm. but past specials. I got, I got the Taco that. Bell app on here, and I'll get on there, and like I'll, whenever they come up with like a new creation, like they'll come up with some like wackadoo uh, Taco Bell creation at the Taco Bell laboratories down in Mexico, I suppose. And uh, <laughs> and it and, and I'll go in like special order, and they'll be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I'll be like, "All right, it's it's, it's right here. You got to put it together." And I know everything you make has the same five ingredients, so just do it. Just do it. Just put it on. Just, it's just a different layering process and <laughs> yeah. some ranchero sauce on top. Just make it happen. Do I, uh, you have lettuce, I mean, beet, beans, and cheese back there? Thank God, because I mean, you're covered. Or three things at Taco Bell. I had them make. You know, they've got the cheesy fiesta potatoes. I was like, take that nachos bel grande thing, that big fucking bowl they got. I was like, fill that completely up with those cheesy fiesta potatoes. Put extra cheese, and then put ground beef on top. And they were like, we can't do that. I was like, I'll give you six dollars. Just make it happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, what? what do you mean you can't do and it? And a dollar for good. you. <laughs> you can all. I mean, when it comes to fast food, what I've noticed. A lot of different locations, they're willing to try something new as long as they have the items there to make it happen. If it's lunch hour and they're rushing, they're not going to do it. You get there early enough, they'll, they'll make it happen for you. You know what would be a funny, like, kind of like a prank video? I, don't, I know that's not your thing in, in, in any regard, but like, if you wanted to, would be to go and see if you could get them to start incorporating some ingredients that you brought from home into their stuff. <laughs> like, like, I want the Big Mac, but I brought my own special sauce. Why don't you put a little bit of this on there? And, hey, keep the bottle. Trust me, you're going to like it. <laughs> like, just try to sell them on this stuff. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Bring one of those nasty portobello mushrooms and say you want that grilled okay. instead of their meat. Oh. Damon, you've been on TV? What shows have you been on? Oh, my goodness. All right, so 
I mean, I've done work with Dr. Oz. He was he was actually the first one to reach out to me after the Five Guys went viral. He mm -hmm. brought me on twice. Um, before Jimmy Fallon took over for Jay Leno, I did two videos for Jimmy Fallon. It's funny that you mentioned the McRib because that's one of the videos that I ended up putting on for Jimmy Fallon. And, you know, he, he aired it on the show and all that good stuff. And recently I've been signed to the Rachel Ray Show as her food correspondent. And that happened last year. So nice. that's a repeated deal? Like, how's that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We've been uh, rocking out every single month. I go out. They put me out in the field, try something new, try something different. We probably right. did about 13 episodes together this, so far. So this sounds great. I'm loving this whole success story. But I want to go back to the beginning of this thing because I doubt that like six years ago you were like, yeah, I'm going to be a, a food correspondent <laughs> for Rachel Ray. And I'm going to be the late, late show with Jimmy Fallon a few times. You know, I do a few videos for him, maybe some McRib <laughs> stuff. I don't know. What were you doing six years ago? What was the day-to-day -day job when you were eating that burger at Five Guys? And, and start, and then I want to kind of go from like how big that blew up and like what happened then. I don't know if you guys remember the Kodak Bloggy because that's exactly what I was using. 720p, I'm talking late 2008, early 2009 when I was just kind of shooting up whatever. I called a ghetto news network. So that was GNN for my channel. And I would just kind of film things that I would see in the hood. This was me coming into YouTube game like late 2008. Literally, once I started working for Walmart as an assistant manager, they had given all the managers an hour lunch. I had an additional half hour because every job prior to that, I only had a half hour. So now I got an additional half hour to play with. I'm like, what am I going to do? So that's when I actually took that Kodak bloggy and just started filming myself eating in the car. I didn't know what it was going to be. I had no idea, to be honest with you, but I threw it up on YouTube because I was throwing everything else up. At that time, when I say... 200 views was the biggest thing for my channel. 200 views was the biggest thing. People started watching me eating and talking about it in the car versus everything else I was posting. So I was like, well, I'm going to stick with this then. And every single week, I would put up one video. Then people started requesting for me to go to Subway or Wendy's, pick out whatever I, you know, came out on the menu, do my own little thing about it. And I would do like little sketch videos, sketch comedy. And it started slowly changing as my audience started growing and they started having more requests. Not until 2012, when I did that Five Guys Burgers and Fries review, three, no, not even three months, four months after I had launched the review, I get a message on my Facebook and the kid was like, hey, listen, you know, I'm going to take your video and I'm going to just put it up on a website that I'm familiar with. I was like, you know, do whatever you want to do. I don't care. The following morning, I'm looking at this video and I remember going to bed and it had 5,000 views just organically by itself before anything else happened. I wake up the following morning to over 50,000 from the yeah. 5,000 the night before. And, and I'm like, well, you know, what happened? And did a larger YouTuber make mention of this particular video? And then I started doing my homework. I started searching, going back, going back. My email started blowing up with new subscriptions. And I go back to my Facebook and there's a message on there from this kid that said he was going to put it up. And he was like, dude, it's from Reddit. And that was the first time I ever heard about Reddit anything. So I go to Reddit, I look for the video. At that time, it was on the second page and it was still being voted up. By the end of that day, it was on the front page of Reddit, number one on there. And I kid you not, within a week's time, it went from the 50,000 and we were like over 250,000. And that's when I was contacted by Andrew Gregory of the Gregory Brothers. And he was like, hey man, listen, we saw your video, we loved it. Here's a link. We took it. We auto-tuned it. We hope you don't mind. If you like it, get back in touch with me. I check it out. It was called Oh My Damn. 
I see myself being photoshopped with CeeLo Green. I was like, okay, you know, check it. That, that's all I remember. And I'm watching, I'm like, yo, this is, this is kind of hot. So I get back in contact with Andrew. We Crispy go back even. and forth. We talk about some things. And the following week, that's when everything got crazy. That's awesome. Good for you, man. This yeah. sounds great. So, I, I want to know what kind of video were you making before the food one that the food one got way more traction? So when I say I was making Ghetto News Network, I'm talking about there was a time I was working for Renner Center and I was in a management program. So I was the guy that would come to your house and pick oh, up shit. shit if you didn't oh, pay shit. for your oh. week. Oh, oh you are a ghetto for... repo man. Yeah, like... I was the repo man. I was, I was the bad guy. I mean, I, I did some. No, you're the good guy. They're the bad guy. They didn't pay their yeah. the rented no. television. <laughs> you making things right. When you got to go in somebody's house and take video game system from kids as they're playing right before Christmas. And that's bad parenting. I had to do that. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that, so that's not on you. That's a shitty parent that, that put that on you. I hope, I bet, I bet you still think about that. See, I, that's I, a sh- I, I kind of feel bad, bro. Because yeah, yeah, is- I would too. Okay. That's a shitty parent, though. Don't feel bad. He should have boxed that thing up, been like, kids, the PlayStation broke, lightning must have hit it. And then he, like, walks outside and hands it off to you. Like, there was no need for you to come in and trauma and, like, put that on you. So and rather than them. teach about, like, fiscal responsibility or something, the correct parental move, parental move was to box it up and blame it on lightning. It's better than, than blaming it on Damon here. Like, like yeah. look out, kids. Damon's here to take your video games away. Like, the rest of their life, anytime they see a guy that looks like Damon, they're like, Damn it, Damon. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you want my PlayStation, bitch? Fuck you. Like, like they're hanging on to shit, having PTSD. No, that was, that's a bad parent. Yeah, right, so teaching fiscally res- fiscal responsibility would have been, you know, the best thing they could have do, done. But you don't have to put that on Damon. So this is what you were posting, like, a recording of you going in and taking a child. You know, I, I wouldn't post anything inside the house. Yeah. But when I would when I'd be outside the house and I would, you know, I'm, I would sit there and kind of walk you through what it is that I'm about to do, but I would never film inside anybody's house. <laughs> I've seen some things that were film worthy and YouTube worthy, but it, you know, that was a different time. And there was something that was so crazy, like I was at um I was at like a graveyard site and you in literally across the street, it seemed like the hood of graveyard versus we have money graveyard. Because on the We Have Money graveyard, and the, you know, the headstones, they, they look great. Everything was well manicured. And if you walked across the street, you had, you know, the headstones kicked over, gravel all over the ground. Nothing was cut. Weeds were growing up where people were dead. I was like, okay, so basically I don't want to die on this side of Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> I want to die and be buried over here with, with, with everybody else that, you know, people are still spending good money. But I would film this stuff. This is the stuff that I would actually post. Whatever I seen when I was driving. That's the stuff that went up on the page. You're from Man, Hartford? That... Hmm? You're from Hartford, Connecticut? I'm actually from Stratford, Connecticut. Okay. I've, yeah. I've been to Hartford. I like it. Oh, there. yes. Yes. Dude, Hartford's a bomb, man. I mean, and I like the Hartford Whalers so much, I wore hockey pants for the next decade after they were gone. <laughs> oh, damn. You, you went all out, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know, I commit. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's a pretend up. fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the Hartford Whalers, that's funny. That must have been kind of aggravating to feel like, because at least if I was in your position, having a job at Rena Center like that, where you know that everything you're going out to is going to be video worthy because it has conflict built right in. You must have mm-hmm. felt like you had like the golden ticket right there, and then yes. a video of you eating a sandwich is what gets you That's what got popular. you. That's, that's what got so me. crazy. You must have been a little aggravated. Like, goddamn, I gave you guys way more than this, and I just want me you know, to. I'm going to talk you know, about specials. I, the number five. Like, I'm still <laughs> thinking about this Rena Center thing and how to actually make that work as an entertaining thing. I, imagine this. Imagine if you wore a hidden camera the whole time, and then after you've taken their shit on their doorstep, you're like, 
maybe they got to sign something or whatever. You say, hey, you sign this release and I'll give you 20 bucks. They are in the, there's, they're already in need. Yeah. It's a perfect setup. They need your that kid 20 can bucks. Level if three. you're there, oh, yeah. You could offer them 10, they're TV, broke. Yeah, they would, <laughs> I, be, I bet nine times out of 10, they would sign the release and, and you know, give them 20 bucks and you'd have the, in, the interior, the conflict, whatever happened. What's, what's the, uh, Give it, give it. You got any uh, like Repo Man stories? Did you ever have oh, any like, real conflict? I had a breakup of fight. Well, I remember when I was first training for a management position with Renna Center. I was out with another assistant manager. She was teaching me the, the route and all that good stuff. We get out there, she's banging on the door. And then, you know, she was just like, This is how you got to do it. You got to bang on the door and you, you make sure they come to the door. You know they're home. Just keep banging. Yeah. I was Start like, out escalating. <laughs> yo, it escalated. Real fast, and she was. And we, we are dead ass in the hood, so I'm just looking around, waiting for you know gunshots to start popping off. She's banging, blah 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 blah, and the girl's like, she comes out the window first. She's like, "Yo, stop that damn banging! My grandmother up here sleeping," and she was like, "You gonna come out here and pay me, or I'm gonna keep on banging?" She's like, "I ain't doing shit," so then she slams the window. Homegirl, the assistant manager, blah 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 blah, blah just kept on banging at the door. This chick came downstairs with a gun. What? Yeah, she came downstairs with a gun. She opened the door. She was like, you bang one more time, I'm going to shoot you. That, that, that's just how the shit went down. And I'm at a moment like, you know, this, this, this really happened? You know, I, you know look. I'm going to die for a recliner. Job. I just don't enjoy it this much. You, you know what I'm saying? So, boom. Homegirl wasn't even afraid. The sister manager, she didn't care that the gun was in homegirl's hand. She was like, I want my money. I was like, damn. That's the most gangster job ever. <laughs> you got the customer there with the heavy hammer about to give you straight work and you are determined to get your money from the company. She was like, yo, I want my money. And she was like, I'm not giving you shit. You're going to stop banging on my door or you're going to get shot out. So all I know, I'm getting ready to turn and walk the hell away, go back inside the vehicle because, I, like I said, I'm not trying to catch a heavy biscuit over, over the center. That's not happening, right? <laughs> I get down to the bottom of the steps and I kid you not, I hear the door slam, and that was the girl with the gun coming outside the door. Don't know what happened with the gun at this given point, but all I know is she punched the assistant manager dead ass in her face. <laughs> Just punched her. Like, homegirl stumbled back and everything. So now they're up here fighting. And then I come back upstairs. I go to break the whole entire fight up. And I wasn't even on the job no more than about two weeks at this time. This is like my second weekend. Most interesting <laughs> job ever. Break up the fight. We finally get back inside the vehicle. Nobody got shot. Nobody got, well... Homegirl got hurt. The sister manager got hurt because, you know, that little connect to the jaw with some heavy work. <laughs> <laughs> she was okay. Did we get the money? No. That was some interesting <laughs> shit to see. How much money was it? Do you, have, do you remember? Hmm? How much money was it? Do you remember? $37, bro. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> That, that, How much are they paying thing. assistant managers at Rena Center? Because it's not enough. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Almost getting she shot. She gets 10% of that. She gets 10% of that. That was that. That was yeah, a that's a great bonus. meal, and she can check your channel out for how best to spend it. That's yeah. what you know you're working for a real company when you are willing to fight for thirty-seven dollars. That that's that's you know okay. I can appreciate it. I would I would have to be like dog the bounty hunter like like with, like with like bear spray and, and and like you know a vest on it because because I feel like you're just going in there and and if if it's a car I feel like some people are like yeah I owe those motherfuckers eight thousand dollars I'm fucked but mm. if it's TV they're like it's thirty seven dollars fuck off I'll pay you next week and you're like no that's not how it works I could right. see there being some real conflict there where they're just like just fuck off tell them I wasn't home I'll get you next week and you're like mm. nah. 
they know that I know that you're here. I got to have that TV. I can see that getting rough. Yeah. You know, a lot of you guys, you know, you're handling business every single day on YouTube. You're on the grind. So you just imagine that you just finally start getting all your stuff. And if you happen to get it through Renner Center, just know you missed that payment. They're coming for you. <laughs> I remember when Swatton was real heavy on Twitch for a hot minute. But instead of the cops coming in, that's just Renner Center banging at your door. And you over here live streaming. You might catch somebody coming through your window, B. <laughs> They're coming for your microphone. They're coming for your PCs. Everything going to be gone. That's real. Dude, so it, it, I was just thinking, it occurred to me. Now, you're a, you're a big YouTube hit. Everything is going awesome right now. But you worked for real before YouTube. A lot of the YouTube successes, you know, they hit it big in their early 20s or teens and didn't really go through what, what you did. <laughs> Dude, it, it, you talked about the YouTube grind. It's mm -hmm. a pleasure compared to the real life world out there. No? Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you something right now, man. If I always call YouTube the Titanic, and I really hope individuals stack for a rainy day. Because if anything ever happened with the Titanic and you had no other revenue coming in, you had to go back out there in the real world and all you've ever known was YouTube money, you're going to be messed up. Dude. You're going to be, because there, there's a reality out there, and that reality probably starts about $10 an hour. I, I you might be lucky to catch that 15 piece. And let me tell you something right now. Those checks don't look nothing like no YouTube checks if you really get it. No, if you look at like some of the even big YouTubers who got big in their teens and whatnot, and you know they're making good money, you know, good money for them. They don't understand the value of money, really, because they're getting it hand over fist for something that's really not that difficult at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. They're going to be fucked because you see them buying expensive cars, nice houses in expensive areas with <laughs> high tax brackets, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. you're going to blow through this money, or you're going to retire with, I don't know, a mill. And then you're going to realize a couple years down the road, oh, fuck, this is not as much money as I thought. And I didn't go to college. And I don't know how the working world works. And I'm not interpersonal enough with people to get in on the ground floor with some, you know, customer service rep job or something. Like, that's going to bite a lot of these people in the ass because they think the gravy train just won't stop coming. Right, right. You get it? Once you, once you get comfortable, that's, that's already, like, the first step to becoming a problem, an issue. You can't never get comfortable. you got to keep that hustle going. Like... When I look at YouTube, I look at it as my, my part-time boo thing. You know, no matter how many videos I pump out in a day in a given week, this is my part-time boo thing. Put that cash off to the side, but I got that other hustle still going on outside of YouTube. I got to make sure that whole entire flow keeps going. I got girls mm -hmm. to put through college, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, Rachel Ray is, I've heard, a kind of a Nazi about deadlines. And so you really got to make sure you get those reviews sent into her, all that. I don't think you're right. going to catch this man say anything negative about I Rachel I don't think Ray. you will either. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, Rachel Ray is a wonderful person! <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> don't talk about double R like that. <laughs> Alright, so I want to ask some like fast food questions. It's entirely different. Like I don't do the YouTube flow when I'm on the show. On the show, it's like even... There was, there was a particular episode where I was able to bring in two of the restaurants here in Connecticut... I was able to bring the food in on the show and help out local mom and pop spots. You know what I'm saying? Just talk about the food. And then Rachel was able to try the food out, and then we get everybody all excited about it. So, you know, I, I tell them I always want to separate my YouTube life from, from the TV life. Now, that's the hardest transfer to make, especially when you take a great YouTuber. Then you bring them over to television, and you try to do the same exact thing they're doing on YouTube, and then you wonder why the show fails. It fails because if people want to watch it, they're just going to watch them on YouTube. You know? Yeah, hmm. that makes sense. So, who has the best hamburger? 
Ooh. Oh, wait. Are we talking fast food or just in general? Both. Okay. <sighs> fast food, hamburger. <sighs> I'm still, yeah, I'm no, I'm still going to give it to five guys, man. I, I've had a lot of, lot of different burgers, bro, from a lot of different locations. Some are decent, but they just don't seem to, to, to get the whole entire proper breakdown of that burger. Because you know Five Guys wraps a burger in the foil, and then all of a sudden the cheese is literally just kind of wrapped up over the beef, and that bacon is extra crispy. That's what sells me on a mean burger each and every time. When that bacon is extra crispy, I hate flimsy bacon. And then you can take a bite into something, and it's not crazy grease dripping down your face. I'm, I'm going to get a little bit of grease, true indeed, but... You have an actual beefy, meaty bite when you're messing yeah. with five guys. Not nothing flimsy where you're like, eh. And it's not a mouthful of bread. Bitch, son, you know what I'm saying? It's not a mouthful of bread either. It's, it, there's a yes. lot of meat on there. It, the, I, their condiments are good. Everything they put on the burger is good. Yeah. Their, their hot dogs are good. They, I wish five guys would expand their menu, but I, I don't really because I don't, I don't want to overcomplicate things back there. I don't want them to like get some fish grease on the burgers and now all of a sudden they taste yeah, like shit or something. They're doing great at what they're doing. They've yeah. already got like 30 different things they can put on their burger and it's all good. Like when I got mushrooms and jalapenos or whatever the fuck on there, like it's not bad mushrooms that you would, it's not like sad, like McDonald's bacon or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's like just weak and it's like, why'd you even put it on here? This is just a reminder that this isn't what I wanted. Like, right. but, <laughs> but yeah, Five Guys is great. Yeah, I'm a fan of Five Guys. Food. Are you, did you get served a salad, B? Uh, this is actually... So, I'll, I'll let you know. One of our sponsors is Blue Apron, right? Blue Apron mm -hmm. delivers food. And um, we just choose, like, what you... Like, look, I'm not into pork. I am into chicken or you know, whatever it is that's your deal. And then they'll send you the ingredients to meals. So, they made this. Honey, what is this? They didn't make that. They sent I'm sorry. Almost, Maybe almost ruined. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Uh, Maybe you move the camera to the plate. Oh. I, I don't, need, I don't know what's happening here. What, what, what's on that plate? Yeah. What do we, what do we got here? Oh, oh, oh! She gave me the damn. She gave me the recipe. So this is hoisin chicken steam, steam buns. buns. Okay. I've never had this before. And and on the back, there's like how to make it. And my wife made it, and now I have it. Sorry, I've been working nice. all day, and I haven't had dinner. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> no, I mean, go ahead and get your grind on. That, that works. Yeah. Those blue. I thought Blue Apron, like, going into it until I received it, I honestly was like, this is going to be kind of silly and stupid. Like, there's no way this is going to be what they say. I got three meals. We still have one more in there. And it's legitimately, like, restaurant-quality shit. And everything you know, comes in the most perfect containers, perfectly organized. It's, it's perfect. <sighs> Perfect. Hmm. I, I'm gonna since we're talking about it, after. since we're talking about it, I'll just I'll just read the ad here, so because it's got everything you could possibly want to know about them. So thanks again to Blue Apron for sponsoring today's show. Blue Apron knows that when you uh, when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the high they send the highest quality excuse me they set the highest quality standards for their community of artists artis, artisanal artisanal suppliers, family run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best for less with ten dollars uh, at ten dollars per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. So check out this week's menu and get your first two meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com/painkiller. You will love how good it feels and tastes uh, to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. 
That's blueapron.com slash painkiller. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. My Blue Apron uh, delivery showed up last week when I was in Los Angeles, and everybody ate my food and said it was amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not the same thing as me eating it and knowing it. So I'm a little upset that they ate all my fucking food. On, it sounded good. I love how on, they ship stuff. Dude, it's let me so, talk like, about that. Cause I, I, I got a bag right here. Look okay. at that. Two radishes, and it just says... Blue Apron radishes in a sealed plastic bag. When they when you need one carrot, they send you a carrot in a bag, and you feel like you're, like on a German scientist level of organization in your own kitchen with little measuring devices and cups and everything's pre-approved and it, it's so easy to do. I, I love this service. I'm gonna keep going with it. This is excellent. You I have three out. different food delivery services at my house. Right? We haven't like. Like, well, we started now, but we went years without buying milk at the store because we had a milkman just like come and deliver it in the bottles and everything. Blue Apron delivers their stuff better than everybody. The milk was going bad. Like, it, like it, it would come okay, but it would go bad within like three days. And I'm like, I think it must have hit like 60 degrees somewhere in the travel process. And the stuff they used to cool it, not Blue Apron, but the other people, um, they take like old water bottles. You know the water bottles you, you just drink from? Yeah. And and they're like plastic and like mega super thin plastic. They fill it back up with water, turn it to ice, and just like toss it in there with my food. It's like used water bottles and shit, like people's trash, <laughs> <laughs> like old orange like juice containers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like literally peeled off or not peeled off. You know, the Dasani label is still on there, and stuff would warm up while we deliver. Blue Apron, there were like thirty-two freezer packs in there, like, and and, the, and then it came all wrapped in some sort of like tinfoil oven business like a pizza delivery guy would have and it was i was just like it, it was another level from all the I don't other know, like, local how stuff how big your family plan was i just got like with our trial like the two person mm -hmm. thing like three meals a week two person they sent three cold packs the size of my torso in this bag to keep my food cold and that uh, silver, like, uh, heat retention or cold retention bag, I just, even after I got it, they were all still frozen, so I just kind of left it there with just the cold bags in to see how long it would last. A full day later, I got up and I was going to go to work, and I was like, I'm going to check on those. Put it in, it, a little bit soupy, but it was still fucking cold in there. Like, you're, you could just miss your day by, like, missing your flight or something and come home a whole day later and all your food's fine. I signed so, up for the family plan. Um, excellent. Because I, I, I think that, like, it didn't matter which one. And the fa I think the family plan was more stuff. It, may, it seems like it would be. So I'm hoping that there's more stuff for me next week that I actually get to eat. I'm excited about it. Um, what did you actually get? Like, like, what was your meal, Taylor? Was it the same I as his got, or was it different? I got, I don't know what Woody, I didn't get what Woody had. I got uh, General Sow's chicken, and then I got pork roast and mashed potatoes, and then we've got uh, salmon, a salmon oh, salad great. with some other, like, radishes on there or something. Like, the, the, the radishes. Oh, where'd they go? They're in the fucking radish bag. What do you know? <laughs> you know? Well, that's cool. I look forward anyway. to actually using the thing. So check it out. you need Make to get yourself a blue, a blue Apron sponsorship. Yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta check that out. Yeah. I don't think... <laughs> no, he's... That menu. I, you need to get one of those Burger King uh, black cards, right? So you get Burger King free for life. You know those exist, right? Like, I, I know Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Downey Jr. has one because he ad-libbed like a Burger King line at the end of Iron Man 1 or 2. Um, they gave him this like black card. It's free Whoppers for life. <laughs> it's a black crazy. card for Burger King, it, but you never enough, have to pay. I, I, I have a few black cards for different establishments. Oh, let's hear it. That's yeah, yeah, great. I have a few. But yes, I, I was hoping. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Let, let me see if I can whip something out for y'all real quick. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> this is my dream. <laughs> yeah, talk to one. 
Kyle wants a Taco Bell flat card. I'd wear a sombrero for life. So this one spot that, that I messed with heavy. See if you can get this in here for you guys. See if you can read that right there. Mm. Plan B Burger. Yeah, Plan B Burger Bar. And you know what I'm saying? It's uh, for Dame Drops plus one, you know, for, for life. <laughs> and there's, there's a few other spots that I like that as well. But, you know, after you do quite a food reviews, they show you a little bit of different love out there in the streets. It's always a good look. That's it's awesome. Good. Do you want to try yeah. it? Yeah. So now, so does it ever occur to you that like no matter what in life now, I'll never go hungry. Like no matter what happens, like even if like I become like a super villain and I commit crimes and and everybody that likes me decides they hate me, I'll never go hungry. Does that does that ever occur to you? you sit down and get something to eat, and I'm still good to go. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. I mean, I didn't expect for any of this to happen. You know, it's, it's definitely a great feeling to be appreciated for what it is that, you know, we do. We, we provide some amazing content out there for the people and just we, we like having fun with what it is that we do. And then, yeah, we, we get kickbacks from the madness is what I like to call it. And it's, just, it's, it's a good look. <laughs> That's yeah. really cool. I don't have a black card for anything. This is bullshit. I know, right? <laughs> I'm saying, man, you know, I need to get I, are, are you sweet talking these these uh, sponsors, bro? I haven't even spoken to my local fast food managers in months. <laughs> oh, I've real, I, you know, for a while there, I was really cultivating some interpersonal relationships with the Wendy's guy and, or, and the oh, Jack guy, but no dice. Yeah. They don't care. You know, you Jack and Jack the Box is the best mascot. That oh, Burger that? King was creepy as fuck. I was saying that Jack for, uh, from Jack in the Box is the best mascot. He's got the best sense of humor. But that Burger King was creepy as hell. Remember the Burger King, and he just had that blank fucking face, like Michael Myers or something, and he just served you a croissant in bed. Like nobody wants that. That's a, that's a nightmare. No one was paying attention to like the steam rising off the croissant. They were all like, "Who is this guy in my bedroom?" And <laughs> it, I, this is upsetting. I don't want him here. I don't. I don't care. Leave the croissant on the counter on your way out. Yeah, <laughs> I just want you to leave. Get out of here, buddy. David, now that you had YouTube money, what finer things in life are you started to enjoy? Um, doing crack a lot more often now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. You know course. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just hit that. <laughs> yeah, no, as you man. do. I mean, really, like I said, I have a 19-year-old and I have a 3-year-old putting a 19-year-old through college. Mm -hmm. like, the money that actually comes in from everything that I'm doing, I'm just making sure I'm making some smart investments along the way mm -hmm. and stacking for that rainy day. You do you know, have I your know... RC? Do you have your RC track in place yet? Oh, no. Evan? He's teasing it. We had another guest. I asked a similar question. I was like, That's you know, a real blue chip stock. You want to get in on that early? It's it's an RC racetrack in the backyard that costs like sixty grand. A hundred, a hundred grand. Hey, you, wait, hold a, on, wait. You, you are a click kidding, right? Yeah. We had a guest who took a hundred grand and made a remote control race car track in their backyard. Yeah, she said like I remember because we were asking. We're like, what are you investing in? And she's like, uh, an RC track in or RC track or something. And I was like, oh, okay. I, and it was my impression for like the next half hour that okay she's investing in I guess Tonka or one of those <laughs> little like truck companies that Hot like wheels. makes a, a, a Hot Wheels something like that electric cars for kids and then I found out that there was no investing it was just I purchased a six figure RC car track in my backyard and then I'm like oh okay so it's like go karts you hop in you drive around and then the final plummet I was like oh my god these are remote control cars in your backyard. You could have bought a real supercar for that money. <laughs> that is, that's Damn. legal on the road. It, the, big, bring, uh, 
the biggest piece yeah. of it, she bought a skid steer, which is a piece of construction equipment to like maintain the track, and that was the most expensive part. But yeah, she um, you know, and I asked, I thought it was interesting because she was a, a a real popular, you know, like Twitch YouTube personality. And uh, I have the same mindset that you do, that this stuff doesn't last forever, you know? So what are you doing about tomorrow? And um, God, it sounds terrible to say it, but I feel like that's doubly true on the girl side because it helps to be pretty, right? Mm. Damon, you're going to be just as good looking 10 years from now. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 it's probably going to be worth more, so better. probably even Ten better looking. Now. Ten years from now, I will respect your hamburger review even more than I do today. Right. If you, because you'll be a more experienced, more more tenured burger taster, you know? <laughs> and you'll be better behind the – and, and not, not that that's all you do. You'll be better behind the camera. You'll be better – in front of the camera, you'll be better behind the microphone. You'll be a better version of you. But if you're right like, now, you're like I, Roger Ebert in the early '80s. Very respectable, but you can really soar to the top over the next <laughs> couple decades in the fast food review world. But if you were but, like a 27-year-old pretty girl, 10 years from now, you'll be a whole different you. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately so. And it's it is not necessarily it's not that it's a worse you. It's just a less marketable you, unfortunately. Perfect. And that's just the world we live in, you know. Yeah, so I was really fascinated about how she was packing away for the future. <laughs> it wow. it turned south. Yeah, we're asshole. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but you know these, these things do happen. You know, you should make a young and coming to a lot of money the fast way, and you're gonna you're gonna pretty much blow it on everything under the sun. Damon, make Before a second you know it, channel. You fall ass backwards into a hundred thousand dollar children's track in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, you could give me a hundred billion dollars, and at no opportunity would it even cross my mind to build an RC track in my backyard. Uh -huh. I would have moats and catapults and trebuchets and whole armories of medieval warfare shit before I even crossed my mind to get a remote control car. That I'd, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Good yeah, boy. I guess so. Sense to me. That, that, that was so. outrageous to me as well. Oh, and I like spending yeah. money on things. You should have a video, another line of videos, not on your main channel, that would break the flow. Where you, where you put these people straight. Let them know, you know, this stuff doesn't last forever. Money's harder to earn than you think it is. True indeed. True indeed. Real talk series, man. That's what it's about. Real talk. Real yeah. talk series should, should help a few individuals out there that are doing some real ignorant things with their money right now. We could do some real talk dual comms. If you could teach me more terms like crispy and... Yeah, yeah, I, would. I got you. <laughs> I got that, you know? This will be oh, a real Harold uh, Michael Kyle Scott Spanks. vibe. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a real Michael Scott vibe, and it's and it's making my stomach hurt and my teeth ache. Oh, oh it's like, awesome. It's, it's <laughs> crazy, man. You know, he's so, not fellas, funny I mean, without like, a straight let, man. Let me ask you. I know, I know you're always with the questions for all the guests that you guys have, but mm -hmm. when you're not doing your normal grind with the YouTube and everything else, what do you do outside of these walls? What do you I like into? to do? Uh, um, I like to do a lot of things. I like to I like to shoot. I um, shooting is part of my YouTube channel, but it's also something I really enjoy doing. I like shooting more when a camera's not on me, so I like to do that as much as I can. Um, I like to tinker a lot. Uh, part of my channel is like pyrotechnics and stuff like that. So lately, I've been messing around with a lot of explosives and explosive gases and and stuff like that in my spare time. A lot of backyard chemistry stuff. Um, but I really like TV. I watch an unhealthy amount of television. And uh, I, I really do love fast food. I eat an incredibly unhealthy amount of fast food. When I shit in the morning, I just had to replace my toilet. It it it, it was destroyed. It could my my, my plumbing. I had to put heavy duty plumbing in. I I it, it's awful. I eat an insane amount of fast food almost every single day. Um and uh, he does. And, and so yeah, th these are a few of my favorite things. So Ooh. yeah, like 
like guns blowing stuff up, um, fast food, and and lots and lots of television. Okay, I respect lots of TV. that. Yeah. Woody is a pretend farmer in his spare time. Um, yeah. <laughs> ah, uh, I'll let him explain that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I um, it's fun. I I I bought this in Raleigh. Um, we call it the compound. I have 14 acres here, and a uh, and a and a big house. And I mostly just maintain the house and the property. And um, the John Deere 2014 catalog. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I like I, I I chop my own wood, right? You know, I, I think that's fun. Um, I have and everybody a, else's wood. <laughs> we <laughs> I chop a lot of wood. I I go hardcore when I when I get into something, I get into it so hardcore at a level that you might not know anyone else who gets as passionate about fucking anything as I do, right? I start chopping wood, holy shit, dude. It's a new hobby. I mow grass with an enthusiasm that you have never heard of before. And soon, I'm going to start flying, and that shit will be off the hook. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I, when I get my head set in a direction, then it's it's unstoppable. And now even Jackie's lined up. So and by flying, oh it, probably a, a paramotor thing. Which I don't know if you, you know that thing where you'd get towed behind a boat. And you have that like glide. So it's that, but with a motor and a fan on your back. And I can just right here from the compound fly away. And that shit's gonna start happening whenever I want it's it. It's badass. I've yeah. been watching some of the videos. My dad got had this idea. So there's a thing called a paraplane. There's 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 a couple of different mm -hmm. like iterations of this idea of using a parachute to fly. Um, there's gliders, paraplanes, and there's the pa paramotor or that that I'm familiar with. Um, but the paraplane looks like a really uh, lightweight tricycle type thing that you're sitting in. It's you know shaped like a car sort of, but but more like a little buggy. And it's got a fan on the back, and you sort of sit and steer, and it inflates the parachute, and you take off and fly away. Those are pretty interesting. Those are cool, and that's what my dad always considered getting because, again, you don't need a pilot's license because you're only endangering yourself, I suppose, like you put it, Woody. But with this thing Woody's talking about, you're much more – it's much more like you're flying, um, mm -hmm. like just you than anything because you've just got this 180 sitting in a motor, chair. I believe. Yeah. You're sitting in a chair with an engine and a fan on your back flying away. And but there's this whole class of planes under 254 pounds that don't require licenses. And okay. um, the like, what's cool about the thing Kyle said is it's the fastest. And you know, oftentimes there's some like a, a windshield in front. If that's your cup of tea, you can control your speed, fast, slow, etc. The downside of it is it has a lot of the downsides of a plane. People tend to keep them at the airport. Uh, you tend to want a hangar for it, stuff like that. Um, with a, you need a bit of a runway to, to sort of... You need a bit of a runway, and on the end of that runway, hopefully there aren't trees, you know, or you need a longer runway. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but this thing, literally, like, five steps, and you fly away. And you can fit it inside your car. I don't know what kind of car you have, but it'll fit in there. It'll fit in a regular car. And the <laughs> capabilities are surprising. It can mm. fly to 15,000 feet of altitude. It can fly for four, five, six hours, stuff like that, depending on which one you've got. And that's like uh, that I don't know, but looks uh, pretty quick. Like, so on just level, like no wind thing, something like 25 to 30 miles an hour. I mean, it's kind of a slow thing. It's uh, a very long flight anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really feel like it's a useful mode of I think the range is 200 kilometers, I think I read. Yeah, which it's is more okay. for fun, though. That, that does sound like fun. Exactly. Like it, I, I have a lake maybe three miles from me, and it's like I could just 
step out my back door, fly to the lake, and then, like, I don't know, buzz around and do shit. Uh, you know, drag a foot in the water and drown. see the treetops and whatever. <laughs> drown. <laughs> and, and drown. I'm and hard to drown. <laughs> um but uh but yeah so that that's on its way and uh that's cool man all right so so when you say on its way i it's great that you've got jackie on board i told my dad today i was like she had no choice uh, i was like jackie put her foot down and, and said this and that but at first her thing was safety he 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 got her off of safety which is a you know it's eliminating objections and sales technique mm -hmm. he eliminated that objection and she she fell into a trap there she got sold because instead of like focusing more on it or doing research she just came up with a new objection, which he was also easily uh, e able to eliminate because the next objection was money. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, baby, yeah. you know, she's like, well, got plenty of it. yeah, yeah, what about the money? And I was like, got what the about money. It? <laughs> well, we can sell a couple of games. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, so, yeah. Anyway, so that's. And she just ran out of objections. I think safety was her real thing all along. But I, I, it, really what it came scary. down to it is I was like, honey, I feel a bit handcuffed. Like, you know, when you met me, I was on my second motorcycle. And I was on my third not long after that. And I would go off-roading and take my car up mountains and flip that thing. And, and I did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and boxing and MMA. And suddenly now it's like everything's too dangerous. You said no to another motorcycle recently. You said no to this. You said no to that. Flying must be. Get on board. And, uh, well, it, in her defense, it's really stressful to watch your meal ticket just <laughs> running around like a away. cat out of hell. Just, just, <laughs> just fucking gone. Well, well, there goes your future, kids, if the, he fucks up. Because like, <laughs> that's it. I just see Woody looking back where I'm going. We don't need roads. And just like takes yeah. eight steps and then falls face first and explodes. <laughs> like, Jesus, no! Uh, I feel like that fear. thing is just... Like, I know you don't need a license for it now, mm -hmm. but I feel like it's kind of like drones insofar as, like, 10 years ago, there weren't a bunch of drone regulations for what people could and couldn't do because you didn't have drones. Like, there just aren't regulations yet for flying your own 200-pound plane around because most people don't have 200-pound planes. There is like, a philosophy behind it, on. though. The, the, you might be right. I can't predict the future. But what they say is these lightweight one-person planes, the FAA's stance on it is that you are allowed to kill yourself. You're allowed to go mountain climbing. You're allowed to do this. You're allowed to do that. You can't. They make tandems, and they made them illegal because they said the minute that this thing, the minute you have a passenger, then some like you're, you're kind of making decisions on behalf of someone other than just yourself. So they say, look, you can't fly it um, within a certain radius of major airports, of which I'm just clear. And, uh, and you can't have passengers uh, because you're making decisions for just you. So if you fly up and hit a telephone pole and shock yourself, then uh, that's so, all about you. So I think we should have – here's what I think we should do. We should have Chiz. I, I know you're going to get one regardless of, any, uh, of anything, no matter what, you're going to get one. I'm not. Uh, g unless we can work something out with a sponsorship so that we can get a discount or maybe get one. Oh, I'll take a plane. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, like um, I would love to <laughs> if do... If you're handing them out. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> one plane here, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I got $12,000 worth of personal tanks over here for free. It's it's not unimaginable that I could get a, a six or $8,000 little mini plane for free. So, so um, you know, I think that would be really cool and I'd be down. I would definitely make a video of it and fly from it and I... I, I'm going to check the legality of shooting from it because that'd be fucking cool, right? No? No shooting yeah, from no, it? Yeah, no, I actually know about that. Even on that your own property? There's, that can't be legal. There's no way. On your own property? Um, you know, I'm not certain about the property thing, but I there's another guy who shot from one, 
And yeah. I guess it's a small enough community that like everyone's talking about it, hating it. And there's not so much traffic that things die. So this was like a year and a half ago and people are like, he's the guy that shot a gun from a paraglider, ruined it for all of us. Oh, I'll yeah. get my, when, when I'll, I'll like take off and my sale will just be, be like a big AK 47 on the back. Like, you'll know I'm the one shooting the gun from the parasail. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll be the guy with the gun in the parasail. Like, I don't give a fuck if that community of people thinks it's a faux pas. If it's, it's legal, illegal I'll do it. to do it from a flying vehicle. Now, I don't know what a vehicle is. In what state? Because in, in Texas, I can go up in my chopper and FAA. machine gun uh, and machine gun pigs. Well, uh, you know what? I think I'm stepping outside my expertise. Um, I'm not sure. It, yeah, well, I, I, I would do that if it were if it were possible. That's one of the things I would do. I'm not going to break any laws because obviously, when you're uploading on the internet and showing a million people, you don't break laws when you do that. That's 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 World that's, Star where you do that. that yeah, you're gonna break some laws. What's the CPMs like over there? Oh man, yeah. cost so, for mutilation. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I am down to get in a para uh, motor. I'm down to promote one. I'm down to be given one. I'm down to get free training and then and then maybe do something. What I don't want to do though is like come out of pocket for like eight grand or something and then like. 10 days of training that's probably another 1500 when i'm just about to buy that 1080 uh uh pc that's you know wrapped around the 1080 graphics card so i can do vr and i can i can play some uh, some of these other games that i'm interested in so i'm about to put at least two grand into that probably closer to three um so i, I really don't want to yeah. drop like ten thousand dollars on toys this month i would guess three or four <laughs> and just so you know there's a culture in the pc building thing of how much you can get for the money like, that's it. It's sort of like price-to-performance ratio. That's what they're excited about. So I feel like when people build a PC, they don't tell you the real cost. They're like, I built this thing for 1400 and it's XYZ fast. What's wrong with you? Okay. Did you include a monitor in your price? Because normal people use monitors, too. And what about your keyboard? Was that inherited from your last thing? And what about this? And what about that? I feel like with 1400 I mean, I don't believe them, quite frankly. I feel like they're like, all right, well, yeah... I guess I didn't count the case because I had that. I guess it, you know, that's the case I'm in though. You know, I've got I've got all the extra things that mm -hmm. that don't get Monitor? old every generation. Um, so I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. So I've got a 4K, but it's 60 hertz, and I want 144 hertz. I want probably 1440p at at a high frame rate. So. I don't have a monitor, and I'm guessing that I'm gonna spend at least six hundred dollars on the on the monitor. Um, so yeah, that's a big. That's one of. The, that's gonna cost as much as the the graphics graphics card itself. I do have a case. It's a question as to whether this case is appropriate for what I'm about to do or not. I don't know. I can't look at it and know. I don't know what's required, but I'm sure I can get a discerning eye to, to tell me that. I got keyboard and, and mouse, all that. I'm really happy with what that you're stuff. You're happy with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought you uh, just got the VR game goggles. I, I did, but I mean, it's a gaming laptop in that it'll play Company of Heroes on like like really high settings, but it's not a gaming laptop in the sense that I can play Witcher on like ultra settings and just feel like I'm immersed. You know, it's it's a really great travel gaming laptop, but it's not one of those three thousand dollar fucking badass ones with with dual graphics cards or something crazy. Damon, do you play video games? Uh, heavy Xbox One gamer, yeah. All right. All right. So what are you playing? I, I, haven't, I haven't jumped over to PC gaming, you know, the, the, the master race of gaming, but yeah. Xbox One. You're buying tuition, baby. What game are you playing on Xbox One? Currently, Call of Duty I'm running through, and also, um, damn it. It's crazy because I just switched up another game. Battlefield? Just... Call of... Is no, it no, no, a shooter? No. CSGO? 
no, 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 no. Fallout? Oh, no, no. Um, the Division. My bad. The Division. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I'm hearing a lot about that game. I've written, a lot, I, I've, I've read a lot about it, but I haven't watched anything from it. Is that fun? It, to me, it, it's amazing because you can run in there with like you know three other your, your boys, go up in there, blow shit up, make sure you're destroying all the fellas coming out, trying to stop you from hitting objectives, and you really got to go in as a squad as you start leveling up because the now, enemy gets smarter. Yeah, when you go in there, do you do you mess with the other human players, or are you just trying to run missions and get stuff done, or do you well, ever now? Well, when you mess with other human players, that's when you're going into the dark zone. As long as you stay your ass out of the dark zone, you're good. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm you talking step about into the dark I'm, zone. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm starting shit when I go into the dark zone. Okay, you, know, you like, want to nothing else. I'm just there to start shit. It, it, it's uh, I wish that they would expand upon the and again I've just read about the game but I wish the the dark zone was a little bit more like Daisy I don't know if you're familiar with the awful things that you can do to other players in that game but it's really like a real life war simulator so if I catch you in game and I've I'm like slightly armed it's just like real life I don't need an AK-47 if I got a 22 pistol or like a big stick with a nail in it you're like <laughs> whatever you want bro like you know, you know, like if I'm armed and you're not, it's a big fucking deal in real life. So it's just like that in the game. If I got three bullets, you're like, oh god, he's armed to the teeth. So yeah. I can hold you at gunpoint in this game and like put those handcuffs on. You'll be like, all right, because if when you die, you just lost like six your whole life. You're just dead. There's oh, no like, man. you're dead, and you got to go back to some random starting point and work for another eight hours to find a blue shirt because it's keeping <laughs> you warm. That's how that game is. It's like it's like being ragged and poor in a war zone with nothing. You some guy scavenge. tried to rape me. He, he succeeded from what I saw. Well, I saw penetration. Not molested in Daisy. <laughs> yeah, well, basically he had he out uh, armored me by a ton. So not armor literally, but like his his guns, his weapons, whatever. You can see what they have just by looking at the character. And I know that like I've got guns with bullets that don't match it, right? And this guy on the other hand is like full ammo, full auto. He's dressed like a soldier and everything. So I'm screwed. And he's like, you know, get down on your knees. And I don't really want to. Open your mouth. <laughs> he makes me take my clothes off. And uh, so he made me take my clothes off. And I agreed to that because I thought maybe he wanted my clothes for oh, some reason. Oh, this is shameless. Just turn the game off. And then he had me get down. On, and he wanted me to get down on my knees. And I knew the next step was some sort of fellatio thing. Now, the game doesn't have fellatio in it. But Oversight. it was obvious he was going to like walk up to me and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're good. And I didn't want any part of that. So I chose death. <laughs> That's the only reason I play the game. I'm waiting on someone to do that to me. Hours I play and I don't find it. It's overrated, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's nothing like, 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 I wish it was a little bit more like that. Because, you, you know, you get the guy on his knees, make him eat, eat like a rotten apple or something, make him cry and stuff like that. But from what I've heard, you know, if you go rogue and start taking out other enemy players, you get like a bounty on you and other people are looking out for you. They're after you. So, um, sounds like a lot of fun. I, I like how Woody was thing. talking about a player wanting to molest his character in game and you immediately were like, yeah, I mean, I want to get in there and make him do nasty stuff, like maybe eat a past expiration apple or other fruits. Uh, you know, not too gross, but just enough that they're, ah, it's a little mealy. Like, <laughs> I'm not getting as many nutrients as I should. For this this banana has brown spots all over it. Yeah, I'm taking the skin off so you don't get any vitamins. And that's what you would do, right? Skin's toxic. You know that, Charlie. Mm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So uh, games you guys a ton of company to. of heroes. Uh, I, so I play a lot of stuff. Um, 
not, I'm not passionate about a ton of games, but I do play a, a quite a few. I'm definitely looking forward to the new Call of Duty. Not for the new aspect mm. of it, but, but because Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare's right. remaster coming along with it. I'd, I've played that game for two years. When World at War came out, I played a little, got to the first prestige. But, I did, but then I went back to COD 4, and I put two full years into that game, and I have a huge passion for that game. It, it, it just, I'm an expert at that game and what that game's about and all the things in it. Um, so I'm pumped that that's coming out. Uh, Battlefield 1, though, looks like a game, a, a, a next-gen cool. game that, yeah. I, especially on the PC with this PC I'm planning on building, I bet is going to look incredible and is going to play really well, too. Uh, and I'm interested in a World War One scenario. Then I play a lot of RTS, though, so there's games like uh, um, uh, uh, Civ. Civ. Civ uh, yeah, well, that's, that's a, that's a turn-based strategy game. Civ 6 is coming out uh, fairly soon, so I'm pretty excited about that. And then um, I've got it right here in front of me. I don't want to get the name right when I say it. Yeah, Total War Warhammer, which is actually one of our sponsors for tonight. It looks like Age of Mythology, Taylor. It, it's an updated, modern version of Age of Mythology. Yeah, it's an RTS game with, like, vampires and, uh, and, and supernatural stuff and magic, but also, like, real-world type stuff in the mix, too. There's dwarves with cannons and shit. It's, it's kind of off-the-wall, off the nutty RTS, and it looks like a lot of fun. So we should I'm try excited that. about a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I bet you can get it for free. I guarantee fucking it. Oh, yes. Well, we've been getting all of our games for free from all the nice people giving them to us and on Steam. Some great fans. Oh, yeah. and speaking of that, Woody, I don't know if you know, noticed, but we're doing um, we're scheduled to do a PKA plays uh, this this weekend on Age of on, and we have two choices of game. The 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 guy who uh, who mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's one of our five hundred dollar Patreons, I think. He uh, he gave us some choices. He said we could do Age of Mythology or we could do Company of Heroes. Oh. I am willing to give you a crash course in either game. Company of Heroes will be easier for you um, to 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 get going on. Um, uh, I'm pretty good at that now. I can beat the game on hard. Does um, one of them have a bigger wood chopping aspect than the other yes yes it does um <laughs> you don't want part of that you don't want any of that age of mythology there's a lot of wood chopping and a lot of, it's, no it sounds attractive it, no it'll be a lot easier for you to jump in to company of heroes than jump into age of mythology because age of mythology you have to there's like it's not a steep learning curve but there's quite a bit of time you have to put in where you're just fucking bad and it's no fun where you're like yeah. hey, I'm just getting attacked and I don't even have a spearman yet and this is bullshit but at least with company of heroes you can at least make some soldiers and you your, your fellow dues. people on your team will help you out a lot more all yeah, jokes really aside I'll take your advice company of heroes yeah, you really pay your dues getting good at Age of Mythology. Um, I, I think I'm a much better Age of Mythology player than I am a Company of Heroes player, um, but uh, I'm really digging it. Like, I had to take Kitty to the, the uh, doctor today, and while she was in there, I got my laptop in the truck fucking playing a couple quick games. <laughs> <laughs> I got my head, this headset on, like a full thing. I'm out in the, out in the parking lot playing this PC game. Talking uh, about games we're looking forward to, I, I'm kind of looking forward to COD 4. Like, I haven't had the drive to get good at a game like as you know it takes a lot of hours you know you need to play like five nights a week to to be the kind of player that i like to be you know the the, the one that can carry a, a team and um it's been a while since i've had an interest in investing that kind of time but if cod 4 comes out again then all of a sudden they'll be like oh yeah you know i just need to kind of get the rust off i know every line of sight in that game i know every weapon i know there's I have a lot of time in COD 4. There's nothing I don't know about COD 4. And, um, you know, get my aim back and I should be okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of little, like, really, my, uh, really 
the minutia of that game uh, that, that, that I know both of us have a good bit of. Like, you know as well as I do that the, that the bullet penetration on an AK-74U is that of an assault rifle, mm-hmm. but so is the hip-fire radius of it. So in that way, it's somewhere in between, as it should be because of the caliber that it fires. It's a particularly good weapon for that. Is it? What's the square map with the lattice work and the two stories and the statue in the middle? Showdown. Showdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that? Oh, yeah. But not the one with the... Um, the statue in the middle you throw the grenades over the top they bounce through into the hallways that's showdown yep yep so i particularly like the high penetration weapons on showdown because everyone's behind lattice and you can see them in the lmgs and ak-74u good choice anyway that's the kind of stuff that i remember from cod 4 and um grenade spots all those opening uh, routes take three steps and throw the grenade imaginary lines on how not to flip spawns on every map um yep yeah. It's going to be refreshing to like, and this isn't a rip on the recent Call of Duties totally, but like to have a game where people aren't boosting around and there's no hint of anything like Space Sage. It's all just like guns that if you saw it at Cabela's, you'd be like, that's a gun. Like not like <laughs> what kind of bananas, you know, laser rifle is that? And I like that. And that's why I'm so excited about Battlefield 1. I've never been excited about a Battlefield game before, but I'm going to buy it for sure because World War 1 is always playing second fiddle to World War 2. But World War 1 was... Probably the worst war in history to fight yes. in. Because, like, because you've got... World War One is amazing because you have next-gen weapons and last-gen military advisors ethics, and, and, yeah. and leaders. So you've got these guys who are like, yeah, yeah, just fucking charge. What are you guys... Were you guys a bunch of pussies? Back in the fucking Crimean days, we just charge right in and get it done. And you're just like, no, that doesn't work. They got this Maxim machine gun over there. And he's like, Maxim, what do you call it? Get in there! <laughs> Meanwhile, they're over there... <laughs> Just that, that's why you've got millions and millions of people, not to mention the gas, the mortars, the uh, you know, aircraft are in their infancy, but still, oh, Trent, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. You know, it was a, it was a terrible, brutal war, um, with just incredible cost of uh, cost of uh, in lives. So it'll be yeah. fun to play that. And it looks like they're, they're mixing in biplanes, that looks like they're mixing in zeppelins of some kind, airships of some kind. Um, and then I love the hand to hand stuff when I saw that guy who literally the seemed shovel. to have some sort of a club. Uh, the, the shovel, of course, that looked like some, some sort of engineering class, but I saw a club with, like, spikes with spike, on it. Yeah, nails. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, fellas, what, what, I'm, what I'm definitely going to say, I know we, we're some heavy gamers here mm-hmm. on this particular call. I'm about to take it old school. How far back are you going with your gaming? Do you stop at Atari 2600, or do you go all the way back to Intellivision? Oh, oh man. Intellivision, uh, ColecoVision. was the first one I had. I was a PC gamer on a Commodore 64. Ooh, there it is, there it is, there it is. Uh, uh-huh. I had a Franklin Ace 1000, which was an Apple clone, like, back we in used the to, early 80s. We used to play a game on the Abacus called Rose and Dots. My brother, <laughs> I was so jealous. My, my parents got us TVs for our room, which sounds almost like chimpanzees for the room. I get it. But um, my brother's, it was, mine was color, and it was small. His was black and white, and it was bigger. But it had Pong built right into it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, we literally played black and white Pong in my brother's room. Lucky guy. Wow. How far back do you go with your gaming? Dude, I kid you not. Right now, in my game room, I still have my Sega Dreamcast and my ColecoVision. And my game actually started with Atari 2600. I was playing other systems at my cousin's house, but as far as me physically having a system, it was Atari 2600. I still remember when I had my Sega Dreamcast, when it was, I believe it was a hang-on that was built into it. No, I'm thinking of the um, the original Sega. Sorry, the original Sega had the had a um, thing I built built into it, 
And those were the games, man. Turbo Graphics 16 with Bonk's Adventure. Like, oh, that's that. That was me. That was my childhood. Made it all worthwhile. Could you, you know? play Asteroids indefinitely on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred? No, I haven't played that one. Didn't play what? That was like nah, the, oh, for me. For me, Asteroids was the point of the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I would flip the score like 14, 18 times and have to stop because of dinner. Like, there, like, I would just have ninety nine extra lives. I could always. I, there was no ending. I could play it forever. Who still remembers the Contra code for 99 lives? <laughs> I don't know. Woody, Woody, no, don't, don't disappoint I, me now, Woody. Don't no, I know the Grand Theft Auto Vice City PlayStation 2 codes. I know them all. I can still fucking do them. It's like <laughs> R1, R2, left, one, circle, down, left, right, up, left, down, down, left. That's okay. a weapons pack. Like, I know eight of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't up, know. Up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start for your 99 lives. That Contra code. Nintendo, of course, that, that's what made the 80s all worthwhile. From <laughs> Duck Hunt, you know what I'm saying, from Mario Brothers. Duck Hunt, of course, was always the greatest for me. Double Dragon, that, that was my game. Double Dragon, dude. That was my game. That reverse elbow was OP. That's all I used. Yes. <laughs> None was, of our audience is getting these references no. about no, Double Dragon. They, they missed out on a great era of gaming. They, they definitely missed out. Even Mike Tyson's punch out. You know what I'm saying? When you finally beat Mike Tyson after all those hours of trying, you you, you know, you, you felt accomplished. Dude, I, that double dragon. <laughs> so I had moved from Morristown to Ocean City in New Jersey. And then my friend came from like to visit me from Morristown. And we both knew that it was pretty much the last time we were going to see each other. We, we moved away. And it was the last night and we didn't want it to end yet. Scott Gensler, he can Look him up on Facebook and uh, <laughs> let him know what he said hi. <laughs> so anyway, um, we snuck out at like, I don't know, 2 a.m. or something with $5 worth of quarters and beat Double Dragon. And then we got caught by the police, brought back home, and I never saw him again. But it was awesome. It was like a, at a, least you made a memory. A fitting. You know? it, was, it was an incredible memory. That was I've told the story before where we hid under the boardwalk and the police were there with the flashlights. I tried to pretend like they couldn't see me, but my shorts were like, I don't know, salmon colored or something. They were ridiculous, and uh, he, he called me out. Brought us now, home. Now you guys are you are you guys running with the HTC Vive right now, with the whole entire virtual reality gaming lifestyle? Only Kyle's gonna lead the way on that one. Mm -hmm. yeah, We're going to let him storm the beach, get all the shitty ones that don't quite work right, and then eventually when he <laughs> spends enough money, he's going to tell us the one that's good. You I know? think just Tucker's like flat already screen done TVs, Just like everything else. you got to mm. wait for them to come out with one that's good. I think Tucker's already done that for us. I, I know he didn't spend the money, but but in his world, he, he got to get in there and figure out what he was what. So I'm going to take his advice on that. And uh, and see, that's the great thing about that that 1080 graphics card like like it's it's just perfect timing i already wanted this vr rig and now this super powerful super cheap graphics card is coming onto the market and woody and i have talked about this a lot in private like this year is actually like it, it, every year it's like 10 percent better or 12 percent better or 18 percent better in this very specific case but this year it's like hey we're 30 to 40 percent better depending on exactly what you're doing and what uh you know um uh, um uh, resolution you're watching at or you're playing at that's great, and it's cheaper. It's much cheaper. It's it's like forty forty percent cheaper or something like that. So, uh, I'm excited about it. It's gonna be great. Now I know you guys right now. You know you have a lot of uh, 
viewers out there watching and definitely being informed because you, you guys definitely bring the information. <laughs> what would you say for an individual building their first PC where, where the pockets are really heavy, but they definitely want to get into gaming? What direction would you recommend? Woody's the one who would know this. Because I'm a little confused. Talk to me, Woody. Now, the pockets are heavy. Does that mean a big budget or the... A big budget when the pockets are heavy, but when the pockets are light, that means, you know, you're struggling, okay. but you still want a PC. Because if I remember right, earlier the pockets were tight, and when we switched it to heavy, I really got a little mixed up here. <laughs> oh, oh, Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you shut up. But you know, There's three of us here. I'm the only one with a, a verified hood pass. So. <laughs> oh, on another yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forget uh, how anyway, I earned how would you, it, but how would you build it? yeah, so Kyle needs to know this lesson too, because you're about to build one. Shit. I'm have to watch a lot of videos. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm a little out of touch. I get the 1080 so, video card. Um, I, the last time I built mine, I bought probably the best motherboard of its time, and that turned out to be a waste. You know, like it, it has special monitoring stuff so you can use nitrogen and win overclocking contests, none of which I'm interested in or do. So I'd spend less on the motherboard than before. I'd get a good, uh, you know, platinum rated power Can I supply. interject? Go on. What's your, what, the, the best way to, to it's, it's hard to an, answer this question if, you, if we don't know a specific price range because like every grand you add, every, sometimes every, you add another fifty dollars, and like three three things will change. You know what I mean? All right, let, so like, let, 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 let's start with fifteen hundred dollars. Let's start there. What kind of PC can you get with fifteen hundred dollars? <sighs> Shucks. Um, I, I I feel on the spot. I, I probably the you know Intel five thousand level CPU. I'd probably stretch and put a lot of money towards the ten eighty uh, GPU, which is. Six hundred dollars of that budget, maybe seven hundred. Um, yeah, and then you should be able to slip in the rest. You're going to spend something like four hundred ish on a CPU, and then motherboard case and RAM, and you're about up and running. Ah, good deal. Good deal. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm really enjoying. I was always about console gaming too until. Well, I'm still about console gaming for everything that's not an RTS, real time strategy game like Age of Mythology or Company of Heroes. The only time I want to be playing a game on the computer is when I'm like the god role, and it's like, go, do my bidding, soldiers, or like, you know, hack that wood, peasant. You know, I like that role. It's fun to like be the god in control, organizing everything, but I don't like first-person shooters on it because I don't feel like I'm as connected with it as I am like with the controller, which I know a lot of people feel. But I was really just thinking about getting a gaming laptop because Kyle said his was good, but if it's 1600 bucks and I can get a real desktop that would play games even better i should probably mm. do that well so uh, um, in your case 1600 dollars would probably be hard to do if you need to buy a monitor a mouse and a keyboard too i got a mouse and well that's it yep yeah okay yeah oh let's see what yep. kyle has in his pc yeah this might here. be out of date i think i would do a different video card and i'm sure i'm sure you would too But I just, uh, on Reddit, they seem to usually do a good job at, at coming up with these builds. And this was a $1,600 or $1,550 build. Yeah, they've got everything on that website, including a lot is... of upsetting things <laughs> <laughs> on Reddit. Yeah, um, I, I'm really excited about getting to play some of these games to their full potential because that's one thing that I like to do in all aspects of life. Like, if I'm going to do something, let's, let's do it 100%. 
Um, so like, you know, if I'm going to watch a movie, let's watch it in IMAX. If, if I'm going to eat a steak, let's get the triple quarter, the triple, you know, burger or, or whatever it is, you know, I want the big one or the best one. So it'd be nice to like play a game to its uh, full potential. Yeah. Let's, let, let's talk about gaming foods because like I said, you know, gaming definitely starts sucking up a lot of hours. I see Woody over there, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's keeping it light. What is that normally how you get down while you're gaming? Do you have something light to snack on, or do you just sometimes go all out while gaming? If I eat anything, you know, my favorite is sunflower seeds. Uh, it keeps your hands clean. It's a respectable snack, and uh, and it gets it done. <laughs> a respectable snack. Mm-hmm. No one's going to look down their nose at me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Everyone respects sunflower folk. You know? <laughs> Living off the land, off yeah. of David's land, you know? <laughs> Sunflower seeds where it's at, man. I like to get pretty unhealthy. Um, I usually honey roasted if you want. Sorry. I, I guess I'd usually go to some fast food restaurant and just bring back a, bring back like a sack full of food and like sit that right next to me. Um, and in between, you know, if I'm die if I die, I'm watching the kill cam. I'm like, <laughs> all right. And I'm back, like back I'm into back right it. At. Like, like usually Taco Bell because Taco Bell's so damn cheap and you can get like, well, a, like get for cold. I don't mind. I mean, it, there, I get so much that it, that it keeps the heat for a long time. I get $25 <laughs> worth of, of Taco Bell, and when you got so that much... Like, damn, bro. That outer like, layer of food is just a reverse ice pack. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's meant cold. to keep Yeah, and, and I'll just eat out of that bag. Insulation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't usually get the cheap tacos. I, I get like, a, like, like eight or ten of the like specialty items and like make a variety pack over there, and it's, it's usually like 20 25 bucks worth of food for me. Um, I, I like Taco Bell. I, I, I tear Cheez-Its apart. I, I walk through an aisle at the grocery store, and I hear like a chattering and a dull murmur of fear from the, the crackers section because they know I'm coming, <laughs> and they know that I'm one man, but I'm getting the family size. And I'm going to leave acting like it's not just for me, but everyone knows it's But that's, that is my go-to. Like if I'm going to cheat and eat a bunch of shit, like I don't even do like a sampling of different crackers or cookies or something. It's no, just give me like eight pounds of Cheez-Its, and just put it in a barrel next to me, and I'll be fine. I, I eat, like, objectively the best snack. I Love find cheese. it harder to stay thin than I did, like, even three years ago. I'm 43 for your, for your health. And, like, I, I hear the stuff that you guys are snacking on, and I just think, man, like, I just don't feel like I could get away with that. I'm constantly... How many, how many meals do you eat a day, though? Like, when I snack well, on Cheez-Its, yeah. like, if I eat a whole family-sized <laughs> box of Cheez-Its, it's because, like, I was at work all day, and I come home, and, like, there's no dinner, and there's nothing I want to eat, and it's like, I'm just going to eat this. Like, that's what, that's what uh, my calories for the day are. And you never feel good the next day, and you have a very uncomfortable shit, because there's no nutrition, it's just empty going mm, through you. But, I've, like, you, don't, you can't stay in... You can't not get to be a big, fat fuck if you're adding a family-sized box of Cheez-Its on top of, like, regular food. Or if Kyle's having, like, a well-rounded dinner, and then he goes and gets Taco Bell. Like, the way it's sustainable is because, especially with Kyle, he splurges a lot, but he also goes, like, 20 hours without eating yeah. often. Yeah. That's real. That's real, bro. Yeah. I, I, I eat two or three me- uh, meals a day, so if, if I were to throw Cheez-Its on there, that would be, like, extra, <laughs> you know? I don't skip many dinners. I eat, I, when I was in LA, I um, and they they kept asking me. They're like, "Hey, it's it's lunchtime. You ready for lunch?" Because like even like the the guys who seemed well off were excited about the free lunch that that comes at the movies. Uh-huh. Uh, when, when you're making a movie, they're like, "They're here with the free food. Did you hear?" And I'm just like, "What is this? Like free free pretzel day on the office? Like I don't give a fuck about your five dollars worth of free food. Like like I, I mean, no offense to anyone. Enjoy it, everyone. But I, I don't care. It's five dollars worth of free food. It's not. 
I'd rather go up and sit in my dressing room and like over the lines or like take a quick nap. So I didn't eat the whole time I was there more um, for breakfast or lunch. And then one day, uh, filming went till twelve thirty in the morning Pacific time. So three thirty in the morning my time, and I hadn't eaten. And I'm just sitting over there like drinking espressos, just sh- just shaking, mm, hoping that, in, <laughs> just hoping that they don't need to like see my hand do anything. Because like if there's a scene where I'm like, "Fuck you," I would just be like. Just they're like talking in the corner. I, I think Kyle's an alcoholic. You know, yeah, yeah. Been there all day. He hasn't been drinking, shaking all over the place. <laughs> I can't really but, relate, man. Like, I never really go 24 hours without eating, unless I'm like on a survival trip. <laughs> I can't. Uh, if you hit like 18 hours or like 16 hours of not eating, have you ever not eaten long enough that your appetite goes away yeah, and your yeah, body yeah. is almost saying, mm. like, I told this fucker for two thirds of a day to eat, and he's not eating. I'm done. I'm done. That so eat every day eats. at 3 p.m. <laughs> Every single day that happens, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not, I don't want to eat. Yeah. Uh, 3 like, p.m. feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't eat breakfast or lunch almost ever. I mean, if we're if we're somewhere, if we're traveling, like I'll eat all three or four or five meals now, or something like that. What if she delivered the chocolate covered strawberries right to you? Would you still resist? Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. If I'm being honest, I don't care for those. Oh. Um, yeah. Said, man, man, fuck your chocolate covered strawberries. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is good I, stuff. The thing about chocolate covered strawberries is it's one of those combinations that I think Kyle will agree and most people disagree with us but it's like you take two great things and they're not as good together I'd rather just actually work every time I bite one it like shatters and falls all over me and then I've got like three quarters of just a strawberry and some like pieces of chocolate in my hand and I'm just like all right make Taylor happy because they (laughs) separate into two better things yeah you always have with any kind of chocolate covered fruit or anything that's juicy you always have like just an a tenth of a second of of the goodness and then it's like everybody has like the panic lean forward of like oh this is up i should have known it's another fruit covered in sugar i knew it was gonna explode and get all over me but um, yeah if i'm gonna eat a dessert i'm gonna eat a real dessert like when i was when i was in la i really did eat like shit because like i said every day i it would be that night and i'd get a meal and when you're in hollywood um the delivery options are endless and amazing i would go on grubhub and there would be 45, 50 restaurants between like three in a three mile radius, and it was every single category that they had available. There was a there were four dessert restaurants that that were like bakeries with like different like a dozen kinds of cakes and fifteen different kinds of pie. So every night I was just killing it, eating like two servings of like Penang curry from a Thai place and three Thai teas. Or um, uh, one night I, I ate a whole eighteen inch pizza by myself. It was so fucking good. It took me like three hours, but I ate the whole damn thing. <laughs> So I ate like shit in L.A. It was great. It was my favorite yeah. part about that whole trip. You were kind of in a in a less than ideal mood in L.A. when you were there in your shitty place. We were talking, playing Company of Heroes late one night, and Kyle was just like, and I'm just sitting here by myself. You didn't get on to play until an hour after you said you would, and now you're on here and we're playing, and I'm alone, and it's cold, and someone could just hop in this window and burgle me if they wanted to. You, yeah. were, you were in a, a very sad place. I, that that first trip, I really was. I was so lonely. They they kept putting me in these shitty places um, that I didn't want to be in, and I was just fucking, you know, nothing to do. Fucking like and no, Cindy, no, fucking yeah. Cindy. Oh, she got <laughs> cursed out. She got cursed out eventually. I heard. See, uh, so Damon, for your for your benefit, I went and filmed a small movie in L.A. Uh, like over the last couple weeks, and um, they usually I get put in really nice places. It's usually a hotel, but for some reason they're into like doing uh, Airbnb. 
which sometimes works out really good and sometimes works out real fucking bad. And I was in like three shitty places in a row before they put me in a nice apartment uh, in Hollywood or something uh, at the end. But yeah, yeah, I was I was a little depressed that first week all by myself out there just playing that fucking video game all alone. That's how I got you got way it. better at Company of Heroes, though. <laughs> yes, I did. Look at the plus side to those negative situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, definitely got better at the game uh, being all by myself. But this last trip out there was better. I liked the apartment a lot better. It had 15 by 15 internet, which is good enough to do anything and everything. Um, you know, there was so much delivery food. Uh, even the you know the doorman was nice. It was a nice building I was in. There, I didn't you know there weren't scary people around uh, everywhere that looked like they could fuck me up. They, that that first place was just like a slum. It really was. I feel like I was just hanging out with like the dregs of society. Um, and like I, I didn't even want to walk out the the door to like go get some air because there were so many homeless in that part of town. So yeah, I thought I, it was especially funny because like I've never been in a movie or been in that environment. And so when I heard like you texting me like I'm going to L.A. to film a movie, I'm like, oh man, like he's gonna be high fiving Robert Downey Jr. like <laughs> finger banging Scarlett Johansson between takes, like he's gonna be doing whatever he wants. And then, he hops on the camera later that day. I thought they'd be putting him up in like a, 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 a king's palace, you know, a penthouse. And he hops on and it's a desolate little hovel with no decorations on the walls. Not even like that taupe color on the wall that you get in a reasonable oh, home. White. No love. Insane <laughs> asylum white with just a, a mattress laid on the ground and a spare mattress just leaned up against the wall. No windows. <laughs> Just cardboard put over the windows. In yeah, there effect. was just there was horrific. It was a window. There was just no glass. I don't know how to describe there was that. No then glass. what is a window there, if not glass? <laughs> <laughs> a hole in the wall. Uh, they a put hole a in the wall. wall. Yeah, thank you. And uh, which would normally be a problem, you would think, if you didn't cover it with something. They just had these big fucking holes in the wall with a screen over them. It had a screen. But look, I, that's that's not keeping anybody out of like creeping into my room during the day with bugs. Like all my shit here. Some uh, bugs. Know. Sure, I don't know. It, <laughs> not all. <laughs> it, it was fucking awful. It, it, it was it was absurd, and, and I complained a lot, and, and Kitty complained a lot, and then uh, eventually the the lady responsible for all that shit really got cursed out and totally avoided me afterwards on set. Like she'd see me that's, coming, and she like because we didn't get that. What happened with her getting cursed out? Yeah. Um. So I guess uh, what had happened was when I did. So they they put me in my apartment. Uh. This this most recent time. And a big concern was doing the show. I was like, look, I'll do this movie. I'm happy to go out there and do everything. Um, but I got to do my podcast, and it takes place during these hours every week, uh, and it repeats, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, cool. So they get me to the apartment, and the internet is shit. Like, like it won't work. So I'm like, all right, you got to take me somewhere f fucking else. So there's like three or four people somewhere else coordinating me getting taken somewhere to have better internet to film the show we're doing right now. Not literally, but, you know, last week's show. And, uh... What was arranged was for me to go to Studio 71 and like have my own fucking badass pimp room with like, you know, I got a conference room with this uh, this gigabit internet and like a big table of snacks and a big table of beverages. And I was going to get to meet the people that I technically work for and, and some people that I talk to a lot over the phone and through email and work with business wise, but never have, have gotten to meet. And Cindy sends me to the fucking movie studio instead and i and i'm in that fucking room with like Cindy. it's like a it's like a <laughs> coat closet or something and people like shuffling in and out this lady walked in she was like uh that's my stuff over there and i was just rude as fuck i was like well get it <laughs> <laughs> i was like you know because i'm doing it was, it would be like if a woman walked in this room right now i was like uh that's my stuff over there like i don't have time to cajole you I'm, i was just like get it 
<laughs> fuck you want from me? Go, go, go talk to somebody else. I don't have time for this. So I was just so pissed off. And Kitty was pissed off. He's my manager. And, and, she, and the guy she called who had actually done all the like arrangements at the, at the nice place I was supposed to go. And he had set all this fancy stuff up for me and was actually excited to meet me. He lost his shit finally, and, and he cursed Cindy out and, and really uh, threw her under the bus with her bosses. And, and yeah, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't find out until after the fact, but it makes sense now because on set, like, she wouldn't even look at me or say a word. And up until then, she was always, hi, all perky and fucking acting That's... like I haven't been fucking you over constantly. So it was just... <laughs> the, the not talking to you is the most frustrating part, right? Like, I was hoping... The, the way the story would go is, oh, yeah, she got totally cursed out. Then after that, she was, hey, Kyle, can I get you something? How's your that's room? That's not her job. See, that's Ooh. not her job anyway. Like, like, like she's got a bigger job. Like, like there, there was no reason. she. What's her job? I, I don't know, but she was my driver's boss. Like, she was, she was, she was a coordinator. Senior driver. Yeah. Backseat driver. Yeah. <laughs> he was just a driver. You know, you don't just do one she thing. She was a producer. Everybody had, like, four jobs. You know what I mean? Was like, she a producer? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I doubt that, um, but um, in any case, uh, fuck, fuck her. You know, she was bad at her job. I was glad that she, I didn't have to deal with her anymore because she, ne you know, it, she's the kind of person who's so fake when she comes up and talks to you that I know that you're being fake. And I, at so, after a while, I stopped playing along and be like, yeah, you know how it is. And I was just straight faced, like, she'd be like, how's it going? La, 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 la. And I was like, fine. I. Yeah, you know, if you want to develop a rapport with someone, you got to match the mood, right? Come a little close. You need, like, don't go, if I'm at zero, don't come in at 100, baby, you know? Well, like, like, hey, I know, it, like, like, I feel like nobody had imparted on her just how fucking mad I was because there's so many filters between me and her that none of my rage was getting back to her. Like, I'm on the phone with Kitty cursing. I'm fucking screaming and making threats and talking about what I'm going to do if they don't fucking make this right, and I'm going to fucking lose my mind, and, well, maybe I'll just go fucking see the sights tomorrow. I just might not make it in. So, like, <laughs> you know, I'm just losing my shit. And, uh, and, but meanwhile, she's all like, oh, Herbie had a little issue. <laughs> and finally, I was just like, yeah, we had a lot of issues. And, I, and, I, and just in a, just straightly, I was just like, you know, this problem, that problem, this problem, that problem. And she'd be like, well, I guess we got all that sort of, I'm like, I wasn't finished yet. There was also this problem, that <laughs> problem, this problem, that problem. And finally, she was just kind of bitched the fuck out and just, just left and, and never talked to me again. So fuck her. Uh, everybody else them. I worked with was very professional and very good at their jobs. And it was a pleasure working with them. Except but, but she Cindy. was dumbass. Yeah, the complaints you brought up weren't even like, like it's very reasonable to be like I was I didn't under the apprehension that there would be glass in my windows. I thought that there would be one mattress in this room. Like I thought that it wouldn't look like a serial killer's den with scratch marks on the walls and mysterious <laughs> stains about. Yeah. Like they, these were not like, oh my god, a, a regular king size, not a Cali king, you bitch. Like you were not he being wanted, like that. He wanted a whole bowl of green M and M's. What a fucking maniac! You know how many packs I had to go through. Do you know you the know? story behind that? That uh, was a uh, Rolling Stone or someone, right? They the wanted Stones? to make sure that they were just reading it or saying it was kind of a. It was like a contract test, right? That's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. So, so Van Halen, if I have the story right would ask for a bowl of green M&Ms, only green M&Ms in their contract. And apparently the contracts would have a lot of things that they asked for, right? Like we need 240 volt power under the stage. We need 120 volt on top of the stage. We need this, we need that. And some would go through it and like see what they provided and some wouldn't. And that bowl of green M&Ms was their like canary in the coal mine, right? If there's a bowl of green M&Ms, you know they went through the contract and figured out what had to be in order. If there wasn't, they were just like, eh, yeah, you know, this is this concert hall. 
I'm sure it does concert halls things, but they yeah. had light shows and pyrotechnics and needed more than. Stuff. And maybe yeah. if they felt like they were mistreated, they could be like, you know what? I didn't even have my green bowl of green uh, M and M's. That's a contract breaker. I'm out. Sorry, no M and M's, no M and M. I'm out. Like you know, yeah. you, just talk about, you, know? you know, that's where he came with the name, right? It's Marshall Mathers. Those are his initials, and he it, it, and uh, originally he wrote it out M and M, and they were like, Nah, man, M and M's. Uh, the M and M company's gonna fuck you over. You can't be doing that. So he just you know wrote it out phonetically. That's the whole history of his name. Did you did that just hit you, Woody? The M and M. No, no, I oh. I knew that all all along. What? I don't look so crispy to you. What is up? I don't follow like Eminem at all. I like his music when it's on the radio and like his older stuff. But is that has he like totally gone crazy or is he still making music? Or it seemed like he was on the path to like just he's, running off on his own or being like he hasn't had any like like he hasn't had any nutty stuff in a long time you know he's, he had a drug problem for a while with like sleeping pills and pain pills i yeah. think and that's about as bad as it ever got he but he seems to be on dude. he seems he, he rap god came out like last year i think or maybe the year before and did really well um you know he's not the biggest thing in the fucking world anymore but i mean yeah. he even said but he's uh he's still he's still himself and he's still making similar mu- music when, when his album dropped he, he seemed bigger than most Right, you know, I don't know if he's ruling the world like he once did, but he was the talk for yeah. You know, when his album was like, fresh, he's no like I don't know Michael Jackson and never will be, but he's still a name that's more famous than what ninety eight percent of every other artist out there. Like yeah. everyone knows who he is. I'm trying to think who's bigger, Snoop Dogg maybe. Um, uh, I'd say they're on par with as far as fame goes, probably. Like ever, because everybody knows who Snoop Dogg. If you say Snoop Dogg yeah. and say Eminem, to, like a seventy-year-old person or ninety-year-old person in a nursing home, they'll be like, "Oh, I don't understand their music, but I I know who they are." Like they'll kind of be like that. Like they'll at least get it. Yeah, they're famous enough that, it, that if you tell them exactly uh, who the person is, they'll know it. <laughs> uh, I, oh, speaking of that, I, I I got that little line from the fighter and the kid were on the Stern show today. Um, oh. uh, so uh, that that was really cool. Um, they, in the in the post show, they they kind of talked about. Um, they talked about a bunch of stuff. It was really neat. Hey, I have a question. Um, so Stern spoke strongly about how podcasts were stupid and not the way to do anything. He said you need to get yourself on terrestrial radio, get famous, and then once you're famous, you've got options. And um, did we lose Kyle? He froze on my screen. No, he's back. Okay. Robotty. Uh, anyway, um, did they talk about that? Did, did Howard Stern like reiterate or go back on his hate for podcasts? So, so I was driving this morning, and I know he he didn't go back. So, um, I didn't hear that part, but I didn't hear that come up. But I think what he's always said is that he doesn't like that there are thousands and thousands of podcasts that are getting thirty views. He thinks that's stupid because they're kind of they're they're like, hey, I'm a broadcaster too, and you know they're mm-hmm. they're just kind of putting on a show in front of like their cousin and a couple of their friends or something like that. But I think he would be respectful of something the size of what we do and why we've done it because we did all become, sort of become famous in a way and, and then build a following around ourselves and then that's what fuels the podcast. I think what he's always saying is you can't get into this by just saying, hey, here's the Bill Smith show. Come watch and then just start broadcasting. Like You'll never yeah. build an audience that way because there's so many options out there of people who, have, who are already established with either like uh, broadcasting credentials or just internet fame credentials or like the fighter and the kid you know athletic credentials and he's got uh, a storied life and interesting takes on things and lots of cool friends um, we have all those things so I don't think I used to be, be kind of sensitive when Stern would, would talk shit about podcasts 
But then I realized I don't think he's talking about me because in the next, you know, he's saying, you know, you can't make any money at this. There's no way to make money at this. And it's like, well, this thing makes a little bit of money. So he's just not talking about us. So. He may have tempered his opinions on that as well. Because I remember we talked about this months ago and I just looked up a clip on YouTube, just like Howard Stern podcast. And it was just him kind of ripping on it, uh, like saying like, I don't know, maybe he was making fun of Adam Carolla, someone like that. I don't know. But it's like. Maybe he's changed, but he came off as just profoundly petty, misinformed, and totally out of his depth. Like, he does a he lot. came off like a real fucking idiot. And I, I don't know if that's uncommon for him, but he did. It's not. He came that's off the as a complete thing ignorant. That moron. stuck with, my, with me, right? So he was basically saying the internet, you need to get famous. And then once you have fame, once you're Howard, then you have real bargaining power, right? And he seemed to think that the internet was not a platform in which you could get famous. And I'm torn, right? On one hand, this is Howard Stern, right? This is a guy who knows a thing or two about the careers in, in show business. On the other hand, you know, he is, what, 60-something? Yeah. And on the other hand, put him as whatever age he got into radio in 2016, and that dude doesn't make a fucking dent. I... I'll I tell you know. this. He's very good. Put him on, on today's radio. I'm not saying that he won't succeed. I'm just saying that the opportunities in terrestrial radio are not as good as they used to be. So I, I was like, I don't know if I need to diss this guy mm. who's an expert in the field and it's hugely successful, but he's he not, does though. seem like he doesn't I, know. I he's not an expert that, in that field. I think that it hits way mm. too close to home for, for him, to be honest. I think that he realizes, thank God I got into this and I did before everybody and their brother, who was just naturally funnier out there than me, could get a show. And it kind of hits too close to home where he's seeing these people no, who are just not you famous online. You think he doesn't like have talent. No, yeah, he so does. This but I'm a... saying that I think it makes it, I think it threatened him, making him feel like, am I now on the outs? Like, am I not hip with it? No, they're wrong. They're not going to get famous. Terrestrial and fucking satellite radio is a way bigger deal, reaching a tenth of the audience. It's, it's big now. It's 30 million subscribers on satellite radio, which he made a predict. He made that very prediction 10 years ago or something like that, that they would hit that so number. He's at like time. PewDiePie size. Yes, bigger. Uh, well, no, Assuming not quite every as, single person is listening to him. Of course, everybody who subscribes to Siri, well, a lot of them do. Like, he's got two channels, and they're the two most popular channels. And as far as, like, people who have shows, like, there's, oh, there's, there's um, Opie, but uh, his show's not nearly as big as it used yeah, to be. And like, show sucks. Yeah, it, there's really mm -hmm. nobody to compare, to compare him with it at this point. Uh, and, you know, he came up and beat people. You know, it's not like he just rose to power and like there was an empty void for him to fill. He came up against Imus. He came up against like I don't know all those little. He 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 he, he talks about them a lot. These morning show guys that were big in in New York or in or in Los Angeles that that were established that had a had shtick that had a built-in audience already that went back a generation sometimes. And he came in and slaughtered them all. I lived through one of those. Now I, I feel like the Opie Mad Cow, whoever that was, and a few others were like his legendary battles. But there was a Philadelphia Thanks. show called The Morning Zoo, and uh, The Morning Zoo was like a big deal. Like, I remember as a kid, uh, I was in South Jersey, so we bought these, like, extra powerful antennas so that we could get The Morning Zoo and hear all the jokes. It was almost like SNL-type thing where, like, you, if you wanted to be cool and hip, you had to, like, follow sports and know what The Morning Zoo talked about. And... Um, and then Howard came along, and I, I just remember the battles, right? The Morning Zoo people were like, he doesn't know the streets around here. He doesn't know the teams. He doesn't know who the captain of the hockey team is here. He doesn't, you know, he hears Broad Street. He doesn't, he couldn't find it if he, you know, without a cab. And um, 
it was just like just piece by piece they eroded it until he beat him and then the morning zoo i i guess went out of, i don't know they just faded away to me yeah I, I i don't like it when he talks about um when he talks about podcasts um there's a few topics that he'll start talking about and i'll look at whoever i'm in the car with and be like he is so ignorant about what he's talking about watch right now watch any second you're gonna hear you're gonna hear the audio change because gary's gonna get in his ear Gary's going to get in his ear and be like, uh, actually, that PewDiePie guy made $8 million last year on fucking YouTube on ad revenue alone. He has way more subs than we do. So <laughs> chill out on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So the the numbers on the internet are amazing now. Like, it, So I, I've talked about this before. I have been waiting for the internet to have an impact on politics forever, right? For YouTube to have an impact on politics in terms of like fact-checking. Like, oh, now that the YouTube era comes, we're going to see what they said in 1992 and compare it to what they're saying in 2016. We're going to see what they say here and, and compare it to what they say there. People will mix together these videos and it'll have an impact on the race. And then um, it hasn't. Like for, for the last eight years, both races have taken place in the YouTube era. And I don't remember the YouTube really impacting the way that people thought. But well, this year, like Hillary has a video called like there's a video about Hillary called like 13 minutes of Hillary lying, something close to that. <laughs> and um, it's gone viral, right? Like, like everybody's seen it. It's made to the front page of Reddit multiple times. But more than that, like television stations, you know, Fox News and and I guess the Drudge Report and like a couple others are bringing attention to this video showing 13 minutes of Hillary lying. And it's not all straight up lies. Like I have a few, sometimes pe people change their mind. You know, I have, and, and she's been around for so long. It, 1992 was what, how many years ago was that? Eight plus 16, it's 24 years ago. I feel like you can say one thing in 92 and one thing in 2016 and not necessarily be a straight up lie. You know, it's just a change. But um, anyway, the internet now is so big that it impacts everything. I think it was big. I think it was big uh, last time around, but I, I feel like Romney was so unsavvy at at anything internet-wise that that we just didn't notice. But Obama ran a you know he, he, there was Obama girl. There was there was so many there was mm -hmm. so much stuff going on with Obama online. Like he really. I won't say he like threw threw his lasso on it and rode it into the White House like 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 some of the candidates are doing this year. Similarly, I feel like Sanders and uh, 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 Trump had these crazy grassroots movements on uh, passionate movements online that are just incredibly large and incredibly active and very high energy. Um, they're, they're, it's it's absurd, uh, and we haven't seen that before. We were and you keep waiting for them to die out like like a fad, mm -hmm. like we've seen in the past. These these uh, um, what do they call them? Slacktivists. We, we, we keep expecting the slacktivist thing to happen, where it's like, oh, yeah, they, they hung out on the Wall Street steps for two weeks, but then after a while you start smelling and they all went back to their, their basements or whatever. Or less. They clicked like and then moved on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but this time around, it's months and months and months and months into this thing, that, and, and, and all of them are still going strong and, some, and in some ways gaining momentum. And, and, and you see Sanders still uh, either matching or beating Hillary at, at raising money at this late stage of the game when he's... You know, she's the presumptive nominee, and he's still out-earning her in some regards. I feel regards. like Bernie is the current best-case internet scenario, right? And compare that to Ron Paul, the old best-case internet scenario, right? Ron Paul was the darling of the internet, and he was a blip in real life. You know, I don't know, 5%. I made that up, but it's about right. Bernie, on the other hand, call it like 45%. 
you know, to Hillary's 55. With very low negatives. Yeah, he's the new internet's best case scenario. You fast forward four years and winning the internet is winning the race. It may, uh, you may not have to wait that long. Uh, it, it might be this year. You yeah. might have to wait till November and you see that winning the internet w won the race because uh, if I'm an average uh, voter and I look at this thing, it's, I see, I see Trump and I'm like, yeah, he's, he's braggadocious and egocentric and he, and he says things that, that I don't always agree with, but I kind of like this, this, and that. And I like that at least he says what he thinks is true all the time and I, I don't think he'd lie to me. Uh, you know, to make him say, I, I think he'd lie to me in some regards, but I don't think he'd tell the same kinds of lies that a Clinton would tell. Does that make any sense? Like, I feel like well, Trump's it's, lies. It's, I think that people like it most because it's like refreshing that there's so little time between the question and his ridiculous answer, even if it's shitty, where you know that there's no time sitting there like there's no buffer of like a sentence of, well, you know, when, with a question like this, what we all have to sit down and consider before anything is, and then just nonsense while they're waiting for someone to tell them what to say in their ear, he'll just say, nope, don't like it. You know, <laughs> you see even if he's totally wrong, it's still like, all right, all right, at least that's different. John Miller, right? I, I saw him. They're like, you know, hey, did you pretend not to be you as your own publicist, John Miller, speaking on behalf of you but it was really you and he's like what ah that doesn't even sound like me i don't know where you got this that's not me doesn't <laughs> sound like me and i'm like it sounds like him to me i like it. all these inflections and the pauses and the the gravitas it was him it was so him it was totally him and he straight up just flat out lied and denied and i, I bet he'll stick to that forever who cares? Yeah. I love it. I, this has been the most entertaining fucking That's election the thing. of all Dude, time. normally these gaffes would sink a politician. Yeah. Trump runs on gaffeline, right? He just... <laughs> fucking bulletproof. Yeah, fucking, it doesn't matter. Dude, he is, he's, he's a political terminator he and it's came fucking out hilarious. with his um, college plan. Did you hear it? Um, no, let, I, I did Let I, me see if I can outline it a, a little better. But basically what he wants is for colleges to have some skin in the game in the loan business. And the outcome of this will be twofold. One, prices should start to matter a little more because if people default, then the college will suddenly care. Whereas today, the government is in the loan business and the college just receives the money. Two, if people don't finish college, there's gonna be three now, if people don't finish college, the college doesn't care. Right? You know, if you go and drop out your sophomore year, the college has no skin in the game. They don't care how hard it is for you to pay back that loan. They didn't lend it to you in the first place. And third, if you go for a major that doesn't set you up for a job, then the college doesn't care about that. You know, so every damn counselor in the school is like, you know, if your passion is English literature, you should pursue that hard. You know, do you love gender studies? Is that what you daydream about all day and night? You should pursue a degree in gender studies. And then Romanian literature? Of course. Let's get you a degree in that. Yeah. Now there's one employable job for that on earth. Fast forward <laughs> no, I don't love all the Trump plans. Damon's new I'm, I'm here praising him. But this um this one particular thing he's saying where he's like, yeah, you know, if colleges had some skin in the game, they would be turning out people who were prepared to get jobs that could pay back loans. I think, huh, like that, that could guide an entire nation towards more employable choices. And that's, yeah, I like that one. That one sounds good. That And it makes sense. And it seems easily implementable. Unlike Sanders, who's just like, I'll pay for it. I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> 
You you Romanian literature? Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> By I I mean you, but still, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I All right. I think it is time to tell everyone about these fabulous movement watches. I've got mine on a tater right now. That's where I keep it for safekeeping. The past few months we've been working uh, a lot with movement watches. We love them. You guys love them. So I ask myself, why do I only have one? So you see, Movement Watches, uh, watches offers uh, different bands, different faces, and different styles for each of their watches. Uh, uh, movement Watches started only $95. Uh, so do some quick math. You could have multiple Movement Watches, and it would still be a better deal than having just uh, one department store watch. Get a blue one, a white one, maybe sandstone is your thing. Whatever your style is, Movement has watches and bands to match uh, every outfit in your arsenal. There's no, there are no hassles. Just order online with free shipping, free returns, and, tw and a 24-month warranty. So join their more than 1 million social media followers and get a movement watch today. Go to mvmtwatches.com slash pka today, and they'll give you 15% off your entire purchase. That's mvmtwatches.com slash pka. Um, I really like this thing. Um, I got it on my tater right now, but that's just so I won't lose it. And uh, I, I really did just get a second one. I think that thing's on the way. I, uh, I got a gold one this time. It's kind of the, the opposite of this flat black one. I wore mine uh, yesterday. Went to Hope's Speech and Debate Award Ceremony. Wanted to step up my look a touch. Threw on the movement watch. By the way, thank Happy. you from whoever sent me this tater. Uh, I really <laughs> appreciate it. If anyone else wants to send me random things, that's where you do it. Yeah. So that guy actually shipped you just a potato with stamps on it? Potato, precious! Yeah. <laughs> Potato. Damon, have you been doxxed? Have people been showing up at your door, sending you pizzas? Nah, man. I, cause I keep a low profile uh. and where it is that I live. I'm not even in a bad neighborhood. But trust and believe, no, nobody's coming over here. <laughs> no, no time soon. No time soon. It's all about keeping a low profile, man. You know, It's easy to find anybody on the internet to begin with. I mean, unless you are in a nice little compound and you have all type of crazy security going on around that compound people are gonna find you if they're looking for you but um if you if you're into certain things in life nobody's really coming for you I have that's, a that's theory probably, about, probably about this. the best way I can put it I think that the reason that people aren't sending pizzas and SWAT teams and whatever to your house one you're real likable but two you're not doing gaming if you were doing True. gaming, if you were playing Call of Duty, SWAT team be knocking on your door. <laughs> David, crack him in. <laughs> heard, oh, yeah, that's what they would say. I heard you got cracking <laughs> there. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. David's yeah. like, David's like, David like, oh, please, David's sir, like, come to the house today. <laughs> it's like, what planet are you from? The SWAT team, ba they don't knock. They do. <laughs> they call ahead. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there playing COD, and the door explodes. <laughs> that's what happens. Uh. <laughs> I'm lucky because they only put one in my leg. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, I heard a joke. Are you ready? Run it. Uh... Why are the police like a box of chocolates? You got me with that one, bro. Because they'll both kill your dog. <laughs> Thanks. That's actually okay. That that wasn't bad. Oh, we're going somewhere else. <laughs> no, no, I was expecting for us to go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm keeping it light. He's like, I'm gonna keep it light this week. <laughs> Whenever he goes into one of those, I like to like remove my face from this video capture. <laughs> <laughs> when you know during the, the the deposition when this is being played in court that i'm not even present they're like well that cop guy wasn't even there we don't need him today <laughs> yo fellas do you guys remember 
the turning point of your channels. The one video that was the turning point. I shared mine already. Yeah, I uploaded one in like 2014, and I was just like, that's it. I'm done with this. Like, <laughs> 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 it's a wrap. It's over. Uh, I, I, I started it. putting up more just of my own self ranting about stupid shit, like just for fun, like not trying to get back into the YouTube scene or anything. But it just got to a point where it was like, I'm not really having the fun that I had with it. That I like, I, I used to get excited, like, because I started it when in college. So I'd get home from class and I'd have nothing to do for a while and so I'd be like I'm gonna make a video like this is fun and so I had a great time with that for a few years and it got to be a point where I was be sitting around just like Ugh, I don't want to play Nazi zombies again I don't want to talk about what the fuck else like there's nothing to even say and so I just kind of stopped which was a little douchey I should have made a goodbye video but you know hindsight's twenty twenty. Oh, you just you got that done now. Um, I would say there was a bunch of them, like like because it's it's like different stepping blocks, you know. The the first step at, at first, like you said a minute ago, that first time you break a thousand views, it's like holy shit, a thousand fucking people. You know, you yep. probably told your, your 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 sibling or your parent or something like a thousand fucking people watched me do a thing. You know, that's pretty nuts. Um, and then as I, you know, with gaming stuff, I remember the first gaming video I made that got a quarter million views on my channel. And then, you know, the first one that got a million views on, on the Machinima channel. And then, you know, when I, I transitioned from gaming stuff into like real firearms and explosives and stuff. And, you know, there was the video, the first video that got 3 million and the first one that got 10 million and the first one that got 25 million or whatever. You know, there, there was a bunch of them, um, little things along the way. There was a month when I got like a, 120 million views or something and, and one July or something crazy like that. So. Um, little stepping blocks al along the way. Little, you never know, like you said, why something is going to go ult go from like kind of viral to ultra viral. Maybe it gets picked up by a television station or a newspaper. Or it's on G4 or um, you know Reddit is a great one. You know you get you get stuck on the front page of Reddit and uh, you're, you're on there. It, the the way the al the Reddit algorithm used to work, you'd be on there for a very long period of time. It seems like now. Uh, I was on, I, I think a little clip of me doing something, a gif or a gif, depending on if you're an asshole or not, was on there last week uh, of me like shooting some, some shotgun rounds. And that was on the front page, but it was off in six or eight hours or something like that. It used to seem like you got on there and it rode for a day, like 24 full hours. So I remember the helping hands I got. Like, um, I, I think I got my first like thousand subs on my own. And that's about when I did a dual com with Wings of Redemption. And that, you know, gave me a bump. And then somewhere around 11,000 subs. What, I missed something. <laughs> I just made up a hand signal for Wings of Redemption. Okay. Uh, and then somewhere around 11,000. I was going to do a dual com with Hutch. And uh, um, I, respectfully, I, I think that he just had a lack of energy around it. So he actually gave me the, the login and password to his channel. And he's like, you know what? Just log in, upload a video on your own. It's cool. And uh, Hutch was like king of gaming at the time. It was like PewDiePie's password. And uh, I remember I was like, holy shit. Like, I just got Zeus's lightning bolt. Like, I could do shit. I could like videos. I could, you know, I didn't do anything bad. <laughs> all, of his, all of his content. Yeah. You know, at the, one video at a time and just kill them all forever. Yeah. At the time, if Quickly you liked a video, password. it would like put it on that channel's homepage's feed. And that would drive, you know, like he, he had some real like power, but I didn't abuse it. But I did upload my own video and it, it, like I, I want to say the impact of it is I got from like 11,000 subs to 17. And um, and then I went from there, like 17,000. I was jelly. I, I, oh, really? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a huge deal. You went from like, I mean, like like you said, from like ten to like a seventy percent increase. You know, at a time when you had ten thousand, something like that. It was like yeah, eleven to seventeen. It was stuck in my head. I'm not sure about that. And then um, the next like one point two million subs, I just got on my own, like just by uploading, uploading, uploading. There was a period when Black Ops One dropped. I I done a video called Shucks You. You know the CeeLo Green song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I made one about noob tubes in Call of Duty from after Mod War Two, and then um, right at the start of Black Ops One, because I bought the game early, I had a couple good tips, and uh, you know just that combined with that, I had a few million view videos in a row. It was great. The and, g- it, the game rolled out. Everybody mm-hmm. gets home with their copy. And everybody's wanting to watch a video to learn how to do a thing. And all of a sudden, Woody has a music video from the last game, kind of saying goodbye to it. And, and fuck you at the same time to the last game with all of its, moder- all of its uh, one-man army noob tubes and such. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then at the same time, and, and that's riding high on his channel, kind of doing some front-page stuff and bringing traffic in. And then he hits them with like three or four informative, uh, to-the-point videos that were one-of-a-kind, all four or five of them. And it was big. You did really well at the beginning of the. Of yeah, that. I was what I was like top five growing channels on YouTube. Yep. And uh, like I look back on that and and almost forget like I, I was never higher than the hundred and twelfth. That's where I peaked. I was the hundred and twelfth largest channel on YouTube. But in terms of views and subs, I was routinely like in the forties to sixties, like in you know in views and subs. Uh, yeah, back the when time. they had the little medals on the bottom of your I channel, missed those. it would be like number forty-five most subscribed, number sixty-three most viewed today. When I, when I <laughs> just silly stuff. When like I that. when I got to like three hundred thousand subscribers, I completely dominated all the Russian categories there were to dominate, like every single one of them. And Russia Today, the news organi- organization, lobbied uh, YouTube to remove me from the category because they were tired oh. of being number two at everything. Yeah, <laughs> That okay. makes sense, though, because you're just a pretend Russian, and they're actually like a <laughs> Russian news tomorrow. organization. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, 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 I thought that was, a, that was even better, that like I'm coming in here being a Russian that any fucking Russian can be at this yeah. game. Now these goddamn capitalists are pretending to be us for money. <laughs> I'm better at being you than you are. Fuck yeah. off, Ivan. <laughs> Ivan. Let, 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 let's take it there for a moment because I know what happens with a lot of uh, you know just YouTubers in general. H- have you ever hit that point of I don't want to do it anymore, but yet you just kept going on because of your subscribers? What I, in the bedroom? You mean? Of course not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I get that feeling every day about like five or six different things. Like like I. This morning, my, my alarm clock goes off at, at like 8 or whatever, and I went to bed last night at 4.30, so it's just like I hit the 10-minute snooze, and then it goes again, and it's like, it's make or break now. You don't have 10 more minutes, so it's just like, all right, I have to get up and start moving and doing all the things that make my day to come together, and I have to do it, so do it. So I, I force myself along drudgingly through most tasks that, in life. You know, I, I really, I'll have to piss really bad, and I'll be like, I could wait a little longer. <laughs> I know you just, you just took that to like a morbid place, like you know. Yeah. What I'm saying? I, I didn't say like to kill yourself. I'm just talking with your YouTube channel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you ever got to that point where you're like, you know, I just don't. As far as YouTube, I don't want to do it. I hit it hard. So I used to upload every day. Uh, I uploaded every day for like a thousand days in a row, right? Like a lot of people upload every day, and they're like, after a year, they take their break. No, man, a thousand days in a row or more, uh, uploading every day. But that's third wife. He is so dedicated to YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's, That's not true at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, really, like, part, a couple things happened. One, I, I didn't need the money like I once did. 
and um uh to i i guess uh the feedback like the that was positive feedback you know would would drive me to make more content it made me feel good about what i was doing and i would start getting negative feedback and it was like why am i doing this you know i don't need the money people are giving me shit i'd get less shit if i didn't do it there's the ticket and um i never stop stop people would always dog me like why'd you quit youtube why'd you quit youtube and i'm like man i made like five hours of videos this week why don't you go at jenna marvel she made seven minutes of video this week like you know <laughs> i i never felt like i quit i just eased off but um i can see why they say that because I, I used to upload daily now. and because they're assholes that yeah i have i think um a uh, a meaner subscriber base than most i think that comes with gaming to be fair like I think no it, there's be something critical. you know we could we could dissect the perfect storm uh that created woody's uh fan base for an hour and i've thought of, about it a lot and i bet woody's thought about it even more about what brought this group of assholes together um you know there, there's a well, lot of really nice <laughs> no, <laughs> right there's a lot of really great fans out there not just woody's gamer tag fans but the pka fans who, who, mm -hmm. who watch us every weekend they're incredibly supportive and they want to be they feel like they're part of the show and when i meet them in real life they know how to pick up a conversation so that it's like they're a member of the show and, and and they know they know me so well already that they know my life and what's going on and they get to be like so how's it coming with you know restoring that that car that you're working on i'm like oh it's going really well we got some you know we're, we're hitting it with some 220 grit right now making everything smooth you know they know what's up we've got great fans but there is a small minority of real motherfucking pieces of shit out there who are just <laughs> Um, spoiled, rotten, and um, uh, help me out here. They, 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 very they, unpleasant. Entitled. That's what I was searching for. They're very entitled. They feel like they're entitled to whatever it is that they don't feel that Woody is providing at that moment. They're, they're, they're just fucking, they're that four-year-old kid at the buffet whose parents never taught them to, like, be a reasonable person, and they're just, you know, causing a fucking scene, being obnoxious, and nobody saying anything. And that's them as adults now. You know, they're, they're, they're 15 to 25 years old, and... and my, you know, I, I wish they weren't such, such jerks. I bet they don't know they're jerks. They, my they video, probably think that they're just snarky. My video today was a miss, right? So I've been making daily vlogs almost five days a week. And not every day is really fascinating, right? And my Thursday, like I didn't, something about the fact that I had to leave in the early afternoon had me just do less all day. So, uh, so I did a little bit of work in the stable and then I drove to... Uh, uh, my oh, daughter's award ceremony, which is where I had to go. And my daughter is this award-winning speaker, right? She competes, and I say speech and debate, but she does the speech part of it. And I filmed her doing one of her routines, and I included it in my daily vlog. And uh, I had talked about it here and there, so I thought there'd be a big curiosity about it. My gosh, right? All sorts of, like, like they're dogging her, giving her a hard time. Listen, she got, like, fucking triple ruby sealed this year like i hardly know what that means but i know no one else did she led her team in national forensic league points this year and last year she's good she got invited to nationals we're flying out to sacramento on friday or you know eight days from now um and they're all like yeah woody really exaggerated how good she is i think you just don't know what you're looking at you know, like there's rules like she has to read it. She can't memorize it. She can't move her feet. She this is that, you know, it, she was a little far from the mic compared to where I'd like her to be. She had a mark on stage where she was supposed to be so she could be in the light. Um, they just, they're, but they were dogging her. And like one 
dipshit was on the PKA subreddit, he made like a five-page paragraph thing about how my last vlog was the worst one I've ever made and all the things he needs to see for me to get back. Get the and for some reason, you read it. He's like I have citing not... sources. Uh, he was a dick. He was such a dick. And and uh, you, so you say like, oh, we've dissected why Woody's fan base is the way it is. And like you said, not all of them. If you're out here being no. like Woody's dogging on me, maybe I'm not dogging on you, right? But this guy, don't come back. If you don't like my videos, don't come back. Don't just sit here and rip me, rip the fuck out of me, you know? Cause, and um, I think it's because of the sort of thing I'm doing right now, like proving that I read it. Uh, make, making... Yeah, I don't know why you do that. I, yeah, like, I, I, first of all, it's how I'm wired. I don't know. It's been months since I've been on that. No, you, you you can't get blood from a stone. Uh, you know, you, you put your best foot forward. I I, I I don't go on there. I don't read their drivel. Uh, you have to keep in mind that many of them are literally children. Literally children. You know, if you encounter them in real life, you would really discount their opinions about things. You might listen to them because you are a polite adult. But you would walk away and be like, can you believe that kid? <laughs> you hear what he said? Well, he's 25. <laughs> right? And we'd like slap each other on the back and laugh about how you'd be living on welfare or something like that, you know? Or how you're going to fail at life. It's, there's a lot of them are children. And, and maybe you won't fail at life. Maybe you'll just mature up in four or five or six years. And you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll look back on this. And you'll be like, man, I was kind of a shithead. I know, Taylor, you've described the same thing, that, that when you matured somewhere between, say, 18 and, and where you are now, 24, 20, 25, right? That, that, that you look back at 18-year-old you and you're like, man, I was kind of a dick, wasn't I? I thought I knew what was what, and I was all wrong. And I know I yeah. did. I, the same is true for me. You know, I look back at the, the thoughts I had when I was 19-year-old me, and, and I thought I had this figured out and that figured out, and I was really ignorant about a lot of I things. I like Taylor's parenting advice to be meaner to your children. Yes, <laughs> I, I I still stand by that, you know. That, <laughs> not not really, and I don't think I said be meaner to your children. I'm paraphrasing. I just said, don't don't be as coddling, you know, because I I grew up in the generation. I think Kyle probably caught the beginning of it, where you know my my dad was not one to play into the whole like everybody gets a trophy. Like, aren't you happy, Taylor, that you get one too? Like, no, that that trophy got screened at dad and never saw me. Like that. It, unless I won or something like he, he was not about that but I lost it was crying and it was depression and it was it, it was a, a, a terrible thing as it, it made you be. want to get better when you lose it should be terrible because losing and being a loser is a terrible thing and you should aspire to never have that happen to you but it's going to happen so get used yeah. to it and fight I, through because that's there's a balance to be struck. even as a child I like if I was playing soccer and I, like they did bring out the big tray of participation trophies for all the kids like even as like a six-year-old, I, I felt like I was being made fun of, and like condescend. Like a six, eight-year-old, I was thinking like, "This is they. They think I'm so dumb that I forgot that we lost the game." Like that's how they. <laughs> now, think if of I'm me. a parent, wow, right, crazy. and you're my you know? kid, then I don't necessarily go hard on you because you don't need it, right? On the other hand, if you take your participation participation trophy and say, "Look, Dad, I'm the bomb." Then, uh, Damon, you see my, my hip references? Look, Dad, I'm the bomb. Uh, then, uh, <laughs> then I might be like, eh, you're a firecracker yeah. at best. Case That's case. a participation trophy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I never encountered any of that. Um, it was always, <laughs> when, when I lost, it was, a, it was bad. Um, and nobody coddled me. Um, it, it maybe, maybe too much so. Maybe, you know, it was, it was a bad thing when you lost. It, it, you had done poorly and you were treated a little bit poorly. Oh. Like, you know, yeah. it, it wasn't like it was, ha, look what he, you see, every, everybody see Kyle trip when he was running into home. 
<laughs> uh, no, Gary Johnson's sad. kid would have fucking tripped. He had a double last week. You know, it wasn't like that, but it was like that wasn't any good. You're, you're not, you know, you're you're tucking your head or you're you're not following through. You're you know, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. We got to work on this. Let's go out this weekend. Let's 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 get in the batting cage. You know, yeah, it, did it you would ever be get critique like on your technique and stuff afterward from your dad. Like take. Like yeah, criticism. and I injured my fucking throwing arm, and 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 it was a problem, and it still <laughs> clicks to this day. I, yeah, I want to talk, Damon. I'll ask kissing aside. You have a vibe about you that strikes me as cool, right? It, 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 mm. In high school, how did that work for you? Did you have that going on? Were you popular? Were you, did everyone love your jokes? It, like, what's high what school you? Man? It took a minute to get here. I'm a lot of a lot of people don't know. I was born and raised a Jehovah Witness, so I was a kid that in church. My Tuesdays, my Thursdays, my Saturdays, my Sundays. It was Bible study. It was knocking on your doors. You know, seven a.m., eight o'clock in the morning. I carried that with me through the better half of high school. So I pretty much kept to myself when I decided to disassociate myself and venture off into the world. Is when I slowly started changing, and I think. More so when I became a certified asshole, which I call myself today, that's when everything completely changed. And it kind of works for me only on YouTube because like, I came into the game with that, that exterior shell. I tell individuals you have to have that hardened shell if you plan on sitting there really reading comments all day long because people are going to pretty much tear you apart. But the more positive that you actually put onto the universe, eventually it's going to come back to you. So I can be evil and upset and mad about life as I'm going through life and nitpicking on every negative thing that actually happens. But instead, I'll just keep on putting out those, those, those sunshines, even when I'm getting that smoke blown up my ass because I know it's coming. You know what I'm saying? I still remain positive through it all and just try to help individuals along the way. So it actually just it works in my favor. That's a good attitude to have. That's, I that's, like that's, it. That's, that's great. Right, I, I definitely yeah. try you know, about every, the Jehovah's every day is going to be a little bit different than last, but you know, you just you got to figure it out. And when you have, like I said, myself, I have two girls, so everything they see me do, you know, I try to make sure it reflects in a positive way. You're not going to win every single day, but the thing is, you're going to get another chance to do better than the day before, God willing. If you're above ground, you make it count. Hmm. So about the Jehovah's Witness thing, you were raised that way. Were you all in up until high school, or did you kind of like mentally check out and kind of just had to stick with it for a while because of your family? Were you pretending? No, I was, I mean, I would say it's about my sophomore year. I was all in. I remember, I remember giving my first talk in front of the congregation at seven years old, you know what I'm saying? So talking in front of large amounts of individuals, and it never ever bothered me. And when I actually had to start doing it in my adult years, people were like, are you not nervous? I'm like, no, because this is how my life started. It started talking in front of large congregations, large groups of people. So I was just kind of used to it. But year round sophomore year, I, I checked out, man. I was the ladies started coming in. I was <laughs> ready to go ahead and start dealing with the ladies on a different level. So you you could either go through the mental and emotional battle with yourself of trying to remain in the congregation and then deal with the ladies, or you're gonna have to cut one off so you can go out there and, and learn for yourself. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for the for the Jehovah's Witnesses because I feel like there's a lot of Christians out there who 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 talk a big game. But uh, I had a friend that I worked with who was a Jehovah's Witness. He was from Haiti, and I think there's a there's a high population of them there. 
and uh, and he was talking about going out every weekend. You only get one. We we sold cars. You get one day off a week at tops. Some a lot of times you just work through it. Um, but he would spend his one day off, you know, going door to door doing his thing. And I was like, that's a hallmark of a believer. Like if this guy was half-assing this or or or, or for whatever reason, and there are many that people go go toward religion, but maybe don't have it in their heart. Like this guy's mm-hmm. a true believer. I have a lot of respect for that. And and for, and as and far for as what like he did, intensity of belief, you know, like the the craziest, like most like into it, Jehovah's Witness out there. That's just like all they think about. The, the the worst they're gonna do to you still is like knock on your door and maybe bother you for a couple minutes until you say to leave. You know, like there's no mm-hmm. threat of like. Oh my hey, God! Like, there's a bunch of extreme Jehovahs downtown. We better avoid this, the area. <laughs> so that's not one that Mormons do the same thing, where they go around and go on missions. They actually kind of they put their money where their mouth is, as far as what they believe. Last week, I was wishing that a Jehovah's Witness would come knock on my door. I was so lonely. Uh, I was like, man, I wish someone would try to come spread the word right now. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I'd love to sit down and pray with somebody right now. Come on in. Right just, just start explaining. Kyle said he was like, kind of looking out the blinds, trying to wave people down. Yeah. I see you guys across the street. Come on yeah. over. Come on over. Hey, Senator over here. Senator over here. Need some saving. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could use a little salvation right there, right about then. It was, it was awful. I, I really dislike LA, and I, and I hate that we we talked about this a bit on PKN, and I don't, I don't want to shit talk one of the largest countries in the world, but man, I don't care for it, and I've been to a lot of the countries in this country, See. all the major ones, I believe. Um, I don't think I've been to St. Louis, um, and that's a pretty big city, but I, I, most by, of them. Yeah. The whole East Coast, the and the whole South, and the whole Southwest. Have you been to Philly? Northeast. Yeah. What'd you do I, there? I uh, had a three-hour layover. I uh, okay. I got out, <laughs> ran and got. I no no. I but I wanted a Philly cheesesteak, so I got out and uh, and went, 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 went got a taxi. And I was like, hey, I'm here for three hours. Let me get a Philly cheesesteak. And he was like, I got the spot. And then I realized it was like cheese whiz and old beef. And I was like, Pat's and Gino's. <laughs> it was that's all right. What that's what a real Philly cheesesteak is, I think. Is it has? Is it? Has I told him I wanted it to be authentic. I, I was like, I want like, I want the cheesesteak that you would get, right? Like, you know, I don't want some touristy bullshit. Don't send me to where there's a line of eighty people like taking their photos and selfies and stuff. Like, take me to go get a cheesesteak, and yeah. it was okay, but I felt like it was a bit of a wasted trip. I think it's overrated. Cheesesteaks and like po' boy sandwiches are things that people ate because there was nothing better. Like, if you go back yeah. into whatever time they were making Philly cheesesteak for dinner after their steel factory, like, if they had real sliced cheese, they wouldn't have used the canned stuff. They yeah, that's, like, that's, throw that that's definitely some poor people food, yeah, I guess, when you think about it. And now it's just become trendy, and, and everybody's like, yeah, it's, a, it's an authentic Philly cheesesteak. And, and really it's just like, yeah, I mean, that's cheese whiz and, like, low-grade beef you're eating there. <laughs> yeah, you're just not appreciating it, man. When you were talking about that, uh, that po' boy, the best po' boy I ever had when I was in New Orleans, we're out there filming when I did my television show back in 2013, and I was in the French Quarter, and that was the first time I had a shrimp po' boy. That, that just, it just blew my mind. It's like, I can't have a po' boy from anywhere else but <laughs> New Orleans. That, that's it. It's good food down there. Uh, um, I was down there where they had the oil spill, uh, what do they call it, the something coast, um, the Gulf, not, not the Gulf Coast, it's... Um, I can't think of the the specific area where that oil spill really impacted uh, down there in uh, in Louisiana, and uh, I remember we stopped at this place and the food was amazing. I'd never had like real like uh, Cajun food and just the everything from the gumbo the, and jambalaya, all that stuff. It was so fucking good. I loved it. Oh, yeah. Cajun food's great. I all those, like those there. big boils that they do, where they just have like a big pot full of crabs and corn and and yes. uh, andouille yes. sausages and all that, and they just yeah. dump it out in little bits like. Uh, corn on the cob I, in there. Oh, that's the best meal. I, I love how it's just a mess, and you can just 
Yeah. It's like if you're eating ribs in public, but someone across from you buys a burger, it's like, well, now I can't enjoy my ribs because I'm making a big mess and you're watching me. But if everybody right. has ribs or if everybody's eating out of the boiled pot with crab legs, you feel okay. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, let, let, let's talk last meal. Each oh. of you. Like, you <clears throat> all right. Receive oh your God. last man. final meal. What would you get? There's going to be a lot of gravy. Um, so the problem with that is I feel like if I knew that it's my last meal, I won't be able to eat it because when I'm like, even if it's something that I'm not afraid of but that I'm just uh, nervous about, uh, you know, if I've got a big thing to do tomorrow, I, I won't. There, there's it's your no. last meal and then you're getting taken up to heaven, you know, Elijah style. That's heaven, what's going you say. On. <laughs> um, I like French fries. Um, it, it would be a lot. I think I would, I, instead of, like, yeah, get me this one thing and I'll enjoy that. I think I would like 30 things and just like nibbling and just going from one thing to the other. I want a bite of a Five Guys hamburger. I want some Five Guys french fries. Those are there because french fries and hamburgers are one of my favorite things. Um, so you would get a Five Guys burger and french fries. Wow. You can't just say I Cajun want a fries. bunch of everything. Cajun I get the, Cajun, I get the Cajun, Cajun fries. fries. Yeah. I, here's what I eat when I go there. It's 2,300 calories. I get the large <laughs> Cajun fry. I get the double meat burger with bacon um, and all my toppings on it. And I get a large fountain drink, and it's 2,300 calories when I eat that thing. I would also get uh, from Lou Malnati's in Chicago a deep dish pizza, uh, pepperoni, and extra garlic. Um, I would like some really good Nigiri uh, sushi, uh, yellowtail. I'd like a few pieces of that. You know, it's just like a bed of rice with the raw fish on top. I, that's, that's my jam. I like that a lot. Um, I probably want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, at least a bite of one, because I live with somebody with an extreme peanut allergy, so I don't get them often. So, like, you know, when I, when I, have the, when I went to L.A., first thing I did, like, stop me by the gas station. I'm going to get some peanut butter, some jelly, and some milk. Like, I'm going to have a, a sandwich while I'm here. Cause <laughs> that's real, that's real. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be drinking a, uh, a Virgil's root beer, but not just any Virgil's root beer. I want the, like, liter bottle with the cantilever top that's got the, uh, the, uh, the like, special nutmeg, the limited edition bottle. I'm going to have me one of those. Um and probably like uh chicken fried steak with lots of gravy, mashed potatoes. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. So, I like yeah. gravy over like everything. You know, the mashed potatoes would be covered in the gravy, the, the chicken fried steak, uh, and like some good yeast rolls with some of that honey butter. There'd be a lot of shit going on, man. Like, like man, I, I see, eat, I see that. If, They're gonna have to I, go wheel you to the execution chamber. <laughs> it, it, you know, I would be like so. I, I would, I would just get incredibly drunk, incredibly high, and and just make sure that I could eat as much, and and maybe get like a vomitorium kind of thing going. Just, like, just like throw up like a pound of this deliciousness and keep going. I feel like if it's your last meal, like bulimia is on the table, right? Yeah, that's all. And you kind of want go for it, man. Yeah. <laughs> if someone's gonna be electrocuting you, you kind of want them to be frying something that's going to smell gross and be nasty mm. for them in your stomach. Gonna be, oh yeah, I'm going to eat a lot of, I'm going to drink like a quart of bacon grease right before I go to the chair. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. They're going to be like, you know, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> the executioner's over there like stomach growling and stuff. He's like, I got to get, get out of here. I got a hankered for a bacon sandwich. Man, just just to let you know, I'm going to just clip out that part of you saying for your next video, you will be taking down bacon grease. <laughs> That's gonna be like the opener of my next food review. If you're just saying you're about to take down some bacon grease, so everybody has something to look forward to. Yeah, <laughs> I I, uh, I I like bacon a lot. I'm not in love with bacon. Like um, I'm pretty good friends with Harley and those guys from Epic Meal Time. Your bacon enthusiasm, because if you go too far, too with much. It, it just it really bought. It's it's aggravating to everyone because it's I'll like you're trying I'm... to like co-opt a cool food. Mm. That it's like it, why is it cool? It just tastes good, right? You I uh, I like bacon sandwiches. 
Um, I like mayonnaise a lot, which I don't a lot. That that's one thing that a lot of people don't like. I like I mayonnaise it. on mm. everything, and I like a lot of mayonnaise. Like for anybody out there who does like mayonnaise, the next grilled cheese you make, you put you put mayonnaise on the bread. I so swear, that, grilled cheese, that's, bro. Yes, it, you put. Why would you put, do that to a grilled ma- cheese? Just listen to me. Listen to me, goddammit. I know what I'm talking about here. You put the mayonnaise on the bread. You put two slices of cheese in the middle. Then you put it in one of those sam- like panini smusher makers. And until that thing is like melty and golden brown on the outside, and it's delicious. It's the best way. I won't eat a grilled cheese if it doesn't have mayonnaise on it. Damn. It's oh, good. Oh, man, that's gross. Chicken sandwiches, I want that shit slathered with it. Like, I can dip fries in mayonnaise. It's not that bad. I, I, I You're love not some... a mayo guy? Nah, you know, I, I actually um, stopped messing with mayo probably about shit. I, almost almost two years, bro. Almost two years I, I've cut mayo out. Congratulations. I, I mean, if mayo is on something that I review, I'm going to leave it on there. But yeah. as far as if I'm doing something on my own, I won't get mayo. I love it. I like yeah, tuna I, salad. I Chicken salad, that. potato salad, all that's got mayo and mustard and stuff like that in it. Uh, anything with mayo, I'm a big fan of. It's terrible for you, too. That's Are you like, like, like Miracle Whip mayo salad uh, dressing or uh, Hellman's mayo? Neither. Dukes. It's Dukes. Dukes. They make that stuff in the South. And it, on the bottle... <laughs> Uh, on the thing, it says real mayonnaise because <laughs> nothing else tastes like. When you get this stuff out, it's it'll like sit on the spoon of the knife and jiggle, like, it's just not like going nowhere. it'll jiggle like like uh, like Miracle Whip. It's like a uh, I don't know. The consistency is that like if you put it on your knife and jiggled it, it just stick to the knife like glue or something. Duke's mayonnaise, you get a spoonful of it and jiggle it, and it's it, it's it's all jiggly. It, it's thick. <laughs> And that's what you want. Good. You want a little bit of bounce in your. You know, After I make the sandwich, I lick the knife. I, I want it all. I love that shit. I love mayonnaise. It's it's a that's cornerstone real, of my diet. I said, Taylor, what's going to be your final meal, bro? On your way out, what is your final meal? Oh, I need some steamed snow crab legs, and mm. not, not a couple clusters. I need twice as much as you think a human can eat. <laughs> that much because i i tear through crab like it's it's uh if we ever get together and go out to eat to a seafood place kyle i'm gonna order the crab and you're gonna sit there and watch me like i am mozart like Let's i've gone to out joe's to eat crab with people. Shack and, and go oh no I, I i don't joe's crab shack yeah. they don't have an unlimited crab meal which Sometimes means that i do. just end up ordering like yes, six dude. entrees it's they didn't limited, last time it's I a limited time they bring you a bucket i've still got the bucket but regardless they'll bring out a full serving for each of us, and I'll be completely done with every bit of meat out of it in like four minutes. It's gross to watch because when you <laughs> break open crab, it's just kind of like a <laughs> of of liquid that goes out, and you you just kind butter. of everybody no not just butter like when you break the the crab. Oh, like yeah, there's there's a little juice coming out. I, I, I don't like even them. put butter on most of the pieces. I just wolf them right down because I like crab. I also have a nice uh, filet mignon with the bacon oh, around it, rare. A little bit, just a t- teeny bit warm on the inside. Maybe a little cool. I like it when it's so red; it just looks like it's just died. Um, God, what else? I would have enough scotch to make it so I wouldn't be upset about being electrocuted to death mm-hmm. in a little bit. Ah, uh, uh, what else? I wouldn't have any. If I had dessert, I would just get something like a Reese's Fast Break because I'm not into super crazy desserts. That's my favorite sweet I've ever had. And I don't. I'm not moving anywhere from there. The Reese's Fast Break. It's the best candy bar on the planet. Um, what the fuck else? It's big giant Caesar salad. Love Caesar salad. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to eat any greens or anything that I don't want on my last meal. So only ones that I do want. Not preparing for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some burgundy mushrooms. 
which is just mushrooms you slice up, you cook it in a pan with some garlic and butter, and you pour a little red wine on it, soaks it all up, tastes good, great on top of steak. Um, yeah, and I'd, I'd probably be real full from that. My mouth's watering. Yo, just oh. to let you both know, you both just accomplished food reviews right now. With no food in front of you, you both <laughs> just knocked out food reviews. I, just, I, I, I did this exercise just to see if you could make me want what it is you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, outside of the, the mayo, I was hungry. I was, I was rocking with you the long way. Yeah, yeah. You were doing amazing. And, Taylor, you, you fed me amazingly. Amazing job, fellas. Amazing job. Oh, thank you. Well, we thank got a real you. future in this, you know, if we ever yeah. want to ditch yeah. this Little League stuff, Kyle, and go yeah, hook absolutely. up with Rachel Ray. <laughs> or actually, I, we gotta find a different one. Who's burger Bros. College? That's our channel. Oh, it's, it's, it's called Burger. It's Burger no, 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 no. Bros. And we just we just eat burgers. Speaking of, I'm gonna go ahead and with the, the shame the shameless plug. My next episode on Rachel Ray is on the 25th next Tuesday. Be sure to tune in. See me doing my one two thing most definitely. That's awesome. Definitely check that. I need to check that out too. And that's wait, that's Food Network, I guess, right? Oh well, from for me, it's uh it's ABC. It's her daytime show. Yeah. ABC. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to watch that. 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I like watching cooking shows uh, way more than you would think because I'm not super into cooking. Like I, I like to do it every once in a while. My girlfriend's a great cook, so she just handles it. But it's fun to watch the shit they can do, and especially that dude, uh, the British guy who screams at people, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, yeah Gordon. Gordon really Gordon, just yep. no, no good reason. you got to find a way into hooking up with that guy just to have like the one-two punch of he's really critical, and then you kind of like lift him back up like, hey, it wasn't that bad. Like He's just coming down on you because he owns a bunch of really nice restaurants. You stick with it, you know? <laughs> well, put, put, put it like this, just, just to let you guys know, the, his team did reach out probably about two weeks ago with what? an email to, yeah. to bring me out there an episode. And I had to nicely decline Aww. because, Aww. Uh, you know, they, they, they didn't want to show any love. And my request, my requests are always mean. small. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Look, I'm a big boy. You know what I'm saying? So you got six foot six, cl- close to about 387 Aww. pounds. I haven't fit inside coach seats. I don't remember how long. <laughs> so for the last three years, I've always been flown first class. That's what yeah. it is. I was like, I don't, I'm not even worried about the money. Just fly me first class. They're like, oh, we can't do that. I was like, well, then you ain't got me. That's good. I'm glad you <laughs> stood up yourself. That was, that was I, that conversation. Gordon Absolutely. Ramsay couldn't put you in first class, or his manager, whoever it was. Or his, his team. His, his team, you know what I mean? Does yeah, Cindy I, work for him? I respect you standing <laughs> up for yourself and for your brand and all that stuff. That, that's what you need to do in situations like that. If, it, if it's just a, a bridge too far, you got to be like, nah, if you can't afford that, you can't afford me because that's what I am. He's, a, you know, he's six foot six. They're trying to put him in coach to go uh, be on yeah, Gordon Ramsay, like be, do something with Gordon Ramsay. He's like, <laughs> first class or bust. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Plain you know? nightmares. Make your own show. I, I'm, six, <laughs> I'm like six one, maybe a little bit taller, depending on uh, the, you know, the gas station I'm walking out of. But the, it, it's tight in there. My, my knees are you know, against the thing unless I slide my ass all the way into the seat. And then I'm kind of hunched forward. And uh, it, it's it's a real tight fit for me, and it's very miserable. It's very miserable if your if your seatmate is not my size again. If he's mm-hmm. any bigger than me, like like I'm I'm six I'm six one six two, like 180 to 190 pounds uh, depending. And if if he's any bigger than me, then it's not enough room. Uh, both ways back, I had tiny people on, on the way back this last time. I was just waiting, you know, waiting for my seatmate to come, and like it was it. Just little. 
if if you're mm-hmm. there first, you're, you're playing the like, please, 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 no, no, no game, right? As you're they like, come down the hall, it's like, I hope it's that little Asian woman. I hope it's that little Asian woman. No, not the big dude. <laughs> not, oh no, he's coming closer. He's coming. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he's pointing. <laughs> he's like, could you let the arm rest up? It's just not gonna work otherwise. I'm like, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Real quick, no, I, I wanted to. I, I, I want to share the definitely. Test one of the probably most uncomfortable, and not so much for me, just for the guy sitting next to me. And that was my final coach trip a few years back. Um, I, I go to sit down. The gentleman next to me, he's, he's rather large in size, but he, he's in his seat. He's already comfortable. And I got to go sit down next to this individual. The plane is packed. There's no other places to sit down. I kid you not, for about two and a half hours, we are just – intertwined with our legs you're cuddling wrapped to each other with all type of body arm fat snuggling close <laughs> it was the most close i ever wanted to be next to a stranger in my entire life yeah and it, we we said nothing to one another we didn't we were already sharing far too much it was, it was, but but i never, yeah, yeah. never forget that experience and that was my last time flying coach that's great nice that's i like i i like that yeah, Mr. Fiscal Responsibility is like, but there is one thing. Coaches for peasants. <laughs> I'm done with that shit. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to fly first class because I don't want to go For peasants. That's what I, I understand what you're saying. It's small. Yeah, you know, I I have a we, hood pass. We, it sounds we, like we, you we need the state pass. Somewhere, you know what I'm saying? We all got to start was, somewhere. <laughs> if there was a middle ground where maybe it's not so fancy and your luggage isn't free and you don't get free booze, you just get more leg room, I'd pick that. You know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm never like, bring me a glass of champagne. I'm never um, really taking advantage of a lot of the first class stuff. The free luggage is great. And it's usually the thing, yeah. the determining factor if I'm going to take a first class. The, you don't take advantage they, of like champagne or whatever the fuck they bring you? Why not? I used to because I don't drink, but I used to, what I used to do is I, I used to order Bloody Marys over and over and over and just pocket the mini bottles. And then when I got where I was going, I had a little walking mini bar because the mini bars in hotels, I don't know if you've ever done that drinking out of one, but it gets expensive. It's like six a shot. The um, uh, oh, maybe not the alcohol, but I'm huge on the food. Like like all the you know peasants, as Damon would say, are back there, <laughs> you know, eating their like. I don't know, mystery meat and mashed potatoes or something. Meanwhile, you have like steak and lobster up front. Like it's it's nice. I've so, never experienced that on a first really? class. Really? Oh, I have. And then the, the, like it comes with a dessert. And uh, you know they have peanuts back there. I have heated cashews up front. You know, and, and you well, eat them, and you're like, this sounds great. Last these time are I was hot. Plane, I warm towel. When that warm towel comes out. That's everything on first class. The warm towels, the bomb. I yeah, towels. I don't have warm towels in my daily life. Like as great as my wife is, she's not heating up wash rags and laying them on me this gloriously. No, that, I don't get that unless I'm in first class, which is rare. You can heat your own towels, you know. Wait, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm speaking from a coach only perspective because I've never flown first class. I, oh, you'll like I don't know it. if I want to get up to first class and then see what I've been enduring so far. I think I'll just take, I'll it's just rough. sit, you know, leave him and I'll just stay in the dark, you know? Like, you've been I, on the sky bus. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. You've been, like, I, sp- I spent like $8 on a paper box full of nasty pepperoni because they said that would be a meal with some crackers in there. And it's just, 
oh, have you ever bought that? Of course you guys had Mr. First Class, where they just are like, hey, do you want to buy eat our shitty little sad salad with brown lettuce? Or you can spend $9 and get our super snack box. And it's, you know, the picture on the little pamphlet is like, I'm, I'm getting some good shit here. There's little chocolate, there's some crackers, there's, there's what looks to be real meat in a tube at the mm. bottom for sustenance, and you get it, and it's just depressing meat in a and tube? so old. It's... It's sausage vacuum sealed meat that you then have to like you know like you have to ask them for scissors because you have to pull it and then you hear that little like Jesus Christ you feel it, it it's what horrible. airline is this this is, this is like this, this is this Delta is like airline. Romania air or something yeah like I was that. gonna say Lithuania yeah, would yeah. you like the cheese <laughs> like they got some old like gross moldy shit it's just you and a meat sickle no it was Delta the pilot said this for you <laughs> it's yeah you're it's a little oh, puddle God. jumper between Nepal and mainland China coach is pretty much the aerial version of bus folk and um. I wouldn't go that far. No, 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 no. 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 Bus folk are folks who ride on buses across the country like Chiz. Chiz is a bus folk. There's a very niche group of people who are (laughs) bus folk. Even a person who hops on a bus to get across town is not necessarily bus folk because that's not a necessity. Someone is a bus folk like Chiz, our manager, so to speak, uh, because he hopped and drove from California to the Carolinas multiple times by, by bus. Mm. By bus across the whole country with bus folk having to hide his valuables the whole time because they're all transients and, and HIV positive. Or and, and this is a man who probably has $1,000 that he could spend on a flight and just make just, it happen. Chiz saves of- all his money. Uh, I, I, the big thing, like, he's very frugal. He's a saver. And he, I think he aspires to have great wealth and he's on his path. So that, that, that much is cool. I feel like I've been a pretty good saver over the years, but the the big thing that I have is, so he stayed in my guest house for a while and um, he was there, I I don't know, maybe five, six months. Most of the light bulbs burnt out. They were just fluorescent light bulbs and he just stayed in the dark. He's like, ah, fuck it. You know, he's saving electricity and light bulbs. And uh, yeah, literally for two rooms, there was like one light bulb that worked. And uh, and that's that. I noticed he was in the dark all the time, but I didn't know until he moved out that he like didn't replace any light bulbs. That's hey. frugal. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the grind. That's the hustle right there. Yeah, he. Mm. I, it wasn't. A, it was a want to, not a got to. Though he uh, he saves all his money. Well, you only live once. True. Let's talk about tracker. Hmm. Smart cars, smart phones, smart homes. Technology has made everything smart, but when you lose those smart things, it can make you feel really, really stupid. Tracker makes losing things a thing of the past. Tracker is a coin-sized device that locates misplaced keys, wallets, bags, computers, anything in seconds. Just pair Tracker to your smartphone, attach it to anything, and find, uh, find its precise location with just the tap of a button. It's that easy. Lose your phone, press the button on the tracker, and your phone will ring, even if your phone is on silent. So with, one, with over 1.5 million devices, Tracker has the largest crowd GPS network in the world. So your lost item shows up on a map, even if it's miles away. Never lose anything again with Tracker. Listeners to our show here get a special discount of 30% off your entire order when you go to the, spelled T-H-E, tracker.com, and enter promo code PKA. The hardest thing you'll ever have to find is their website. So go to thetracker.com right now and enter promo, uh, promo code PKA uh, to get 30% off your entire purchase. It'll You're crushing it, it with that URL now. Yeah, I used to stumble over it a little bit. Something about the way Chiz had spelled it out or something like that. Uh, I got it memorized mostly now. Nailed it. Yeah, the trackers are cool. Um, I've, I've still got mine on my gear bag. 
you know, haven't lost that. If I had, it would be a fucking meltdown anyway, you know? So, <laughs> um, yeah, so. Cindy wouldn't help. Cindy's yeah, no use. Yeah. <laughs> She's oh. someone that we should have tweeted her number, you know? Uh, She's someone who deserves it. One of the, uh, yeah, I like the way you're thinking. I think we need to bring that back. I feel like now if we gave out somebody's <laughs> personal no, information. That's so mean. That's so mean. We yeah. shouldn't do that. No, we, see, we should have never <laughs> no. stopped doing it. Right now, it would really make <laughs> waves. If some guy were to, like, call in and prank us and we gave out his phone number to the world, they'd be like, oh, my God, you guys are so cruel. But back in the day, we did it all the time. So they'd say, oh, my God, you're so cruel. And we'd be like, and what are you new here? That's how we roll. You fuck with us, your shit goes public. I, 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 I got uh, some guy. So we used to do this thing like Road to Black Ops 2 or whatever. And um, we try to get the game early. People would be like, call this number. And they'd pretend they had the game, but they really didn't. So we'd give everyone their number. I got over 9,000 retweets. <laughs> you know, like, you know, hassle this guy. He hassled us. And uh, he had to get a new number. 9,000 retweets is a lot. It's that be- was my most <laughs> retweeted tweet. That guy's number from years ago. It got like 700. Yeah. Oh, mine too. I, my channel, my Twitter's not that big. Like if you, that if you look at it now, it doesn't have 9,000 retweets anymore. I'm not sure why. Like, I don't know if someone unretweeted it or if like accounts closed or what the deal was. But it definitely went over 9,000, which was like a big anime thing. That everyone wanted it to go over 9,000. Like, over 9,000? So, yeah. Dude, a Beastie Even Boy now, died today. Like- Are you serious? Right. Yeah, John Barry, something like that. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm surprised that didn't blow up all over my feed, you know? And that stuff, kind of stuff normally comes up. I think it's... What happened, Woody? I didn't catch that. Um, one of the founding members of the Beastie Boys died tonight. Um, oh, he wow. had some I'm... sort of frontal lobe, like, brain deterioration. I hate to get it wrong. But uh, he had a brain problem, and he hadn't been himself or 100 percent for a little time now and he died today and it's uh yeah it's interesting to me because i'm finding boy died uh, a couple years ago too hmm i'm hitting an age where like the people that were in their prime when i was in like fifth grade are starting to die (laughs) and it's a weird thing it's like like I don't know. When you're 25 and people die, you're like, right, yeah, th- th- that really wasn't my guy. You know, <coughs> I didn't watch that person's films. I didn't watch that. I didn't like that guy's music. I listened to as an oldie. Um, but yeah, for me, like, I don't know. Vanilla Ice is gonna drop off soon, and I'll be like, really? Like in high school, that was the jam. True, true indeed. You know what? I, now that you mentioned Vanilla Ice, I give it to him though, because he's holding on strong. He has that little that house rebuilding show project he got going on. And when a lot of artists fall off from like the eighties and the nineties, you never hear or see them again, unless they end up like on a old Navy commercial where they use their track in the background. But he's, he's, he's holding on. But the thing about Vanilla know, he's, Ice. He's doing a real estate show, Vanilla Ice is? Yeah, like, it's like, like a home improvement show that he has. And it, wow, it's been on for a while. It appears yeah, that he stayed rich. Like mm-hmm. a, a lot of people in his position just like, blew it up, blew all the cash, you know, it's gone. A few years later, they're like an ex-YouTuber who wondered, you know, like, oh, I thought, it, I thought it'd always be this easy to earn money. Um, you know, but not him. Like, you know, I, I saw him 20 years later and I saw his home and it was like, that's a pimp house. You know, that yeah. guy. Uh, must Says he's have... still worth like 20 million. 
That's great. No, no, I mean, yeah, good for him, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not good for him because that was a very different hustle back then. And I know, you know, for a lot of artists, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, the money that they got back then is nothing like the money artists are getting today just because of social media and the way things work when you put your album out there. You know, you put, excuse me, you're single. We can't even say full albums anymore because nobody even cares about albums. It's like, you're single, it's hot. When's your next single coming? You know, so that's what's pretty much driving the music industry. But, you know, good, good on him. Yeah. The um, I like seeing celebrities like that who I don't really know much about and you know that they're time in the limelight is long over but you still see him and it's like oh he doesn't look like he's on heroin or addicted to meth like looks like right. that dude lives in a subdivision somewhere and and you know goes to target like it looks like they did a good job transitioning back into the regular person world he mm-hmm. he did a movie that hurt his career it was called cool as ice or something like that and um <laughs> they paid him a million dollars to do it and he's like dude it was a million bucks you know, would you have done it? And I thought for a million dollars, yeah. yeah. For a million dollars, I would direct a documentary smearing me, <laughs> where it's like, it's like, no, no, he's a bigger piece of shit than that. You're gonna have to take that again. Like, you have to really show me how bad I am. But, oh yeah, definitely, I would do that. Well put, man. That's pretty much what he did, I think, with Cool as Ice. That, that describes the Uh-oh. film. <laughs> of course, it wasn't like a documentary, but he made himself look bad. You know, it was like, you know, supposedly who he is or whatever. It, it was silly, but, um, uh, you know. It was before my time. How huge was Vanilla Ice? Like, I wasn't. He was. Um, he was I'm not popular. To think. Is, you know what? Wow. Maybe comparable to um, LMAFO. Right? Did I get the name right? With the, I don't even know who that is. They had a Party the Rock. Ha- Party yeah, Rock. It's, it's that like really generic. Um, if, if you heard it, you would recognize it right away. But yeah, I can't Party sing Rock. it because okay. it's a lot of... house tonight. Yeah. Everybody gonna have a good time. I know I'm gifted. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, you know, he had that, that one song that was a huge hit that everyone was, like, addicted to. Out of school, it was on everybody's speakers. It was, like, it was just, like, ubiquitous. It was everywhere as a song, kind of like maybe Party Rock used to be. And then he had another hit, I guess, but it was, you know, a shadow of his biggest one. I forget what it was. Um and and that's you know i think lma lma ofo i can't say the, the band but that's about right in terms of uh, fame level okay that actually helps because <clears throat> yeah they were a big deal for a couple minutes taylor how much uh how much company of heroes have you been playing this week uh really not that much this week uh i played i'm trying to when i am playing i'm trying to get better with the obster woofen or whatever the okaf is yeah. Oberwaffen, the, the second German Oberkommando. faction. Oberkommando. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to get better with them because they seem like the most fun. Well, um, They're they're tough to, to use. I watched a couple tutorials on them, and from what I can tell, you're right that the Soviets are definitely objectively the best, best faction like for being good, but I just like that the Oberwaffen or Ober... What, I don't even remember what you just said. Uberkommando um, or something like that. Uberkommando. <laughs> yeah, I like how they have the best heavy tanks and armor. It seems like if you can survive early game with them without getting overwhelmed by the conscripts from the Soviets, that you have a way better shot taking down their 
Not against me, I don't feel like. Um, the, my entire game and my, my whole strategy is to eliminate armor from the whole field of battle. I don't like it being there. I don't enjoy fighting with tanks, so I deprive the enemy of any tanks. I, I, I send out... Everybody specialized to destroy tanks, usually. Um, there's lots of anti-tank weapons. I, I bought the British. It was like 10 bucks to get the British. But so the British... Did. Now I, I gotta get them. God damn it, dude! They're great. So the British are very defensive. They 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 like they build like hard placements that are are very defendable, and they build these enormous anti tank guns that are that that are just sit there, and you can use them to direct fire. You can just tell the gun to shoot the ground somewhere, and it's it's like a twenty five pounder cannon or something like that. You can build forty millimeter Bofors guns like that thing I shot in the video that time. That little carriage you sit in and gong 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 gong, and you can tell that thing just to auto fire somewhere. And it will high explosive rounds continuously forever, and you can build them pretty cheaply with your engineers. Uh, they, I, I like it a lot. I've been playing as the British uh, all week. Um, I felt like it was a worthy ten dollars, unlike that four dollars I once spent on spent on one of the commander cards. Um, I'm digging it a lot, though. I, I like the British. Uh, I want to play some one v ones. I feel like that would be fun, and I feel like when 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 you were kicking my ass forever in Age of Mythology, <clears throat> I felt like that accelerated my learning so fast because yeah. th because. That meant that in, if, if I wasn't at least doing well enough three minutes into the game to fend you off, then there's no point in going to the fifth minute, right? I got to master how to get to minute three. Who cares if, I, if, we, if, we, if you can just kind of play with your food and That's let me get to, to minute at. eight? Yeah, if I can, and, and, and in that way, I feel like I was forged in a hot fire. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I got good and <laughs> well, I got I'll good fairly quickly. I'll play 1v1 Company Heroes with you. Like, it'd be helpful to to get it figured out and whatnot. I need to start playing with the British, though, and take a look at them if they're that they're neat. Great. They're great. Because really I've only fun. ever played against them, and I see those giant tank emplacements or whatever the fuck they are. But, yeah, they, they have, like, really four of those they can build and lots of specialized stuff. Um, and for our fans out there, if you ever want to play with us, my, my Steam is O-F-P-S-Kyle-O. Uh, we have a Steam group. Uh, that There's a PKA Steam group that Chiz made. Uh, you can join that thing. I'm a member of it. I don't know the exact spelling of it, but if you look at my... Steam ID. You'll see that I'm in that group. I'm only in like three groups, um, but join the PK Steam group and you can jump on and play with us. And we, I play a lot, um, and and Taylor gets on a couple nights a week. Did you guys yeah. see the Egyptian plane crash thing? No. Yes. Yeah, so, do we know if it's terrorism or not? They're saying it seems to be like maybe that's even a stretch, but they're like, you know, we're not ruling out terrorism. Looks, like, and there's like four things it could be. It could be a terrorist. <clears throat> It could be a terrorist that worked for the airline. It could be a terrorist that was an insider at the airline. Or it could have been like a technical malfunction. Yeah. I, <laughs> a couple of got sucked I the You know what? I bet it was a bunch of uh, extremist Jehovah wi Jehovah's Witnesses who pulled this <laughs> Those paper off. people. You know, that's usually the group who does this sort of thing, right? That's probably I it. They were knocking on the airplane door and then just opened it unwittingly and everybody got sucked out. Got out. <laughs> um, so so I, I was listening to Fox News, a, a good radio, who, which is not nearly as... Although this election cycle, I don't feel like anybody's biased or more biased than the other. It's, it's a real shit show out there in, in, uh, in cable news. But I was listening to them and they, and they said something about some military radar indicated that the plane dropped by like 50... I think first it took a very hard left turn. Then it dropped 15,000 feet, did a 360, and then dropped another 10,000 feet and was gone. Um, so who knows what that means? You could interpret that a lot of different ways. Um, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I would, I, would, if I, were, I, if I would bet that pilots are taught all kinds of maneuvers to use and tactics to use if someone's trying to get through that door to throw them off their balance, to make it hard. I mean, 
you know, you hit some turbulent turbulence on a plane and it's it's hard to even fucking stand. Imagine if you're trying to hack your way through a pretty sturdy door, you know, with rudimentary whatever the fuck you've snuck on there and he's doing loop-de-loops or like dropping 10,000 feet of altitude on you. Who knows what happened, but I guarantee fucking it was terrorism. <laughs> it always <laughs> yeah. is, right? But and I re the reason I say that isn't uh, about like because terrorism is just a global problem that's just running away like a like a burning train into the night, which it is. Um, it's just that, mechanically speaking, I think planes are much better these days. You don't hear about mechanical issues taking planes down anymore. You do occasionally hear, oh yeah, they had to land early because this happened. And that's because we have so many different warning systems and indicators that let the pilots know that, hey, you're getting pretty close to having an issue. Let's, let's nip this in the bud here. And so you don't see planes going down uh, on the runways anymore. You don't see that very often. I never thought them about getting, that. Yeah. You really don't ever see that anymore, like a plane getting all the way into where you're going to land and then just the guy fucks it up and sneezes and suddenly you go in a little too much and it yeah. <laughs> tears down. Oh, and those pilots are excellent. I, I, I was, um, someone was telling me once, um, I think we were talking to TSA, um, there were some armed TSA agents and we were discussing the possibility of them uh, letting us attempt to sneak weapons on a plane to sort of see how their security was doing. And uh, he was talking about that they picked really qualified pilots for those. Uh, if, like, it's hard to be an airline pilot, I think. I think, you know, it's not just a pilot's license. Like, you've got a lot of experience. And I think a lot of them may, uh, have military backgrounds. But, those guys um, don't get paid nearly enough, those I, pilots. I don't know if they do I don't know not. how much they work. Like uh, they're away from home constantly, even if they're not working. Which I think, even though you could say they only truck work. driver. What? I was just thinking of truck drivers and how shittily yeah. they get paid. Uh, that's what I was thinking about. I don't know. It just seems like there's. It's so high stress, and so difficult to really? be one. Is it high stress? Like that, I'm no. picturing myself, and I'm not someone who dri drives a plane. So I'm just thinking, like, if I were Can in I charge of hundreds there? of like, people's lives, I'd be stressed out. Technically speaking, at this point, and, and someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you even need a human pilot necessarily anymore. The pilot is really just a fail-safe for the autopilot at this point, it seems like. Because I think that, that you know if both pilots were to die mid-flight, that someone just needs to press the autopilot, and it'll land that fucking plane on its own. And I bet it takes off virtually on its own, too. It, it does the whole thing by itself. I watched this documentary, the and they said that it won't be long before we'll have an autopilot, a pilot, and a dog. The autopilot flies the plane. The pilot's there to monitor the autopilot, and the dog's there to bite the pilot if he tries to fly the plane. <laughs> like, All right then. So, uh, so yeah, like, like how's, I, I, I imagine, you know, like, if you're a qualified pilot, 99.9% .9 of that job is really Oop. routine and non-stressful <laughs> to you. Yeah, one, it's on autopilot. I think but that's why they're drunk so much. You know, <laughs> are they really though? I don't yeah. know, but if um. Like, yeah, I, I shit. I, I just feel like even even if they're taking off manually, it's something they do all the time, and it's not a big deal. Yeah, we know <laughs> as far as you know with, with uh, autopilot system being in plans for, I mean, many many years now. We have a lot of the the car manufacturers now trying to set their vehicles up for the auto drive system. How comfortable are you guys with those type of vehicles? Can being I start? Yeah, I, sure am, can. I am. I am a hundred thousand percent confident in that and like most of the time i drive myself i enjoy driving i uh i lament the fact that i see american youth <clears throat> going away from 
uh, wanting an autom automobile right out of the gate because I feel like it's a very American thing that we've got this big, wide open country that, that, that with no fucking borders in between that we have the liberty to drive across and enjoy. And I feel like as early as possible, you should get behind the wheel of a car and start going and doing things and being self-sufficient and, uh, and, and, and get into the routine of that because it's a great thing to be able to do. Um, but I have made road trips from Atlanta, Georgia to Boston, Chicago, Seattle, and Phoenix. Uh, those are the farthest distances in every direction. And after driving that much, I would have loved an autopilot just so I could sleep, you know? I'll drive 80% of it, but let me get some shut-eye. Let me, let me, like, relax and, like, get my neck to get this crick out of it or whatever's going on. Um, also, lots of sex in the car now. Constantly going to be fucking in my car. Mm -hmm. Just black those windows out. Now, I bet I, I, bet, I bet... Let I could, the I bet glove you... compartment be known heretofore as the condom department. The condom yeah, it would, be, no, it would be like on a trailer park boys. It'd be like trailer park boys. I'd hit the window washer fluid and wet platinum shirt shoots out right here. <laughs> it's like, fucking alright, let's get slippery. Um, so I, but I do trust those systems 100%. I think... Um, I, I trust myself as a driver say 99.9 percent .9%. i've never hit anything ever ever um but I, I and i rarely ride with other people but um i'm often uncomfortable riding with others uh not because I'm, i've got a phobia or anything just because of my evaluation of their driving skills i'll be like yeah this guy's just not a very good driver i've ridden with like race car drivers uh, i think the guy's billy baldwin the the like um, baja truck champion or whatever mm -hmm. when you're in the car with him you're like do whatever the fuck you want billy you want to <laughs> jump the grand canyon Let's fucking do it, cause I believe you, and I and you have more driving skill than me, and infinitely more so. So like, whatever you want to do, I'm on board for. It. Let's do it. But if I'm in the car with my girlfriend, I'm like, just don't hit anything, baby. Just, just fucking. <laughs> fuck do you trust don't... yourself Tell me more than a robot, or less? More on the long on the long on the long run, and that's despite the fact that I've driven probably four hundred thousand miles on my own and never hit anything. Um, but those rope those those auto things do better. You know, I think they, you they answered do... it backwards. Right, you said he said, "Do you trust yourself more than a robot?" And you said, "More." You mean you uh, trust said, the no. robot? Oh, my mistake then. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I trust the robot more because I, I feel like if I were coming, if I were being irrational, I'd be like, "Hey, man, I'm just an amazing driver, never hit anything." But it's not like it's a different computer system driving car A and car B. The same computer is actually driving all the cars, and none of them have ever had any issues. So it's it, they millions and millions and millions of miles in, in every direction, think, all kinds of conceivable scenarios, avoiding incidents that a human might not see. You know, it's three I, in the morning. I, 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 I read something before. differently about that, in that some of them are having problems, like just because some roads are shit and the you can't see the lines correctly, and so the computer is really having difficulty reading like by context like maybe it's fine on a brand new road in New York but then it gets to you know East Jesus nowhere in Indiana not, and it has no uh, idea what to do right New York known for its quality roads <laughs> I was just thinking about it's just yeah. two modern city Wait, nowhere has quality roads I mean southern city do they in the uh, South, Missouri they... does not come enjoy no. the New York hospitality and our brand new roads. <laughs> <laughs> Special, um, right, Kyle, so we got your breakdown of it. We know that you trust the robot more than yourself. You need a little bit of relaxation after clocking in over 400,000 miles. Much respect, Taylor. How are you feeling about the situation? I like how you're taking charge of this. That's great. me too. I think um, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I love letting, letting him go with it. Uh, hmm. I still, as long as I have the option to like turn on manual, 
I'm fine with it. Like, as long as it's not just something where if it goes awry, I'm just looking at, like, a readout and <laughs> there's nothing here and I'm just grasping. Like, ah, ah. like as, as long as there's something there tangible for me that I can grab and Start take control of the car. Be, yeah. <laughs> Why won't you be, die? Yeah. In like 20 years, they're going to make a movie like that, just like that shitty movie, uh, Phone Booth. Stephen King. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're stuck in there. Uh, what's overdrive? <laughs> Maximum overdrive with Stephen King, when all the the, the you know the vehicles and, and stuff are reanimated by the, the the comet or meteor or whatever. Yeah, you read that book? Just, uh, I watched the movie. Um, oh, wait, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. It was also a book. I mean, all of all of those Steve, Stephen King. I, I thought about it once because uh, I didn't, I guess, count them at any point. But Stephen yep. King, his books have been turned into movies. Almost every yes. single one, right? Like, like what's your like, favorite? You start, my favorite is The Shining, although uh, Stanley Kubrick really disagreed with um, with him on the way that uh, the direction of that whole thing should go. And he, he, Stanley Kubrick is such a fucking genius. He's letting you know in his own subtle way, like three minutes into the movie, you'll see a Volkswagen that's been hit by a, uh, a semi-truck. I think it's a green VW, and it's overturned, and presumably the people in it are dead. That's the car that originally in the book they're taken to the Overlook Hotel. He's starting right out of the gate and saying, hey, you know the, the, the direction that your story takes? We're stopping that at, 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 right out of the gate. Like, your car doesn't even make it up the road. They all die. Now I'm in, in control of this story. And he told his own story. So while it was based on Stephen King's uh, book, I guess that meets the criteria. That is my favorite. One that's more true to what Steve, the way Stephen King uh, intended Misery with James Caan and, uh, Ooh, and Kathy Bates, where Kathy mm. Bates shows us that um, a woman can put on... It's one of the most powerful perfor performances and real performances by a woman I've ever seen. She frightens me, intimidates me, and I believe that she's off her kilter. <clears throat> James yeah, she Caan, comes off as really crazy. Like she, yeah, It doesn't yeah. seem like acting. She's a great actress. And meanwhile, you've got James Caan kind of mirroring, uh, 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 mirroring uh, Stephen K what Stephen King's actually feeling in his real life at that time as someone who's stuck in this genre of, of creepy horror and would love to write about something else. You don't think Stephen King ever wanted to write about a romance novel? And so he puts himself in the shoes, he puts the protagonist in his own uh, shoes, and then he adds the evil that he always adds to his story. So you've got this writer who's, who's tired of writing that same genre, this whole story, and he's killing the character off. And that's the, 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 the thing that ignites the, the, what is misery, the misery itself. Um, so, so that's my answer for that one. Did you ever watch uh, – the movie itself isn't like, exceptional compared to Misery or The Shining, but Pet Cemetery. Yes. Mm -hmm. As a book, did you ever read it? I have not, no. I that read was... Pet Cemetery and The Shining. Which did you think was scarier? I thought Pet Cemetery was scarier than The Shining by oh. an order of magnitude. Yeah, for me for lot. sure. But I don't know if I just understood it better. Like the, the whole concept of The Shining. The Shining in the book was kind of a like a superpower almost. It's like know? a psychic ability. I thought yeah. that's how they portrayed it. Oh, and, and it's in the movie as well. And they just, but it was a really helpful thing. You know, like it, it greased the slides. Kids did better in school because they had this shining and, you know, things went easier for them because they had that shining. And uh, mm. I don't remember it being like that in the movie. And there's the movie. Some people crazy. shine. <laughs> that, that was a, that guy's name is Scat Williams or something like that. That actor that plays that guy. Uh, you know, the, the, the guy who's rushing up there to try to save the kid. Ah, he did such a great job. I, I love that it's actor is so is so warm, and uh, I, I, I he, he's got a big I smile. Big he makes smile. You feel, well, the thing about him in the movie 
and spoiler alert came out in the mid 70s i think so you should have seen it by now but he gets he spends like there's a whole subplot in the movie of him on a plane trying to get back from where he is to where they're all staying in the house because he can tell by the shining that you know little kids in deep trouble and so he goes through all of this shit, like calling the sheriffs, trying to organize help, walks into Planes, the area, snowmobiles, snowmobiles, cars. doing, pulling out all the stops, gets like six steps into the hotel, and Jack Nicholson just comes out and <laughs> chops right in the chest, just dead, and he, that's it, and that's, it's like, oh my god, that was the guy that was supposed to help, yeah, like that, that's it, that, I thought that was brilliant. just up to this big toothed lady and this weird little kid to find their way out of here, it's like the red wedding. What? It, 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 no, it, it that lets, was our savior. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it lets the audience know that that like no, this isn't a traditional horror movie. Uh, there is no Deus Ex not Machina. There's not a a big strong man to come save us this time. This little olive oil nope, looking lady. I think she in. literally played olive oil. And this tiny kid <laughs> have to figure out a way to defeat Jack Nicholson on their own. You know. The cool um, thing about Pet Cemetery was for me anyway in reading the book. It proposed uh, or posed a question that he had to answer. You know, like what would you do if your pet died? Yeah. What would you do if your kid died? Yeah. You know, like all right, I get they're not the same, but you're just gonna say bye, bye for done. You know, when there's a chance they could come back, don't you roll the dice? Yeah. You roll the dice and you get the gun. <laughs> like, like, like that's it. That's why, like, so many movies don't do it for me, I think, is because I've got guns and I've got access to lots of guns and really powerful ones and effective ones, and, and so it's just like. Every time that the, the hero or, you know, you're, the guy on the screen runs into an issue that could easily be solved by just a gun, I'm just like, all right, let's see how you do it without a gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, like, most things a gun solves. I, I mean, almost yeah, everything yeah. a gun solves. I, That's I, I true in life, my, isn't it? I or couldn't it open my, my Coke the other day. Solve the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't yeah. open your Coke <laughs> so you got your gun out? Yeah, just Dude, I carry a multi-tool on me. Not right now as I say this, but I have my multi-tool on me almost all the time. I think it's in here. I carry a 9mm multi-tool. Do you? I use the, like, I, It seems like I can't be an hour without that thing, without noticing that I don't have it. And also, most of the time it's me, but I'm also like the family multi-tool holder. So, yeah. you know, the Hope has a, a spare string at her... Uh, uh, speech and debate event yesterday and you know I come in and take care of it I uh, it, it just seems like I use it five times a day that's something Damn you should it. get the whole family you got them all lawnmowers they should all get their own multi-tool mm. so you're not called to their errands mm? well half of them are girls and don't have the same kind of pocket capacity that I do they have a purse they have a larger they pocket capacity. Ultimate. They have that, a that's, bag that's that they can pocket. carry yeah, around everywhere. You make a strong I mean, point. I, I could make, so you know what? They just what? don't want to do it. I am so happy with my multi-tool that I bought one that's TSA approved for the trip. Maybe I'll give it to Hope because it's probably school approved. I want, I'm glad you brought, us, brought TSA approved. Um, I, I wanted to talk about this, and I almost got on it earlier. Um, I feel like TSA security is shit. Mm. It, it's absolutely terrible, and I feel like... I was just thinking, because I saw, I saw this guy on the plane with a very large cane, and I guess you're allowed to have them, and I was looking at it and thinking of ways to conceal weaponry in it, or explosives, or something that shoots a projectile of some kind. And I was thinking, like, an intelligent, motivated individual could get a gun on this plane, because I just figured out how to do it sitting here, and, and that really bothers me, because I know it's true. I, I, like, like, I know exactly how to get a shotgun on that plane. Like, it's, it's not that hard. 
Um, you know, and you could you could bust a lock with that. You could depressurize the cabin, or you could just shoot people. And it's terrible, but it's true. It absolutely is. Um, th and I saw recently. I guess they, their budget got. Would your hypothetical shotgun do more than one round it's without reloading? No. Yeah, mine too. Looks like a tripod in the end when it's in there. Every, uh. Anything you want. Yeah, you screw things apart, put them in different configurations, and it looks right, like and something. Just slide them that. in, and it goes bang. Yeah, I follow, but yeah. uh, I do wish that I could arrange something where I didn't have to like reload it. You get I mean, one if, good if, shot. If, you got to figure though, if this is what you're doing, if you're like, yeah, next month I'm gonna go do, I'm gonna go hijack a plane with my with my shotgun. How much are you practicing reloading? I got another idea. All day, every day. If it's yeah. a tripod. Why not have three barrels? <laughs> Just, you know, like... Should I make this gun? Get should the guy. Chang, get the guy. Chang, get the door. There's, not the there's a shotgun like that. It's called a Kiapa Triple Threat. Is that ah, how you yeah. pronounce Kiapa? Yeah. I oh. took Italian. Yeah. Okay, then. Kiapa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, yeah. Hickok 45 yeah. son. Is his name John? That sounds I about know. right. I, I think his I, name is John. Anyway, that guy can shoot it in like, um, you know how you put that special stock on an AR-15 and it becomes almost full auto? Yeah. He can hold that Kiapa in such a way that the same sort of thing happens. Oh, he fires it. Bump fire. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he's able to bump fire a triple threat, a triple barrel shotgun, and it's pretty neat to see. Like it's, it, it's, lo it looks so heavy and unwieldy, but it's yes. got a real like, pirate vibe to it that like that's the kind of person who would have been carrying a really unwieldy silly gun like that is like a swashbuckler just firing you know willy-nilly across the i don't sea understand trying to hit a foe's ship well, single and double barrel shotguns are universally accepted and considered cool everything else is like is that a gimmick you know that quad fire shotgun that triple fire shotgun because it weight. is a gimmick though it's like it's it's totally a gimmick. Like, if you see a car with three wheels or a car with five wheels, you're like, we've already arrived at the perfect number of wheels for this, and you're just being a dick trying to act like this is better. We all know uh, it's not better. The, the, reason two, the reason two is the perfect number. First of all, like, all the shooting sports are based around two. And you could say that, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg. But, but all the shooting sp sports and, you know, hunting sports are based around two or three rounds. And it's just, uh, you had a third barrel, it, it gets very heavy. I've got a couple double barrel shotguns. I've got one in the room back there I could get, I guess. But it's, they're fairly light. You had a third barrel. That, that Kiapa is a, is a little unwieldy, although, like, all of the silly shotguns are. I mean, this is the UTAS, and it's fucking, like, I mean, it's all plastic, mm -hmm. but it's still pretty heavy. Piece of shit. Hmm. <laughs> Kyle's got so many weapons just sitting right by him. It's, it's yeah, just, just we weapons on deck over there, bro. <laughs> this is the 1216, like from uh, Modern Warfare 2, you know, with the magazine down there. Sure, um, I know. Uh, <laughs> these a are lot great. Of noobs with that thing. I'm so many fucking noobs. Um, yeah. <laughs> th these things are pretty great, actually. I, I, I like this, but, um, you know, it's very heavy because it's an oddball kind of yeah. special thing you're trying to do and i can't really reach the other three over there but all of the special ones are like that they're just too do fucking you have heavy. any experience with guns damon um been to the range a few times over on you know a little 22 nothing too crazy getting the wife into uh stepping up her gun game so i can make sure that she's well trained when i'm out on the road but uh 
No, nah, not not as heavy as our good man Kyle over here. You know, most people are not that heavy. Of all weaponry. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you in the country, if you don't mind saying? Like, what? I'm, I'm based in Connecticut, so you know, I'm, I'm not even really far from Hartford at all. Right. Okay. Right. We talked about that before Stanford. Or, um, mm-hmm. I don't know what Connecticut's gun laws are like. I think they're kind of tight. It's Massachusetts. They, they are very, very tight, and they, they keep changing, which seems to be every two years at this rate. They're about to actually make some more changes to make it a little more difficult for you to even yeah. get your license if that's what you I gotta like. Say, what you I got to say, I really hate those liberal gun laws. Yeah, I used to live in Alabama, but they got all they got very liberal in Alabama. I don't know if you're aware of this. And they, <laughs> they, they made it so they were going to take my rocket launcher away. And, and I was like, we got to go to Georgia where they believe in the Second Amendment and anyone and everyone can have an anti-tank missile because I just feel like you, you, that, that, that's the way the founders intended things. We, we should all have one. I think I it might be totally in the Declaration agree. of Independence that the anti-tank it, missile. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> right. um, At um, the time, it was like anti-carriage rocks or something, but it just <laughs> transitions with the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they mentioned catapults in there. Similar system right over there. No, no issues with that. Yeah, the, the gun laws are tied up there. It's a shame. I was just in California, and I was talking to my driver about that because he, like, he was like, yeah, I'm really into shooting sports. And I, he was like, I shoot out here all the time. And he, it was costing him so much money to, to like plink a little bit. He was like, what do you like to shoot? And I don't, he didn't know what I did. And so I was just like, I don't know, man. You know, just I do a little plinking too. shots. Yeah, you know, nothing too scary. I just, just didn't even want to like go into it. Because he'd been bragging about cow. He'd been bragging about shooting his pistol for like 15 minutes or something and how much money he spent on like 10 boxes of ammo a year or something. And, I, and then he's like, so what, what do you like to shoot? And I was, you know, I just like plinking, stuff like that. I used to talking about like the YouTube thing, your your fame, like not wanting to go into it again. Like I, it's gotten that way for me at this point, where I used to be like, oh yeah, let me show you this video from one of my buddies, Kyle. Like he shoots up all these guns, and now it'll be to the point like if I talk about guns, I'll be like, oh yeah, one of my buddies has this super cool X Y Z. It's awesome, and they'll be like, oh you you do YouTube? Is it FPS Russia? Is it that guy? I'm like nah. <laughs> No, it's just a lie. Shut the whole conversation. Down. No, it's not that guy. Nah. I'm no, not about to talk to time. you about him. Is he yeah, really it's... Russian? Just, uh... Uh, I, <laughs> I was. Yeah. I, I asked Vitaly. I, I, I was like, I was asking him about my Russian accent because Vitaly is Russian. His parents are very much Russian, and, and, and I, I was like, how good's my accent? He's like, it's very thick. But I always thought you were Russian. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we all did. <laughs> I was like, good, good. Good. It's very thick. Well, so yeah. you're pouring it on heavy even for Russians, where they're like, um, this guy's well, a bit of a hick. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because the guy that I'm mimicking today is like a 50, 53-year-old Ukrainian man. So I have the accent of a 53-year-old Ukrainian man. <laughs> Although, the you know, my yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's what's going on there. So Vitaly's like uh, 30, I guess he's my age or something like that. It's not nearly as thick. And he lived here most of his life, I think. Mm. let's see oh I was going to say that I would like to uh, have that job for the TSA or at least like do that for them like show them security weaknesses because I, I have a few ideas in my head that I feel like could really defeat their scanners and a few other pieces of technology they use and I, and I wonder if it's true and if it is I feel like they should know it and I, I'm, I, I don't want to sound arrogant that I've like figured this out and they'll never believe it but I mean it is the TSA like we've, we've, been, we've all been to the airport right we've seen these people in action <laughs> um, so I, I, I it just worries me because because on that last flight I had so much stuff in my bag that was like it, lots of electronics because I had this whole boom mic 
like this whole boom mic was in there and it's it there's metal and all and all kinds of stuff and there's all kinds of electronics um uh, big extension cords and stuff and my bag wasn't even looked at and i know they don't look at any of the bags um they got their budget cut recently and to kind of protest that they're allowing the lines to go outrageously long in atlanta Is that why that's yes happening? yes in atlanta my the the line was backed up to a place that it's never been before if you're familiar with atlanta's airport that sort of food court place that's in the middle between north and south terminal the south terminal security line stretched through that and wrapped around the bathroom area and it went almost to the check-in area and it was four people wide and it was two and there were two of those lines um and that wasn't nearly as bad as it was in chicago i was going to say I, I i couldn't describe it very well but i saw it in chicago and it looked a quarter mile long and four people wide like yeah, it was, was 450 people, people missed their flight How 450 many? 450. Jesus, that sucks. Fuck the TSA. You know what? I, I was talking to I someone I know who's, do uh, that. who's Jewish recently, who's been to Israel, and they were saying how airport security in Israel is, is if you're going to do airport security, they take it so seriously. You can't bring your phone on the plane. Everything has to be stowed away. Like, you give it all to them. You just go in, no phone, no, like, nothing. It's just you and your clothes walking in, and apparently they have tons of devices for entertaining you and having movies going because they all know like you know we're in israel we can't like you all have to kind of know we're under people don't care for us in this area so we got to <laughs> be really careful and so they just entertain you on the whole flight because they don't let you bring anything on the <laughs> planes no laptops no electronics no wallets like it's if, ridiculous. i wonder if it's good because the, the airplane entertainment they've i never have now had is shit any they've never had really and this is israel mind you this isn't fucking new york detroit St. Louis, Chicago, Atlanta is Israel. They've never had a plane get hijacked. Yeah, I find the, from their airports while doing I find these procedures. The, the airplane television to really suck. You know, like I, I don't think it's good. It has commercials in it. A lot of the channels very, are bad. The audio. They have is a bad. lot of connections to the entertainment community, so they get lots, lots of good movies. <laughs> um, I I had a so so I'm not looking for a great experience with airplane television um I, I usually i really when i see it it's a blessing and if they're if it works at all i'm happy like i'm never like oh what is this only 14 channels i'm like all right let's, let's put the news on and watch that for a while maybe something funny will come on later and see, oh here's I'm a movie like, i can watch for two hours you know like oh friends is on now i can't choose that it started i missed the first 10 minutes it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah. you know what Every is this once in a while you luck out and get a good show like seinfeld or something but most of the time it's like I watched the news. show with the big fat mailman and his big fat wife or something. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I don't have cable, so I'm, yeah, King of Queens. He's UPS. <laughs> yeah, uh, I miss, uh, like, cable news because I don't have access to it anymore, and, it, and I, I, I feel like it's kind of like, like junk food for my brain or something. Mm. I really like getting on there and watching Wolf Blitzer bullshit for two hours, so um, I, I usually take, take advantage of that when I'm on the plane. But hang on a minute. It's time to tell everyone about Total War Warhammer. It's a fantasy strategy game of legendary proportions. Total War Warhammer combines an addictive turn-based campaign of conquest and empire building with explosive, colossal, real-time battles, all set in the vivid and incredible world of Warhammer fantasy battles. Some things you should know about this incredible game. One, it's the perfect match. Total War Warhammer is a marriage uh, made in gaming heaven. Warhammer is a rich, high-fantasy world of perpetual war and massive battles. Total War is a critically acc acclaimed, epic-scale, conquest-based strategy game. 
Total War plus Warhammer is, is a gorgeous high fantasy world of perpetual war and conquest on a colossal scale brought to life in hours and hours of gripping strategy gameplay. Two, epic fantasy, Total War style. No one's done Warhammer or even fantasy like this before. From the personal skills of your character to 20,000 roaring or orcs, no fantasy strategy game is this big and detailed. Oh, 20,000. As, as a fantasy spectacle, it is unmatched. If you're a PC gamer and not involved, you are definitely missing out. Fact, uh, three, factions that all feel and play very differently. Each race is wholly different with their own, with their own unique characters, campaign mechanics, battlefield units, and play style. You can select between the valiant men of the Empire, the vengeful dwarves, the murderous vampire counts, or the brutal orcs and goblins of the green-skinned tribes. That sounds a little racist. The game is very, treat, is very deep, but the gameplay is simplified. Accessible to anyone and everyone wanting to stick their toe into the waters of Total War Warhammer. With its clear and intuitive UI, you'll begin stomping on your foes in no time. But that's enough rambling. Go check out Total War Warhammer for yourselves today. The game releases on PC and Steam Tuesday, May 24th, so go check it out. Tuesday, May 24th. 2016. I saw a for you bunch future of people, viewers. <laughs> I saw a bunch of people commenting about that game, saying that they loved the previous ones, and that we need to give it a shot, especially since it's an RTS game. Is it? Is it? I, I think it might be turn-based, but I'm, I'm up for that, too, because I, I love Civ, so I'll give it anything it turn a turn-based? I, I don't I, mind turn-based either. As long as it's not like Civ, and from what I've learned about this game, games are pretty quick. Like, it's not like a 10-hour civilization odyssey that you have to embark on. Yeah, I'm not but. sure if it's all turn-based, but it definitely says right there at the beginning that it's, you know, combines an addictive turn-based campaign with con with uh, conquest and empire building, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, maybe so, you get more. Yeah, that sounds the cool. We need to check it's, that it's, out. It's not. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. I'm up for it. Um, but this this weekend's going to be fun doing PK plays with our fan. I think it's, it's going to be all it's going to be all of us uh, plus Chiz and uh, and our fan. So, uh, going to have some We could have some fun. We, we were we could see Hear me out, Kyle. We could do Company of Heroes for the benefit of Woody. Or we could play Age of Mythology and just shit-stomp everyone and have more fun. Just me and you will have more fun. I I'm on Kyle Taylor's team. <laughs> Three of us versus Chiz and the Patreon. The new guy. <laughs> Worst yeah, yeah. experience ever. Yeah, I uh, I feel like I'm pretty decent at fucking Age of Mythology, especially at like early right. rush against noobs. Like 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 that that I'm, we'll clean you up real fast. Is Kyle um, better than Taylor at this point? We haven't no, played I'm, in a long time. We haven't played in a while. If uh, I, I will say I'm still better than him. Uh, he's just as good as I am with uh, Oranos, the Atlantean god. He knows, like, but as far as I feel like kind of freestyling with the game as a whole, like yeah. I can hop onto any one of the gods and that's true and be cool. better. But, All right. Well, then we'll take Kyle. He'll be yeah. 4v1. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be with the patron. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah. I'm targeting yeah. Woody first. Company of Heroes is great because Good. I love it when people <laughs> oh, yeah, do that. You want that. No, I'm not gonna attack. I'm not gonna... <laughs> Company of Heroes is great because like you know what a rifleman is and what a machine gunner is and what is a, what a mortar is. If I told you to build three Herseer and to upgrade them really fast, she, you you would have no idea what I'm talking about. Whether oh, whether I wanted horses or buildings or me or me to give you some. I'm food. gonna guess is a Herseer. A bird-like animal. Not even close. Fuck. Um, I really, I'm thinking so, like some sort of griffin dog thing. Not it's even one of the Norse heroes. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a bipedal hero guy. Um, anyway, the uh, but if I tell you to make me like two anti-tank guns, you'll figure that out immediately because it'll have a picture of an anti-tank gun there, and you know what that yeah. looks like. I'll say AT gun. 
And the and the cool thing about that game, well, it might. It depends who you're playing. If you're if you're playing the the, the, oh, Germans, the Germans or something, it's just then it, a it, bunch it, of consonants. <laughs> yeah, or if you're playing the Soviets, it's it's a pack forty, I think. But um, but I, I think and and I'm I'm certainly, I don't know. I, I'm not a good player at that game or very knowledgeable at it. But it seems like in team play. I could focus solely on infantry and you could sort of race toward tanks and together we would be an effective fighting force. It doesn't seem like we each have to have a perfectly balanced army that we send independently out and do things. Like, I could just build all the machine guns and you could build all the infantry and Woody could, you know, build anti-tank and mortars and we could, all three of us together, still be an effective fighting group. I think that that game uh, would play to that strategy, but... Yeah, yeah, that, that you can actually do it. In that game, I think you're right, where you could just assign Woody a role to do and it might work. Whereas when people were trying to call bullshit on us playing Age of Mythology, accusing you of just chopping wood and farming and giving all the resources to me. And then we told them that's what we were doing and they tried it for a couple games and it was just no fun for them. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> I just don't understand like how the economy works. It, 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 takes, it takes a few dozen hours to figure that shit out. And a, few, in a, in a couple dozen YouTube videos. Put a lot of time into that game. I, I, I think I, you know, we, we, I think we're all in the. I think successful people are just, just do that. You know, you were talking earlier, Woody, about that. You know, you get obsessed with the thing, and you focus on it, and you really become consumed with it until you become a bit of a minor league expert on it within a week. And uh, I think we all do that to, to some regard. I, I, I've certainly done it with a handful of video games. I mean, shit, with yeah. Civ. Look, look to the level we went with Civ. Like tracking down the world's greatest player and making him our, him our friend, and then like <laughs> learning his own special way of playing the game. And like going and playing with him, you know, and like like waking up early in the morning to go play. Um, yeah, that's dedication to wake up early to play a video game to get better at it. Especially when like early is defined as nine. <laughs> I think I had to. I, I think I like woke up. Might at have like, been earlier than nine. Yeah, it was a little earlier than that. I think the game was going to start at eight thirty or nine or something. But you know, I, I stay up late. I don't get up early in the morning. Ain't shit going on at eight in the morning. I hear that. David, what time you get up? It's all about the three o'clock in the morning hustle. That's all when my day starts. Are you working the night shift? No, no, no. I, uh, On YouTube, our Planet Fitness. So I hit the gym three o'clock in the morning, just to try to maintain balance with my lifestyle. So, are you staying crazy. up late at three in the morning? Or are you getting up early at three in the morning? Getting up early at three in the morning. Holy smokes! Yeah. Do you go back. Yeah. So when do you go to bed? It depends. It depends on how many videos I knocked out for that day, or what I have coming up. You know, I'm saying to be able to pump them out. So, I mean. I try to get to bed pretty early, about 10 o'clock. Sometimes I'm up a little bit longer than that. Did you start your day like 21 hours ago? Uh, no, no. I think today I actually woke up. I woke up a little late. I was up about 6.30. Jesus. Well, but like yeah, I'm, I'm always shoulders, early rising. I got you know what I was doing today. at 6.30? Going to sleep. Turning in for the night. <laughs> I got up at 4.30 today. Um, you know, I, I'd set my alarm for 5. I think it was 4, actually. And uh, I just couldn't sleep right. Like, I, I knew it was coming and whatever. I wanted to capture the sunrise for my vlog on Friday. And uh, anyway. You can find so many of those already on the internet. Just sleep in. <laughs> yeah, right? Just lift a, a sunrise. Nobody's going to say, that's not the, your, the sun in your backyard. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I thought about playing one of the sunsets I've captured in reverse, but it'd be like on the wrong side of the property and stuff. Like it, it rises in the front, and I thought I'd get crap for it. So I got a good sunrise. But yeah. Uh, yeah. 
You guys right, so how many how many multiple channels do you maintain? And we'll start with you, Woody, on that one. Just one, just one, really. Well, two. Uh, Woody's gamer tag and Woody's lab. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, but I I don't actually upload videos to Woody's lab. So I don't. I, I've got three channels, I suppose. I've got uh, the, my FPS Russia channel with like six million subs, and I've got a second channel with right at a million. It's getting there. I want that other golden play button. And I've got a gaming channel that I uploaded on like sometime two years ago or something like that, like 80,000 subscribers. And uh, I haven't been uploading very much at all because I've been working towards some, uh, some federal licensing, which just came in. So we're about to kick things up a few notches because I'm able to do a lot of really cool stuff, uh, like starting next week. I got one Where channel. Go? Just one. Nice. Yep. Just one? Just one. Just that's living that's it up over there. It's, it's a nice small group of guys. You know, it's gotten to the point where, like, it's not going to grow anymore. That's fine. Just just keep those same guys. They're all really friendly and they like me. Mm. Just let them hang out. So. <laughs> nice. Uh, how many channels uh, you got so, going, um, David? Oh, I would say it's about – I have three. I maintain, of course, you know, the, the food review channel. Right. Uh, I still have my Dame Drops gaming channel. Rarely mm -hmm. get a chance to upload to that much anymore. And I have my vlog channel, which I'm actually starting to do live streams on. I started my first one about like two days ago. So I was doing my real talk segments on it for probably about a month and a half. Then I stopped. Then I came back with live streams. So. Consistency is key. It is. It, it definitely is. I got to try to figure out something within my life to remain consistent. Only thing I'm consistent with are the food reviews, So. That's right. uh, that's the primary one, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Do you guys think that Wings of Redemption could do food reviews? Uh, I think he could. It's right in his wheelhouse, you would think. Yeah, I think he'd do I good. I don't think so. Because Why? it involves like going outside and making a thing happen, and that's not his like strong point. He, he goes out and makes the thing we're talking about happen at least two or three times a day. I... Guaranteed. Ooh, I didn't think of it along those lines. Well, right now he's eating healthy, right? So, but I um, yeah, I didn't think about it along those lines because, like, I remember we, he was gonna. He's also really into trucks, right? So we were like, you know, why don't you go to a car dealership and just talk about trucks? See, these are the things that are good. This is the thing. See this plastic grommet, man. I spend all my day on forums, and this plastic grommet breaks all the time. Cars catch on fire for this, and um, it you know it it didn't happen. Because, like, you know, he's much better at, like, getting stuff done that doesn't involve leaving. I think I am, too. But um, maybe with, with going out and doing food reviews, like, that's something that he would make happen. I don't know. Probably not conducive to a healthy lifestyle, so. No, no. It'd be like, uh, you know, like, hey, what if you did a little crack reviews? You know, just, I know he's, he's on the. You're like, like, I don't know, man. I'm just kind of coming off of it right now. Yeah, right. I, I know he just finished you know rehab. Anyone. He's got himself, like, coming back. He's on the healthy train. Things are going good. But it doesn't have to kill him. He could just have, like, one Big Mac every two or three days, you know? Something along those lines. You can see they cut this with a little bit of little baking soda for sure. I could taste it. You can take that. <laughs> The saltiness right on the tip of your tongue, and it hits hard. It hits hard. <laughs> this is from Little J. Little J. Camera, motherfucker! I told you. Ah, uh, Little J's cool. He's cool. Oh, no, nothing worse than giving a shout out to your plug when it comes to the drugs. You know what I'm mean? saying? <laughs> I don't have any subscribers. Fuck off. 
yeah, that would be you know, he'd be fresh out of rehab. He just put the cork in that bottle, and we'd be asking him to, to take and, a hey, drink. We laugh at that, but I, I predict in the next 25, 30 years, we'll probably legalize a few of those harder drugs, cocaine definitely, and uh, and you'll have somebody like uh, Strain Central on there, Josh. Hi, my name is Josh. Welcome to Strain Central. He's gonna be on there fucking doing coke, like doing a fucking rail, and be like, <laughs> yeah, I could, there's a little accident in there, just a little, but <laughs> not much, not much. That this. <laughs> This is from part of Colombia where, and I could tell this is from last year's crop. God damn, where <laughs> it had a lot of rain, a lot of rain down there, and it was real wet, and that makes for some potent blow. <laughs> and he's, you know, that that's going to be a YouTube channel, like in, in 25 or 30 years or, or whatever YouTube is then, because we see Josh on there right now, you know, smoking a gram of weed right there, being like, yeah, that's smooth, that's smooth, and you know, t- if we saw that 10 years ago, we'd be like. Why haven't they taken this down yet? <laughs> I wonder, um, you know, when does YouTube get knocked off its perch? Never, because Google is, uh, is the big daddy, and, and, and he'll always be that big sugar daddy making things right. What it would take is for someone to make a competitive site, and there's only a couple of people out there in the world now that are big enough to do that when you're going up against Google. Maybe uh, like Alibaba or whatever, that Chinese company. That's Amazon's like making one. Uh, and and I yeah uh, I can see I, I feel like the Chinese so, uh, will probably do something because their censorship is so crazy and stuff they'll want to do their own thing and it'll be all government sanctioned. I, I feel like Damon's tone over there was Amazon might be doing a thing, but the people are on YouTube and I need to be where the people are. But what if they said, hey, bring the people with you? We'll give you cash. You know what? Give me that Amazon black card, motherfucker. Hell yeah, I need an Amazon card, son. (laughs) um, Amazon's amazing for everything that we have to do when it comes to pretty much cutting out the middleman and getting everything that we actually need for a low rate, of course. And it makes sense, you know, with the direction of television and everybody grabbing up the, you know, the little Amazon little plug-in modules and getting all that wonderful television. And if you know how to connect to your proper bootleg, man, you could take it a step further. But we won't plug nothing like that here today. But what I'm saying is, for Amazon to be anything like YouTube, and for that monetization to be laid out for individuals to make that switch and to start bringing over their their loyal subscribers, I think it will still be a difficult fight for Amazon, more so than it would be for Facebook, for instance. Whereas Facebook, you don't have just a set range of you know of a particular age group. It's not like you just have the youth. You have all ages. I mean, your your 85-year-old grandmama is on Facebook messing around, and she might end up with a Facebook page very much similar to a YouTube channel if she knew she was getting paid. She's like, well, forget my Social Security, honey. I got myself a a Facebook page. I would just sit here and play with my teeth and take them in and out all day long. So (laughs) I think Facebook would be more of an issue for YouTube than Amazon would be. Facebook started monetizing, right? Am I crazy? I, I remember reading about I, that. I heard they, they have with certain individuals, but they haven't made it wide range as of yet. They said yeah, they're working fa- on it. Facebook's got enough issues right now with, uh, with it seeming that Zuckerberg is censoring out half of the country's news and, and figuring out which, which uh, stories need to go to the top. And, and then in that, in that way, being a bit of a fucking James... Like, he's, be, he's at least one quarter of a James Bond villain with, with his manipulation of the, of the media and, and when you're as big as Facebook. So that's pretty shitty of him, and I believe those claims. And I love that they were like... There were some journalists today being like, yeah, they're taking a thin today, and they're going to show us the system and tell us how the algorithm worked. 
works. And we'll see if everything's on the up and up. And I'm thinking, like, this reminds me of that scene from House of Cards when you've got that NSA guy, like, you know, using the, the master NSA computer to, like, uh, data uh, mine everybody and figure out how to win the election for Frank. And Frank's like, can you keep this buttoned up over there? And he's like, yeah, as long as I'm here, they'll have no idea what they're even looking at. And I'm thinking, like, that's exactly the scenario with some journalists going down to Facebook headquarters and looking at a computer screen. Like, they got no idea what they're looking no. at. And even if they did, even if they, were, even if they had the, 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 the know-how to see something and know something, they wouldn't be shown anything. I, and, and what they're being accused of doesn't leave any traces anyway. It's just someone selectively saying, this, this, is, this is news, this is not news. This is news. And when you look at it uh, as a whole, it's like, well, all the stuff you said was, was news kind of seems this, like it's coming from the same bias. And all of a sudden, stuff that you said wasn't news also looks biased. Yeah. You can say it. It's conservative. Yeah. They yeah. censor conservative media. That's what's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. It's and they've always been scary media. when it comes to gun stuff anyway. You gotta be, I got to be very careful with what I post on my Facebook uh, or risk you know, having the page just deleted. Mm. That's so ridiculous. Yeah. They can just shut you down if they, you post something about guns that goes against the narrative, or mm -hmm. like that's your livelihood. That's why you like deplore Hillary so much. Is you know that's going to be her modus operandi, just like Obama's was implementing this health care. Like hers yeah. is going to be shutting down guns. Like, yeah, that's going to be her thing. Which is thing I don't like that because I like guns. I like owning guns and shooting guns and, and being a uh, responsible gun owner. It's 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 a uh, yeah it, it's that it's the Supreme Court justice uh, nominees because we're getting at least one probably three I would I would bet on three by our neck by this so they next are point. old as shit yeah they're old as three. shit um, so um, I, I you know there's there's a lot there's a lot of stuff at, at, at risk here and I can't trust it to Hillary Clinton um, as, as terrible as it may sound to to some people uh, Donald Trump is much more trustworthy with the rights and the things I care about than Clinton. Well, yeah. Mm. For you, you know me, he's totally. not going to come after your livelihood. No. So that makes sense. That. And, and, and the way that she specifically wants to do it is troubling because she wants to, because it's in a way that would doubly affect me. You know, if she just said, we want to ban assault rifles, then I'd be like, first of all, you're not going to be able to do that because the, the, the way laws work and the way everything's written, you just can't do that specifically. You're going to fuck up at that. It won't get through this Congress. It won't get through any Congress, really, because everybody will lose their, their, their little seat. Uh, four years down the road, um, but but she wants to hold gun manufacturers responsible, and in some regards, I am a gun manufacturer. At least I'm licensed as such, and you know I have aspirations of doing doing things with that license. I don't want to be held responsible if some maniac takes takes a gun that I build and then misuses it, and I don't think it should be. Just this the same reasons I don't think that Ford Motor Company should be held responsible when some maniac drives into a crowd. Or any of the other, you know, uh, scenarios that, that we've beaten to death like a dead horse. Or beaten over and over like a dead horse. Yeah, agree. Who are these people beating dead horses anyway? That happens a lot, apparently. I, I, I bet it was You just don't know when to stop. You get carried away. Uh, like, what it is was the back in the day. The ass whoop for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it was back in the day when you're, you're beating the horse to go faster and the horse died under you from dehydration. And you're so angry at the horse that you just keep beating it think, even though it's dead. Do you think we'll ever get so... Uh, it's not true. The, the, the social justice it. warriors. Do you think the social justice warriors will ever take over to such an extent that using the phrase "beating something like a dead horse" will become like a foot? Like hell, oh, don't say that about horses. We don't use that anymore. <laughs> no, that that's very no, absolutely not. Because like you know, like little things like the rule of thumb no, might offend anyone horses, and everyone who knows what it's about. 
horses can't applaud them about how tolerant they're being, and so they have no no interest there. I don't think. <laughs> I think the social justice warrior thing is going to slip backwards. I oh yeah, it's gonna. It's just they've pushed too far, and now mm-hmm. people are getting pissed because they feel like they're getting accused of things. Like what? What did I do? Like why are you mad at me? Like I, I didn't. I didn't do social anything. Social appropriation is one that I find particularly like lighten up cultural appropriation or whatever where they're Did like I, say uh, it wrong? I i think that you said social but i, uh, I think i know what you mean i meant cultural say, like, appropriation you yeah. shouldn't be able to wear an, a sombrero or something because you're you're not or... mexican or you shouldn't be able to dress in a parka or whatever if you're not an eskimo <laughs> uh that's silly because on the one hand they're preaching that all all cultures are equal but you can't participate in any of them you know, I, except I, for yours. I've talked so many times about how I love the melting pot and I don't love the salad bowl. Um, cultural appropriation prevents the melting pot from happening, right? Like, I feel like you're supposed to take nine-tenths from America and America's supposed to take one-tenth from you. And in the end, we're all better than we were before. And, uh, you know, when you say, no, 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 you can't imitate me. Like, this is my sombrero. Yeah. You're like, really? Because none of it, my hats were protecting my shoulders from sunburn until now. And and suddenly I'm mocking you if I have one? Silly. It should be like the different cultures come together and maybe one culture is the best at one thing. And everybody else is like, oh, they, these guys got it figured out. Like these uh, Jewish fellas really know this financial market and they're really successful. Here. Let's take a look at what they're doing. Oh, their food's kind of gross. Let's maybe <laughs> – let's, let's, let's chop that off. Let's, yeah. Let's, Let's take some Mexican China. Food, some soul food, some yeah. you know, oh, <laughs> bring it on in. By the way, yeah. China, those chopsticks, what the fuck are right. you thinking? Food is good, <laughs> utensils, we got you there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See? You, you bring the best of everything together. Yeah. And that's that's the melting pot, right? I love it. So that's what you think. What, what what it's supposed to be anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want people coming in and keeping all the bad stuff and yeah, that that just makes sense. Yeah. No country would want that. And what we have now is this, this, like, groups of people who find strength through weakness. You know, like, oh, my God, you're suppressing me. Oh, my gosh, you're bullying me. And they're cry bullies. And, and they, they push back and say, how dare you do that to me? And it's like, stop it. You're, you're being offended and your weakness is not a strength. You know, you want to have yeah, actual it, strength, just power through. It's taking authority in the grossest way by being a fake victim and forcing others to kind of fight on your behalf just by virtue of the fact that you don't like what someone said or something like that where it's just i don't know it's just condescending and disingenuous it's all okay around to be offended i don't i don't know when it stopped being okay to be offended at, like, like i get offended all the time i often read things on online and and i'm filled with a, a little twinge of hate for the writer for a moment when i'm just like you're being deliberately misleading, I think, or, or that, or you're very ignorant. In which, and and in either case, you shouldn't be here spewing this kind of uh, of rhetoric. And I hate you for it, but it's your right, and I respect that. And I'm going to keep moving on, and yeah. and maybe I'll post a comment down here giving my clear thoughts about about wh- where you might have went misguided. But I won't be insulting, and I won't be an asshole like you are. But you don't take all of your friends and conscript them into emailing the management at MSNBC talking oh. about how you're so offended by Rachel Maddow or whatever and that, you know, you're going to, oh. everybody like you. There is you nothing know. offensive about Rachel Maddow. Everything yeah. about her is just tip-top and perfect. Is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, that haircut? So, so I like that fucking haircut. I think it's hot. I, 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 no, I, you do not. You liar. I swear I to like God. her, too. 
I think Rachel Maddow is very attractive. I like um, how and, smart and, she and is. And it's not because I'm gay. That's the reason Woody likes her. It for me, it's something else. She's so intelligent, and I and I, I can I can see like she's not intelligent like like Peter Jennings sitting there reading off a teleprompter. I can see through what she's reading and kind of behind her eyes and see the inner workings going on here because she lets it show through her facial expressions and her eyes so much. What she really thinks, so so she might say one thing, but but she's like doubling down with her eyes. You know what I mean? And I can tell she's a really bright person. Um, I disagree with her strongly on a lot of issues, but very attractive, very intelligent. I like I like that. I like disagree, um, but you know, You're more of a Megyn Kelly kind of guy. Absolutely. You know how? Guess how old she is? Both on the looks and the positions. Guess how old? And Megan her policies. Is. How do you know what position she's open for? Uh, wait, what I did you ask, Kyle? Give choice. Um, <laughs> how how old do you think she is? Uh, like 39, 38, 45. Looking wow! Good. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Mm, for she, sure. I think I, she's got at least two kids, maybe three. Uh, looking great. I'm a big Megyn Kelly fan. I saw her uh, Trump interview the other day. That was a little. It was okay, I guess. Um, I was hoping yeah, to be. Yeah, I didn't see that. How, how was that? It was quite short. Um, she uh, she really muscled him to try to get a, an apology or tell or say that he regretted things. Um, <clears> but it's hard <throat> to get that out of him, you know. He said um, something like along those lines, like. Uh, um. Yeah. Yeah. He did. But but he said something like, you know, but but you can't dwell on those sort of things. You've got to just keep moving forward when something like that happens. Because there were some things that because because she pointed out that he t retweeted a thing that called her a bimbo, mm -hmm. and uh, and 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 he said, and he he seemed surprised that 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 word was retweeted by them. Genuinely, I I almost felt like he was a bit embarrassed that he had retweeted that. He was. I felt is, to me he looked he, a little trapped, like you know, like. Because she corrected him. She was like, you know, he's like, I'm sure you got a lot of mean things. Not necessarily by me, but, but you know, mean things were said. And she's yeah. like, by you. And, you know, well, bimbo. he retweeted. Yeah. Like, that's but, how but, it went, though. You, you called me a bimbo. And he's like, I wouldn't say that. And he's like, you retweeted it. And that's when he was like. And he was, and, and he was just like, bimbo? Ah. And then he thought about it for a moment. And you could tell he was like, that is a bit too far. However, Megan. I'm sure you've been called worse than that before. I mean, come on. Like, like, like what are we doing here? <laughs> and I was just like, motherfucker, just own that shit and kind of like, take that bimbo and hold that L. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, well, that's not the worst you've been called. And, and then she goes, that's pretty bad. He's like, oh, you should read some of the other stuff. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, terrible, terrible things. <laughs> like, like, I didn't retweet the stuff about raping your I ass. I found a transcript I'm prepared to read now. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you can see in the real life the comparison of my comment. In these there, there was a Reddit comments. post that was like how Donald Trump apologizes. And it was in that moment. It was something like, like ah, oh, regrettable. Or I, I forget what he said. But um, he, he didn't apologize. I don't think you could call it that. But he did something halfway. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. And then I saw um, he did an hour on the Hannity show. Uh, um, I, I, you know, it's it's amazing the, the way he owns the airwaves anytime and every time he wants. Prime time, morning. Uh, I don't know, like like if you get up early. Okay, I know you guys all do. It seems, but when I get up early, I like to listen to ABC News, CBS News, something like that. He does he does at least a dozen interviews every morning. It seems like he's on like half-ass radio shows. He'll call into like. 
all the morning shows and stuff, and he'll give them three or four minutes or however much time they want. He's happy to be on the air. It's yeah, a- that's the thing, but he's willing to do it. Like, so I remember Jeb Bush was complaining about all the airtime that Trump got. Back when Jeb and Trump were kind of competitive, and everyone on the, like, it might have been Fox News, or it was one of the big ones, uh, they were like, you know, we'd have Jeb on. Jeb's got a standing invitation. He's one of the major players in the Republican National Party here. Complain about how he's not getting airtime, but you know, he won't come on the show. And Cause, you know, It's because Jeb, Jeb doesn't have Trump Force One and not give a fuck what jet fuel costs and bounce around the country all week long. <laughs> uh, maybe. I think Jeb can afford to travel too. But, yeah, um, he's somebody else paying for that. Probably. Probably. Yeah, he had a well-funded campaign at the time. But, um, yeah, these other guys, like, you know, they're just not coming on the show. I bet if Hillary said, hey, Megan, do you want me? She'd be like, yeah, you're the best get in the world right now. She doesn't do very well in, uh, with extemporaneous speaking. I, I feel like when you, inter- especially in interviews, uh, I feel like Hillary is, it, she, doesn't, she comes off as a bit wooden. And, uh, and it's hard to relate to her. Just, just looking at her face, it doesn't move the way people's faces move when they're nice people, you know? Like, she doesn't have a lot of, like, natural charisma. Like, I, charisma is, what's the opposite of charisma? Because that's what Hillary Clinton has. I, I don't feel um, drawn in by her. I don't feel like she's a warm person. Bill? Oh, God, he's the opposite. I've, I've heard uh, people tell stories about meeting Bill Clinton for the first time and how he walks in a room and fucking owns it. He's a big guy, you know. And he just kind of comes in and he's very gets very close and ha- the way he shakes a hand and he, he's like he grabbed my hand with both hands he grabbed my wrist and my hand and he pulled me in close and he smiled and nodded and told me a thing about myself that he knew and, and you know immediately i like bill clinton and he likes me and I, and that's intoxicating she is not that in the slightest if it, it trump's closer to that than she'll ever be yep repulsion is the best one i can find or repulsiveness i'm a bit re- yeah sure so uh, Trump's going to be your next president, barring, um, you know, something weird happening. And, and the more planes that go down, um, the more it looks like Trump knows what he's talking about. Could be. Could be. I, I, if you were to force me to bet right now, I think I'd take Trump. But uh, Well, get on those Vegas odds because they're, they're in your favor. Also, I feel like... Um, uh, like there's potential landmines and October surprises and stuff like that that can sink Hillary, but nothing sinks Trump, right? Trump is just a natural flotation device. Yeah, you, you can hit him with a bomb and he just pops back up again because, <laughs> you know, gaffs don't hurt him. Well, um, we're coming, I think we're coming toward the end of the show. I want to do a couple of uh, post rolls before we, we jump out of here. I want to, I thanks again to Blue Apron for sponsoring today's show. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals, so they set the highest quality standards for their community of art- artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Uh, whether it's j- uh, Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught wild Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best for less, uh, for less than $10 per meal, in fact. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients, like those radishes in the bag, to make delicious home-cooked meals. So check out this week's menu and get your two meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash painkiller. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash painkiller, Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I also want to remind everyone again, uh, go check out Total War Warhammer. That's definitely going to be the next one, uh, the next game that we jump on board with. 
uh, after uh, after we master Company of Heroes. I'm very interested in it. I love the idea that it's mixing uh, fantasy with uh, uh, you know some 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 real world components and stuff like that. Uh, we really loved Age of Mythology because of those facts, and I think that's going to translate here too. I saw I read a PC uh, Informer mag or excuse me Gamer Informer or something on the plane, and I read a good bit about it. Saw a lot of screenshots. And just the epic scope, the epic scale of this is very surprising that it's it's so big. Um, so check all our sponsors out, and of course check damn drops out over here. Like where <laughs> where do they want to go to to check out all that is you, Damon? Like like where do you want to send these people? I know you've got that Rachel. What uh, you, you definitely should plug the Rachel Ray time and slot, but yes, but tell them where else. Just let everybody know you can catch me May 25th, next Tuesday, on the Rachel Ray Show, ABC, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Of course, check out the Super Official Food Reviews. You're already on YouTube, so check me out, Dame Drops. I'm always in the building, at Dame Drops on Twitter, Instagram, Dame underscore Drops. I'm all over the place. I want to give a quick shout-out to the PKA squad up over here. Woody's Gamer Tag, FPS Rush, and my main man, Taylor, doing a major right now, having me over here on this Skype call, super official. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, guys, check him out. Link in the description. Yeah, definitely check him out. Thanks a lot for coming, man. I appreciate it. it. Sticking time, through. Man. I know you, you must be tired. Job. You're still here. I love you for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thanks that's a wrap. Guys.